Some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that bar crosses. Some of those that work forces draw the same that bar crosses. Fuck you! 
Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name from 1991. That was the request from Calwatt. Calwatt requested it and got his request. And it was an expensive request because Calwatt mm-hmm. don- Calwat donated uh, $200 to the free roll tonight, a, a massive free roll, which has a little bit of an issue, which I'm going to explain tonight. Uh, it took me by surprise. And uh, it, it's kind of related to one of the other topics we're having, and that is that there was some controversy involving last week's big free roll, where Calwatt won most of the money, of course. But it was not even about that. It, was not, it had nothing to do with Calwatt, the controversy. But anyway, in, as a response to the, the controversy, uh, Belly Buster locked down the poker room <laughs> to where it, new users uh, can't play. And I didn't know this. So um, in a way, it's good that people can't just register extra accounts right now and multi-account to try to win the much bigger money than normal. Because it's it's a yeah, four hundred. I, it, I think it's really good from that point of view. I'm yeah. glad that it's long established members that are playing. So it's a four hundred fifty dollar free roll. But oh. there, there there were a few people who either had multiple accounts and and uh, you know just were accessing the wrong one, or or someone who who had been listening a long time who I've met personally that tried to register today. He just hadn't played before and uh, he couldn't get in. So if if I know you, if I know you, if I know you should be there and you cannot get in. I think everybody who has registered prior to like last week on the on the on the poker room can get in. But if you can't get in, and I know you, you can't just be some random out of nowhere who texts me because uh, I, I can't do it. You have to meet the requirements. And I apologize, we didn't have more notice about this. But if I know you, and I know you've been listening for at least three weeks, or you're a longtime forum member or whatever, just someone who belongs there for sure. You can uh, text me at 775-372-8355. You can PM me on the chat room. You can try to send me a tweet. I'll try to get you in because I can make an adjustment to your account. You'll have to tell me your poker room account, too. I can make an adjustment to your account where you can get in. I, I did that for Bobby Orr, who's been listening for many years. In fact, I, I met him at the Rio. I actually trusted the guy enough to invite him to my room in the Rio and didn't worry about getting murdered. So uh, obviously he qualifies. So I, I put him in tonight. Uh, hey, Druff, I, have I been cleared of all allegations? There were never allegations against you. In fact, <laughs> um, so the big money tonight, we have a big free roll, $450 has been given away. And Two- it was worth every penny <laughs> to hear to hear you play in Rage Against the Machine yeah, I, on I the Poker Prod Show. I bet you didn't think you'd ever hear that day. Where every, that. every penny. I did, the only thing that could have made it better, if there was a video... Where I could see your face while you were playing it, you're probably sneering like you just ate a lemon or something. I wasn't even in the room for I wasn't in the room for most of it. I, I went to the bathroom. Ah, I was getting ah. some drinks. So I got, when I started playing, I go, "Oh, good! It's a five minute song. I have some time." So four hundred fifty dollars free roll starting at nine Pacific, which is in thirteen minutes. You have the usual twenty five extra minutes to register late with a full stack, and two hundred came from Calwatt. He won this last week and he redonated it. Very generously, as long as I played that opening song, which I did. So it's been redonated. Eric Benzamokin. Anytime I've won anything, I've always redonated it. This Eric, just happens to be bigger than normal. Eric you know? Benzamokin continues to be generous to this show and has donated $200 plus the 50 from last week that uh, didn't end up getting used. So that's a $450 free roll this week. And oh, and he has a message for me, by the way. Yes. He's in the chat. He is pumped. He heard that song. He's all pumped up. Really? I'll come and, he, and at the end where it goes, you know, fuck you, I won't do what you told you. He 
He put in the chat, no, fuck you, because I'm going to knock your bitch ass out of the free roll tonight, <laughs> talking to me. I think he's I think he's mad at me. Wow. All right. Well, okay, so first place is a whopping $200 this week. I mean, we usually don't have anywhere near $200 for the whole prize pool. This week, first week, first place is $200. Second place, still very nice, $100. Third place, $60, which is still usually better than our first prize, often more than the whole prize pool. Fourth place is $40, again, often more than the first prize. Fifth place, usually gets zero. This week, $25. Sixth place, we rarely pay sixth place, $16. And seventh place, $9. I mean, this, this one you have a very good shot to cash. And if you are fortunate enough to get deep and really fortunate enough to run better than CalWatt, which is very tough to do. But if you can manage to run better than CalWatt, then you'll finish first. And you can get uh, two hundred dollars. Now there are. I got my lucky. I got to warn everybody. Drop. I got my lucky shirt on. There are requirements. <laughs> there are requirements, uh, including. Uh, you, I guess you cannot have registered in the poker room in the last week or so. Otherwise, your account just won't be able to register. So if you run into that error, and again, if I know you, get a hold of me quickly. And if I see it before the deadline of nine twenty-five. I will find a way to get you in. Again, if you're just some lurker that I've never heard from before, as much as I can appreciate, maybe you've listened for a long time, I just I can't make this decision on the fly like this. So I'm sorry for this big one that there's no process to really go through this and see who deserves to be there and who doesn't. But because of last week's controversy, I guess Belly Buster uh, tightened things up, which uh, has its pluses and minuses. The plus is that uh, much less likely we're going to have mysterious accounts showing up that are mysteriously losing all their chips to other certain accounts. But the downside is uh, a few people may get shut out. So if you want to call the show, the phone number is 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. And the Mount Charleston line is a number that is connected to an old 70s rotary phone which sits on top of Mount Charleston in the cabin, which is near Las Vegas. It's a mountain. It's about 30 degrees cooler than Vegas. The phone number is 702-430-1808, 702-430-1808. By the way, people are trying to call in. Don't. I'm never going to take calls during this intro. Never. Don't. I may block your number if you continue. I've gotten a few calls. Just don't do it. If you want to get through, you have to wait till the appropriate time to call in. You can, you can call 100 times. You're not going to get through. In fact, the only thing you're going to accomplish is getting blocked. 702-430-1808 is the Mount Charleston line. It's a separate line into the show. You can go into our chat room and chat with people. By uh, You have to have a, a registered account in good standing on the forum to get into the chat room. You also need a flash-enabled device, but you can chat with other live listeners. And CalWatt even chats in there. We also have the call to listen line, one of my favorite devices on the show. You can just call up this phone number and listen. It does not require a smartphone, does not require the internet, does not require a data plan. All you need is any phone that was ever made that can dial and call 712-775-8162, 712-775-8162. That's all you got to do. 
And when we are not live on the air, you can still call that number and hear one of our streaming reruns. We have more than 270 shows in our library. It just picks one at random, runs it in full, picks the next one at random, runs it in full, over and over and over again until we come back live. And it does not buffer. All you have, all you need is any phone that can complete a call. You can have one bar on your cell phone, and as long as you can complete a call to it, it won't freeze, it won't buffer, nothing, none of that stupidity. It's just easy. You just call and listen. I like making things easy. I already told you about the free roll. It takes place on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. $450. I already gave you the prizes. Thank you, Cal Watt and Eric Benzamoka, and both of you for your very generous donations. I mean, those are huge donations, so I really appreciate that. No worries. 9 p.m. Pacific time, 25 minutes of late registration. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. That's an important URL you must read in order to qualify for the free money. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. You need to read that, understand the rules, and also, I guess you also need an account that isn't brand new to that poker room or you will not be able to register which you will find out the bad news shortly. Now, I want to explain something about the poker room. I don't run it. The poker room is run by Belly Buster. Belly Buster is a listener to the show. He's a poster in the forum. He's been here since the beginning. Very nice guy. I briefly met him in Vegas. He's from England. The show actually, well, the show doesn't, but the poker room runs from England. You're connecting to England when you play on that free roll. And it runs on his computer, and he leaves it up 24-7. He said the whole thing costs him about... We just lost Cal somehow. He said the whole thing costs him about... See, now I'm paranoid. <laughs> Got disconnected somehow. No, we're still on the air. He said the whole thing costs him about $500 a year to run. Probably electric, electricity costs and whatever else. So he does lay out his own, uh, his own money to run this. He sometimes even donates to the free roll. And yeah, whatever, whoever this caller is, I'm going to block them. I just blocked someone from uh, the 412 area, whoever that is. They've called like 15 times. No, sorry, it shows they've called 50 times. They've actually called 50 times. I can't believe I didn't even see all 50. It shows they've called 50 times. So whoever it, – it could even be bad guy. I don't know. But I blocked it. So actually, no. You know what? It's a different four one two number. We've had two four one two numbers hammering me here, but I, I just blocked that one. When I say I'm not taking calls, I'm not taking. Don't do not hammer me with calls over and over. I don't care if you're even hearing me say it. Some people try to call into the show and they can't listen at the moment. Like yeah, you know, whatever. They're busy. They can't listen. They just want to call in, which is fine. But you can't call over and over. That's why I was kind of distracted during. It, it kept popping up, popping up, popping up in my face, and it's pissing me off. And. I, I, I try to let the characters associated with the show kind of run wild. I, I, I don't try to be a domineering personality over the show. But when someone hammers me over and over, when I clearly say I don't like that, I'm just going to block their number. Now, here's a number I'll never block. Calwat, where did you go? I don't know, man. Someone's trying to rig this fucking tournament. They must have come out and cut my internet connection or something. <laughs> well, I had I'm to serious. Like, I just lost internet. Wow. I, well, you may be scared that I lost connection myself. I actually blocked a number just now. I actually just blocked a number. 
Hopefully it doesn't start with 585. No. No, I said you're, you're, that's a number. <laughs> I said that's a number I'll never block. But yeah, there was someone who was pissing me off because they were not uh, being respectful. I told them to stop hammering me with mm. calls over and over. <laughs> okay, I think we're here. I think we're back. Now I got to make sure it's really recording. Okay, everybody, uh, we had a, a slight glitch there, which is actually a little bit of my fault. I, I switched our connection from uh, over the Wi-Fi to hardwired, which I had forgotten to do before the show. Usually it does that seamlessly, but this time it made kind of a hiccup. Mm. So if you heard us cut out for a second, that one was on my end, but we should be back. And now, I, now I'm paranoid that perhaps it messed up the archive. So rather than fan, find out the bad news at the end, I'm going to find out the bad news at the beginning. Do it now, because then you can replay the song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe we have to start the whole <laughs> thing over, the whole intro over. And then, yeah, that's true. Yeah. The truth is, you know, you know what I would do? Actually, I wouldn't put everybody through that. If this really happened, if it hadn't been recording beforehand and we lost it, I would just complete the show normally and then redo it at the end just as if that was the beginning. And I've yeah, done, I mean, you, you can just do what they do in the broadcasting biz. You just do a reset. Do three, two, one, and cue the music. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I, I've done this before. I've done this where something at the beginning messes up, and then after the show is over, without anyone knowing, I go re-record the beginning, and then insert it there. And I can, I'm pretty good at editing that in where you can't even tell that it, the beginning was actually done like at the end of the show. So right. Uh, I'll, I'll do that if necessary. It looks like we're recording here, so I think we're good. I'm just I'm just paranoid ever since this ha- I got burned a few weeks ago. Okay, so. Free roll starting in two minutes. Let me just see if I got any tweets that people couldn't get in. Or Are you going to get in there? Still not going to get in? No, I'm not going to get in. I have enough mm. distractions with people hammering the show with 50 phone calls in a row. How big we got to make this before you get tempted? Let's see. Yeah, someone already texted me they can't get in. See, this is, this is such a mess. I'm, I'm happy Bally Buster was preventing this from occurring i'm i'm happy he was security minded here uh i just i just wish that there was more notice here so like it's a good and a bad from this there's i'll tell you i was worried that this free roll even being bigger than last week that we're gonna have even more problems that that people even who hadn't done it last week would get ideas to try to cheat so i'm so so far we got 65 problems so, okay, so that's fine. Of all people, snow tracks apparently can't get in. Okay, so. Oh, no. I, I don't know why this is happening. Okay, let me, so let me see what's, what's happening. See, this is. I tell you, I got, I got some feedback, Druff, while you're doing that, that yes. uh, I was interrupting you too much with the tournament update, so I'm not going to say anything. But if you hear me scream or groan, it's probably bad. <laughs> okay. Okay, so now, now I got to. Go and look for. See, this is this doesn't make good radio. I've got to find snow tracks and see, make sure his account is okay. Now, his session expired. This this doesn't make good radio at all. The, the two plus two poker cast would never have this. They they would have some guy. Even if they had a free roll, they would be doing this in the background. There'd be some guy who works for Mason who'd be doing this in the background. Not. You want to play some music while you look for it? <laughs> Let me see. So I see snow tracks. Um, Sam Brandon wants. Brandon's here, which is good, but he's going to be mad I didn't do something that I said I would do. Brandon, now listen, I, I don't mean to sound like the one guy that we used to do the show with. Remember him? Yeah. And I used to say he don't read his own site. But Snow Tracks, the reason why you, you can't figure it out is if you read your own site, Belly Buster banned him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, well, then that, I mean, that, I'm just the messenger. That, but that, he banned him, and there was a later fag, and there's a whole thing. Oh, in there. okay. Then there's nothing I can do about that. See, okay. No. Let, let, me, let me get to this whole thing here. I, I meant to get to the Jow Poker thing first. But no, are we on the air? Is this live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're live. Yeah, we're doing it live. Sure. Yeah. Who's but, that? By the way, Brandon, the person you wanted me to verify, are they you're talking about the forum or the poker room? Poker room. Okay. Oh, the poker room. Okay, that's yeah. That's what it wasn't clear. Okay, so I'm going to go. Because if we were looking, there's no age limit, it says. <laughs> I, I guess there shouldn't be because it's not gambling. Huh? It's, it's not gambling, so there, there shouldn't no, be. It's, it's, it's a skill-based game. It, it's, it's not only a skill-based game. I should tell you one other thing. You, you know, aren't privy to this, I don't think, but... The amount of side bets that I'm aware of that are involved in this far exceed the prize pool. And, and the, I'm playing the free roll, not for the actual free roll money. I mean, that would be nice, but the side event, you know, the side bets are, are humongous. It's like a WSOP thing here. Look at this. Even Vaughn from Scats is playing. Good God. Well, he played last week, too. Yeah, I know the Scats people, are, are they're, they're all registering. They want the money, too. I, I can't even find the person you were talking about, by the way. I, I looked. They're not there. You, hey you Brandon, why don't we why don't we do a side bet, Brandon? That if I if I outlast you, you bring me a fucking slushy. It, it, make How sure across, a cross country slushy. Make yeah, sure he knows. Up. Make sure he knows it's a, it's a separate account on the poker room. Make sure he knows he needs wait. to know that. Okay, so wait, Callaway, you're saying we're gonna bet like a multi thousand dollar bet on this free roll? Well, if you count the cost of the trip in, yeah, I'm just saying I want a slushy. Well, I'm not going to fly out there in the hotel in the car and everything and pay for that. If you Why really not? want right now to bet a hotel for three nights, either way, with airfare, first class, and a, a car. First class, wow. we, Well, yeah, I'm not going to fly out there. Where are you, in Buffalo? I don't know. Well, yeah, I was going to say I'm getting the good end of the deal. Because <laughs> you're going yeah. to be at a Super 8 in fucking upstate New York, my friend. Well, you know what? At least Brandon, can, <laughs> Brandon, you should wait till the summer and come out for NC Niagara Falls or something. Like, you don't, don't come in the yeah. winter. You don't want to come there in the winter. Yeah. It's horrible yeah, in the winter. That's true. But, that's true. But let's do this bet when uh, the weather's a little nicer. What do you <laughs> think right. about that? All right. Okay, so hey, let me explain the thing with the free roll. So last week we had a big free roll. That had very big bounties on both Eric Benzamokin, who plays as Brutal Thinker, and Calwatt. And they, they I put- just busted. <laughs> <laughs> I made a straight look at this. That's a sick hand. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not even going to do this. Go ahead. So Talk, your, I'm not going to interrupt okay, you. Okay. Can, can we make that bet now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, Brandon, you, you really got lucky here by not making that bet. You, you would have lost. It would have been over already. That'd be a very oh little. Gosh. Very little drama in that one. Very little suspense. Okay, so last week, as I said, we had a big free roll, and especially big bounties. So the free roll prize pool was just regular, but there are two big bounties: hundred fifty on the end of knocking out uh, Calwatt, hundred on the end of knocking out Eric Benzamokin. Anyway, after it was all over in the in the forum, Sonatine, who plays the free roll most weeks, claimed that he noticed that there seemed to be suspicious behavior going on, that there were certain people chip-dumping and soft-playing. He, he thought there was collusion. He, he didn't name well, any Well, this names. is kind of my fault, too, right? No, no, I, it didn't. Because I, I put a post in there saying, you know, PFA tournament rigged chip-dumping, but I was fucking around. Yeah, you were screwing around. You know? And Chantine's like, no, 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 I noticed this. And then Vaughn P., yeah. who's, who's from Scats, he claimed he noticed this, too. And I think he was being serious. I don't think he was trolling. So Belly Buster, who runs the... No Fraud Online Poker Room. And I have to stop here and tell everybody that he really runs it. This is his room. 
he puts out real money to do this, real effort to do this. He also donates money sometimes on his own, also to the prize pool. Very generous guy, very nice guy. But I let him completely run it to where it's his thing, and I don't assert any control over it. That's the one part of Poker Fraud Alert that I don't own, and I don't assert control. Now, I can make suggestions to him, and I can use influence, but I don't run it. I don't make the decisions. So, for example, I don't even know why Snowtracks got banned. I was doing a bunch of things today. I didn't. It's true, I didn't read my own form today for the most part. But Belly Buster can just choose to ban anyone from the No Fraud Online Poker Room. He could even be very unfair to you. He could just say, I don't like this person, they're banned. And you can come to me and say, this isn't fair. You need to make Belly Buster unban me? And my answer will be, no, I can't. Because this is his room to run. And this is the fringe benefit he gets from being the person who puts out the effort and the expense to run this, and he's done this over a period of six years, which is now costing yeah, You can't order around the guy who's volunteering his time and effort to do all this and, stuff, and money. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah, right. So, so that's the yeah. respect I show. Hey, I, hey I Druff, I don't, I don't interrupt, but this is actually kind of important for Drexel. Drexel, are you still on the line here? I'm here. You know you're not out of the tournament, right? Yeah, I know. I just ran up a twenty-five, okay. one twenty-five single twenty-five dollar chip into three hundred yeah. now. So, yeah. Sorry, Drev. I, I didn't want him to have like closed the window and walk away because he he had twenty five chips. Wow! Left. And, then, the, and then he quintupled up, and then he doubled up again. I, whatever. I just now, didn't Brandon, want him to be, have walked away P- thinking P-L-O- he was out. Pllol just gave me a hundred to one for ten dollars on me winning the tournament. <laughs> yeah, Brandon, does this ever happen like in the later stages of a World Series tournament, like when you're kind of you know mid to late before the money, where you're down to like the smallest denomination chip, do you ever come back and win, or does that never happen? No, it never happens. No, only only in this it's going to happen for you. Yes, of course. So, anyway, uh, with, so with Belly Buster, you really have to take it up with him. Whatever happens, you have to take it up with him. And I'm not saying this to pass the buck. It's just very simple, that if somebody volunteers their time, money, and effort to do it for six years, I'm not going to order them around and act like it's mine. So even though it's associated with with my site, even though the entire rest of the site is something run solely by me and the decisions are all made solely by me, that's the one area that they're not. So Snowtrack got banned. I don't know why, but he'll have to take this up with Belly Buster. So uh, Belly Buster went through the players of last week's tournament, even some who didn't play last week, oddly, and banned six people right off the bat. Didn't say why, just said, I'm banning six people and named them. Four of the six, I knew who they were. The other two, I did not know. One of them, I still don't know. The one who plays as Mudbutt. Uh, the one who played as like Too Sweet 2323 turned out to be bad guy on an alternate account. But he wasn't multi-accounting because uh, uh, he he only played on one account in that tournament. So he it, it wasn't that he played on two accounts. He just had two accounts. Which is fine. I, I've actually told people if you forget the name of one of them, forget the password, just make another one. Uh, I've given that instruction before here on the air. So I'm not going to blame anyone who has multi-accounts as long as you don't use them at the same time ever. So, And he didn't do that. So anyway, I'm not going to go through each person that was banned, but I believe all six of them appealed. And they all were cleared by Belly Buster. Either all six or everyone but Mudbutt. I don't remember. But I, I think everyone or everyone but one got their privileges back. But I do want to bring this up because it did really bother me. It did really disturb me that this could be happening. And the truth is there are some people 
who listen to this show who uh, don't have very, very much money, and the free roll money is very important to them, to where you know, they're either from being big degenerates or just from being poor or whatever. Uh, it's not just small money to them. They, they really want this money. So when we have a bigger free roll where you can win something in the three figures, uh, that's by no means a big score for anyone, but some of them, they really want that money. So you may have the temptation to try to cheat or to try to play under multiple accounts. I'm telling everybody here that if you do this, not only won't you be paid, and as you see, people are watching. In fact, people are watching and maybe even too cautious. You know, There may be people who are paranoid about this. So, so if there's even anything that slightly appears that there's chip dumping or collusion or anything like that, they will report it. Belly Buster will look into it. And if he just decides that he thinks you're doing it, he doesn't need proof. He doesn't need to prove this in a court of law. He just has to decide, yeah, I, I think this person is kind of shady. They're gone. And you can't appeal to me. And if Belly Buster doesn't want to hear it, then you're gone. So don't do it. And I may also ban you from the forum, too, depending on the circumstances. So just don't cheat on these things. The, the, I don't care how much you think you need the money. The money's not that big. It's never that big. This is a big free roll this week for the site, 450, and I, I appreciate that. But it's not life-changing money, no matter who you are. So don't do it. And realize that this money is being donated. This is being donated by people who want you to have fun playing for free money and don't be a jerk and try to cheat. Everything about this site is basically giving away things to you. It's a, it's a free site. It's not, no. it's not ad supported. It's uh, the, the free roll money is donated by the listeners and sometimes the co-hosts. So don't be a jerk and take advantage of that. Or it's going to get me really mad. Now, speaking of, how much money or how bad you need money, I want you guys to hear this. Give me your thoughts. Yesterday, uh, at the South Point, which is a it, – it, it's kind of one of those weird casinos. It's on the Strip, but it's on the far south side of the Strip, even way past Mandalay Bay. And it kind of caters to locals, but it also caters to the out-of-towners. And it has uh, that that big horse uh, – what do they call those? Uh, what is the term? The little horse arenas for like rodeos and whatnot. Equestrian uh, is that the word? Well, equestrian. Equestrian, equestrian is, is, is you know, something like a term meaning related to horses, so it could be called. That. Yeah, okay. It has a, some equestrian center, so when the rodeo comes to town, which is really, really, really big money in Vegas, they all go there now. Anyhow, so it's a nice casino. They have a nice poker room. At around one o'clock yesterday, there was a robbery, and what makes this really odd is this is what occurred. A Spanish woman that's 36 or 37, 36, by the name of Tina Lopez. Tina Lopez walked in. You, anybody, you can just go and Google this if you're listening live or even if you're not. It's a great picture of her. Well, why am I hearing an echo? I don't know. Do you want me to call you back? Are you hearing the echo? No. Uh, yeah, call I'm, me back. I'm on mute, I, so it's not me. Yeah, call, call me right back. I'll call please. you right back. The wonders of Skype, everybody. <laughs> Well, I mean, it wouldn't be the the fraud show if something didn't go wrong. So, okay, is it Am I there? Is it better? Yeah, no echo. Perfect. Thank you. So, okay, so this is what happens. Lady walks in, thirty seven years old, uh, Spanish, with a scarf on, and look like a hat, like a beanie. She actually brandishes a gun 
points it. I mean, you can see this. It, it's amazing that the how clear the photo is. Points it at the uh, cashier and gets away with an undisclosed amount of money. Walks out of the South Point, gets into a waiting car that's not even in a park. It's not a parking spot or anything. It's right in front of the doors, uh, you know, where you leave the casino. And the person that's waiting there happens to be her fiance, and they take off. I mean, they're they're these are the stupidest criminals. They're like nailed dead to rights. They don't try to change your license plate. They're not using a stolen car. Within minutes of them getting away, they hop on I fifteen, and you know which is a major highway right by uh, the South Point, and they're pulled over. You know they have undercovers. They got a helicopter. They're nailed. Not even close. So okay. First element, obviously, it's kind of weird. The boyfriend is making the chick do the dirty work. Yeah. Like, I mean, you would just think, like, the guy would rob it, maybe. You know, I don't know. Is that is that chauvinistic to even say? No, no, because it, you know, men uh, are, are physically stronger, and they're they're more. Uh, it's more likely if there's some kind of struggle, they can get away and all that type of stuff. So yes, it's it's it makes more sense for the guy to do it. Well, but but maybe they were less likely to suspect her of robbing so she wasn't you know frisked or much attention what do you mean frisked well i think he's referring like if somebody walks in with i guess they were fortunate it was cold too so wearing all that heavy stuff doesn't look odd well, did you look at did you look at the photo yes yeah google guys, guys google tina lopez south point and you'll find the article right find there. the one where you actually can see the gun being pointed yeah, at I, the, I see you know, on, I, on the counter i see it i see it and uh i see her i see the boyfriend i see that her with a gun with a scarf on so this is this is the disturbing part though so what ends up happening today through social media and just you know people in town that you know know these two they're not drifters they're, oh they man live, she's a looker too yeah she is mm. they've lived here for a while they both are single parents with minors and when i say minors i mean age ranging from like six to ten years old two children each that <laughs> they have wow and i'm thinking now they're both in jail you know, there's not even a bond. Maybe there's a bond for him, maybe, but there's no bond for her, of course. Okay, and you know they're going to go before a judge tomorrow and have a hearing, and there'll probably be a ridiculous bond. I mean, you know, maybe half a million, you know, or a million. I mean, who knows? But they're either going to lose their kids, or their kids are already gone now. You know, with social services or the state, or if there's obviously relatives that they can place them with, and their whole lives are ruined. And maybe, you know, not that they were going to get away with it anyhow. Maybe they got two, three thousand dollars. You know, it's not like this was, you know, Ocean's Eleven. So, you know, I prefaced all that by saying, what can you even imagine? And I looked, you know, there was a link on on Twitter today, and I saw, like, both their Facebooks, of course, are open. And there's pictures of them with their kids and Christmas trees and, you know, the grandparents. Like, they look like normal, everyday, you know, people. They don't look like, you know, vigilantes. They don't look like, you know, the, the wild, wild west criminals. So what the hell do you think ha- could have happened that bad that they were so desperate to risk? Like, literally, they got kids with them smiling, like, you know, kissing and, you know, pictures of Santa that they're now going to go to prison for a very long time. And most probably by the time they're out, their kids will, will you know, be in college. I, I think it's I not think, even I, I think if I had to guess here that they I mean, were responsible with their money, they, they, they were basically flat broke. And then just came up at desperation with a stupid idea and thought, well, but like, what do you mean? Like, are they? Do you think they're getting evicted? Are, are they? Are, yeah, it could be close. Uh, to the, house so, it could being, be something you know, close to that. It could be. I don't think it was just like to have extra spending money. I, I think, and I don't think they thought that they were going to get like super rich. I thought. I think that they probably were flat broke and thought, okay, how can we get money quickly? And then, well, let's try to rob the South Point. And obviously, it was very stupid. And and the chance of getting away with this is is pretty small, especially the way they did it. 
So, yeah, what, what they should have done, see, they, they, they did it wrong. They chose the South Point. Yeah, go uh, to Caesars. They, they'd never be able to recognize them from the fucking picture, right? No, no, right? no. What, what the, what I the, mean, they did it all <laughs> wrong. I mean, their, their license plate is on camera. Well, you know, here's what I would have done. You, you, you should go to the Bellagio poker room where they're using a, a, a 1980s quality camera and uh, they won't and dress oh, like right. dress like Humpty Hump, and you'll get away with it. They'll think you're the same guy who did it uh, a few months ago and got away with it. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I don't. That's the funny thing is recently people have gotten away with it. These Humpty Humps have all, they've all gotten away with it, and uh, really. In the Bellagio, the, the terrible camera quality, uh, the South Point, I have to give them credit. They have a much better camera than the Bellagio. It's a very clear picture of her at the cashier with that gun and with the scarf on. and all. The, like You can see her very clearly. The, the only thing smart they did was choose to do it on, a, on an unusually cold day so it didn't look strange that she walked in with a scarf and heavy jacket on. Cause I, could, I mean, drop these guys. Neither one of them looks like a rocket scientist to me. Yeah, that's that. That's the problem. Is a, a lot of the unlike what you see on TV, where there's these brilliant criminals with with brilliant master plans. Uh, in reality, it's not like that. In reality, most of the criminals are stupid and don't plan things well. Yeah, I don't think either one of them risked their high-profile corporate career to commit this robbery. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but they did risk their their families. You know, they so Brandon's right. You had to have two kids. And then risk a long print. I mean, I can't. Sentence. I just you know they have family in town. Yeah. It looks like I can't imagine. I'm thinking more like loan sharking. Like they own somebody money that might hurt them, or you know, I mean, it can't just be I'm late. You know, my bills. It they have family be, members. Well, it could be that. Too. It could be. It could be that, or they really could be at the end where nobody's loaning the money anymore, and they're just really flat broke and they're out of out. It could be that, or or it could be something like like owing money to loan sharks or. Or, or even a drug addiction, but they don't really—they don't have that look so much that they're like addicted to drugs. But some people can be addicted without really having that look. Depends what drugs they're they do. They could just be fucking stupid, and that too, <laughs> and thought they could just get away with it. Okay, guess we—we—that uh, is a very interesting story. Guess what? Though we haven't finished the agenda. <laughs> Did Wait, we even the, start it? This is not the part of the real part of the show. No, no, no. no. Jesus Christ! No, okay, so <laughs> this is why I don't come on this early. Okay, so, so here, I, uh, let me go through the agenda, then we'll get started. So, uh, Jow Poker, we we've had various segments about it. We we had the segment when we first heard of it and the controversy surrounding it. We had a woman on named Ashley Hine, known as Action Ashley, who was a defector from Jow Poker and told us a lot of inside stories from it. She wasn't very happy. I remember her now. I couldn't remember her name, but as soon as you said Action Ashley, I totally remember. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so anyway, Jow Poker, I know you guys are absolutely – you're not going to believe this, but it has closed and they took everyone's money. No. I mean, I know about it, but yeah. It's impossible. That's, that's not yeah. the outcome I expected. I, th- I thought they were going to be the next poker stars, honestly. They were business professionals, right? Isn't that what that guy was ranting about? Yeah, it was, it was a great. It was a great plan. So that just came down yesterday, and uh, by the way, Poker News did an article on this, and and pretty much the entire article was quoting Poker Fraud Alert. I'm not kidding. Go check wow. it out. Wow, yeah, we're, nice. we're, we're hitting the big time. Uh, the PPA, the Poker Players Alliance, they may soon go the way of Jow Poker. Also, they might shut down at the end of March due to lack of funding because Poker Stars. Derailed that gravy train a little while back. If you are like me, you may like to put do not disturb signs on your hotel room door and not let anyone in through the entire length of your stay. At Caesars Properties, that will no longer be something you can do. Caesars is very soon going to stop honoring do not disturb signs and will force their their way into your room 
at least once every 24 hours. ESPN announced their World Series of Poker in 2018 broadcast schedule. We'll reveal that and uh, talk about it a bit. Poker Go, by the way, has not yet announced their schedule for the World Series. And I got news for you, kiddo. Aria's already implemented what you're, you're speaking of. Well, I, we can, okay, when we get to that, that'll be interesting. I, I don't even know about that, but uh, I would like to hear that, too. A poker player named Parker Talbot. Oh, I'm sorry, and I'm getting this disturbing message. Uh, this is from the 818, but I don't even need to say that. Trader Ruski, can you tell Druff to stop clowning around? He won't patch me in. I've been trying for 45 minutes. <laughs> I don't appreciate the way he's treating me. <laughs> okay. I, he's I saying he's been trying to be, get patched in. I, I haven't seen that. Okay, let me, let me. I'll patch him in. I didn't see his attempt to. That's so cute. Isn't that the cutest way like to talk about Skype? Patch me in. It's so cute. <laughs> Patch me in. Okay, let me try. Hey, that. buddy. <laughs> I'm here. See, we I'm don't want to Spago. We don't need to add him. He's right here. <laughs> okay, let me try to patch him in. Okay. Got to patch him in. I'm, I'm doing it right now. Usually he calls and I go, "Oh crap, I can't add his call," and I patch him in. Like it, it was him trying to call that I wasn't seeing or he wasn't doing. I don't know which one. Traderuski, hello. What's hey. happening, boys? Oh. How you doing? So sorry, hey, buddy. There he is. Sorry about the lack did, of patching. I just did, uh, did I, you get patched in, Trader Ruski? I'm in now. I knew. I know. I had to go. I know. I knew, had to go to the executive level to get <laughs> yeah, uh, you did, some actually. respect here. I, I had thought you know some, some confusion. I thought you were going to like try to call in, and then if I couldn't take your call, I was going to just add you. I thought you just weren't ready. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm good. When, okay. Whenever I try to call in, it, it screws everything up. Yeah, so that's that is true. The wonders of Skype. So uh, anyway, Parker Talbot. He, uh, I hadn't heard of him before, but he accidentally slipped during an interview with Chicago Joey that Jason Somerville makes a lot of money as a sponsored pro on Poker Stars, which these days is pretty amazing, unless your name is Daniel Negreanu. Uh, how much? How much is it? How much is it that uh, Jason Somerville makes every year? One million dollars. It's not that, but it's a lot of money. So when we get to the segment, I'll tell you how much it is and also how we found out. A sign of the times. Atlantic City, It's uh, that neighborhood is not very good, and they've been struggling over there to keep business. So what type of business do they have these days? Well, apparently one of the rooms on wait, a high... Na- wait, when you say the neighborhood isn't good, you mean Atlantic City itself as the neighborhood? You mean the city? Yes, the entire city neighborhood, yeah. All right, not just the neighborhood, no, the, the city. the okay, entire city. On. So, and, and they're struggling getting uh, gamblers over there. The, the whole city's struggling. So who are they getting as clientele these days? In a high floor of the Tropicana, there was a meth lab which caused the fire. And it, it wasn't tied because I believe he's on a ship. But they did say three of the members that were roommates uh, in this meth lab were indeed seven stars. So <laughs> do what you want with that. Anti- Hawaii is one of the biggest anti-gambling states in the nation, which most people wouldn't expect. You'd expect one of the, I would. Well, a lot of, a lot of people would expect a, a very – They don't want anything else taken away from their tourism dollars. Yeah, yeah. Because, but, but most people would think, okay, it's going to be one of these like religious red states. Like, yeah, like Utah. Utah, and they're very anti-gambling too. But Hawaii – there's two very anti-gambling states. One is Utah, but the other one is Hawaii. So Hawaii, uh, they've gotten concerned that there's a form of pseudo-gambling out there 
through video games. They're called loot boxes. We've described them before. They're trying to pass laws in Hawaii against these loot boxes or regulating them. Uh, I'll tell you about that uh, when we get to that segment. The Lucky Dragon Casino in Las Vegas, their story continues. They have filed for bankruptcy. Chapter 11. I'm going to give you a simple code if you can make it through most of the show. I will give you a simple code that you can use if you don't have comp rooms in Vegas, which sadly I don't have anymore. But if you don't have comp rooms at Caesars Properties and you want to stay at a Caesars property, there's a simple code you can enter to take 5% off, which is it's not a whole lot of money, but it's still 5%. You know, why not keep it in your pocket instead of Caesars' pocket? And the code is actually meant for people who start a reservation, don't completely go through with it, and then it emails you later say, hey, you didn't finish your reservation. You know, you know, click now and get 5%. Well, you can bypass all that crap and just get the 5% right off the bat with this code I'm going to give you, which, by the way, it's totally legal to use. You're not going to get in trouble. I'm not even going to get in trouble for distributing it. So, but they don't make it public. It's, it's usable. It's, it's allowed. They just don't make it public to everyone. I'm going to make it public to everyone uh, near the end of the show. Finally, not everybody likes Donald Trump, but... One business that loves him is MGM because the tax cuts that uh, came through Donald Trump's tax plan are going to save MGM enough money to where that has actually saved their fourth quarter. So MGM is thrilled about that, and we'll talk about the Trump tax cuts and what it did for MGM. So that is our agenda. And we're going to get going for the real show, finally. No shit. <laughs> All right. Okay, so. But hold on. Can yes. we at least, I mean, I, you know, not. I like the fact that there's discipline and there's a format and, you know, but we're not in the military. Can't we all maybe, before we get into all this, you know, the fellas, all four of us are on the line here for the first time in a while. Can we maybe just kind of greet each other, do a little bit of, you know, how's everything going, that kind of thing, a little catching up maybe? Well, you you know do what? that? Yeah, you can start. I actually have to put the microphone down for a second and do something here. Uh, I'll be back in about less than 30 seconds. Go right ahead. Now, you're not going to place no halftime bet in the NBA games, are you? Oh, there's no NBA. There's no yet, NBA. No, tomorrow? It's a little break for me. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, all right. Trader Ruski, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? Doing well. Um, all right. Tell us what's what's week. new and good. Yeah. All right. Tell us what's new in your world. Maybe the last week or so. What have you been up to? How's gambling? How's you know family? Have you had any good meals anywhere? That kind of thing. Um. No. Nothing exciting with that. But um. Now, now, rumor yeah. has it you, you. Rumor has it you. You've run up a a five figure balance on one of the uh, uh, online sites. Is that true? Can you I confirm did. that? I can confirm. Yep, ran it up to about fifteen at the peak on uh, mm-hmm. on Bovada. Now, now, rumor also says you cashed out the Bitcoin, and then the market just completely collapsed. Is that true too? That is, but then it made a comeback, so mm-hmm. I was able to cash out for more than I. Okay, so you, you know, did, so you didn't panic and, and, and drop it. You, you weren't worried; it's going to keep falling. You you held on to the Bitcoin and, and let it rise back. No, I was ho- no, I was hoping that you'd say it was going to go down again. So then, you know, every time you say that, it goes up. But that's why you keep this kid around. Now, now Trader Ruski, is there anyone out there you want to give a shout out to, or is there something maybe you want to promote while you have the floor? 
Shout out to the actor who's playing in the tournament today. Oh, the one on the fraud one? Uh Uh-huh. No shit. All right. He was on Two and a Half Men. Good for him. All right. Do I anything know the, else? Well, hold on. Do I, know, do I know the actor? I, no, you haven't met him yet. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know somebody through Trader Ruski that actually uh, he works in the, in the Hollywood industry, but he's not an actor. So it's not, not like a bad actor, like in the poker star sense. Is no, it? no, no. <laughs> this is somebody that has literally played like a bad guy or a cop or a security guy in like how many sixty, seventy TV shows? Trader Ruski? Yeah, probably right around there. Well, yeah, a ton. So. Uh, okay, now moving along the round table. Calawat, how are you doing, sir? Good, man. I've been busy, but I'm doing good. Now, have you seen any good movies lately? Have you had any, uh, any kind of cuisine that is worth commenting on? Uh, any special occasions or stories you want to share? Well, I'll tell you, I just saw Black Panther, and I enjoyed the shit out of that movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. And in terms of cuisine, like uh, because it's Chinese New Year, we've mostly been having uh, a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of Chinese food. But it's uh, you know the kind of Chinese food like there are certain foods just like we only have you know or not only but typically have turkey around Thanksgiving. Right. There are certain you know special foods and stuff that they have uh, once a year or so. So I'm I'm enjoying that. Now tell me, how is that loving, adorable? dog that uh, recovered from that health scare about a year ago oh kumba is doing awesome he's doing awesome he's like a new dog that's and great that, and he, we got that uh, second dog that we brought over from malaysia so we got three dogs two kids and a lot of craziness now, now what is the uh, the united states's position on importing dogs from malaysia <clears throat> there's got to be some sort of quarantine period i'd, I'd imagine no, there's nothing man i was shocked uh, all what you do you think do, there would be? Because there's yeah, one way to go so to too. Hawaii with a dog. Yeah, I would think so too. There, there. I mean, all you have to do is you have to have a, a health certificate from a vet wherever the dog's coming from, and that's all they needed. Hmm. And I, you know, I went, I went to the customs and just claimed them. I mean, that's all there was. I, I would think in Malaysia yeah. you could you could buy that health certificate even if the dog's not healthy for for pretty cheap. Yeah. Now, speaking of dogs, I've posted a live picture of me currently in my office on the radio live on the Fraud Network. And you could also see in the second photo, as I'm on air, my little Jack Russell literally is curled up in my lap. Uh, like Literally like almost in my hoodie with me. It's a very cute photo. Now, moving right along, uh, our patriarch of the site, uh, Todd Dandruff, would tell us a bracelet winner. Now, it's been a week since you've been on the air. So tell us what issues have you had with big business? <laughs> well, let me is think. Is there of, a pizza story or someone that's charged you wrong? Corporate America had to have wronged you some way in the last week. Well, um, not me, but um, I'll actually take on the problems of other people that I know where uh, I'll take them on as my own, especially if it's – there's someone I know. Not None of you people know this person. It's not Ken Scaler. But there's someone that I know that uh, doesn't have very much money, and they were complaining to me a few two things. Number one, that they like to watch the Lakers for whatever reason, and the Laker they can't get the Lakers on their cable, which didn't make sense to me because everyone should get them. And, and then second, and the franchise has only been there for sixty years, so you can't just say they're trying to build up momentum or anything. No, but 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 they, you know? they couldn't watch them. And second, that the mm. that the their bill has just gone up 
very high. They were paying like over 160 a month for like almost like bottom of the barrel service. I'm not talking like a, a good cable plan where you have a high, you have very high speed internet and you have a lot of pay channels. And you have a, you know, this is like the budget of most budget plans, and they got raised to over 160 a month. And uh, so I'm telling them this is horrible. Anyway, I volunteered to help them get their bill down by calling customer service on their behalf. And I've done this for myself before. When my promotions run out, you call up and you basically say, this isn't competitive anymore. I'm going to switch to, you know, if you have cable, you say you're going to switch to DirecTV or, 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 or to Fios if that's in your area or, or, or vice versa. If you have Fios, you say they'll switch to cable. And, and basically, they'll usually scare them into lowering your price substantially and at least bringing you back to where you were before. Oddly, they refused. Oddly, you know, this was, again, not about my account. This is about that other person's account. I'm just doing this to be nice to them. And they were trying and trying. They weren't trying to refuse, but they put me on hold long periods of time and kept saying, look, every code we try to enter, it's denying it. And basically after I spent two hours on the phone trying to do this, and at the end of two hours, it got nowhere. Just sorry. This is the only deal we can offer you. And they even had the nerve to tell me this is, you know, I'm still getting discounts and it's, it's still a good deal. So um, after a lot of fighting after that with, with, with further phone calls, I got the person's bill back down to what they were paying, which was like, you know, 115 or something. And, the, and for them, that, you know, you may think, oh, it's, you know, $50 difference. Who cares? Every month, $50 for this person is pretty big. Because this is, this is again, someone who uh, works a, a pretty low-wage job. And that's that's a lot of money to them. Now, now being such an elitist, and I don't mean that in a defamatory way. How do you have so many poor friends? Well, why wouldn't I? I, I, mean, I don't have that. I don't have that many poor friends. I mean, not like that. No, I, I don't see. I don't care. People, I, I don't care. You know, I'm not saying I care, but I don't know. I mean, you have you know the one guy he has to sell plasma just to get by, and he's on the Judge Judy show. I mean, I don't know people like that. Well, I, I don't know people there's, that. There's people I know who who I, I think are, are otherwise good people. They're they're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't look down on them for just not having money and. Uh, I'm saying that. I'm just saying that you know a lot of poor people. I know. I'm not talking about looking down on anybody. No, I know. I just happen to. I I don't use that to even judge anybody. Now, if there's circumstances that led to that 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 I wouldn't approve of, then maybe I I would judge them. But sometimes people, this is just the way their life has gone. And uh, so, in fact, I try to help. I, I, I don't just you know, hand out money, but when I see that someone's taking advantage of them or they're getting overcharged or I can get them a better deal, and I, and I know they'll really appreciate it. I know somebody else, again, who, who's, uh, who doesn't have much money that got ripped off. This wasn't recently. This is last year. But they got ripped off by a rental car company. They, they rented like the first car in their life, and they got completely ripped off. And when I heard the story, it got me mad, and I, and I called up and got them about two-thirds of their money back for the entire rental. Wow. And they were thrilled. They couldn't believe so it. So you're almost like a superhero for the ripped off and taken advantage of in a way. Yes, uh, pretty much. That's, 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 my, that's my donation to the poor. But, uh, it's, uh, yeah. you know, but it really does bother me. It really bothers me when I think you – know, because I think about how much it pisses me off. And I can afford to have, take these losses, but I just don't let it at a principle. But when people who can't afford it, or getting taken advantage of in some way, or get screwed in some way by, by some company, then it gets me mad because I know it's really impacting this person. I go, you know what? What they just lost here, they're going to have to work like X number of extra hours to, to make this money back, and they shouldn't have to do Like I think about that in those terms, and I go, I, I've got to get this back for them. I want to help them. Now, if it's someone I don't like, I'm not going to do it. And if someone I, I, I don't know, I'm not going to do it because you know I can't right. spend my life doing that for people. But but if it's someone I, I do like, then, then I will help them. And I, I can just see now I'm going to get people like, Texting me here who want my assistance to these things. I, I, I'm, I, I wish 
there was there was more payoff. I have a, a talent at getting this type of thing done. Like I'm one of the best at doing this. And uh, my parents, they were good at this too. But now they even come to me to help them because I've got I, I'm even better at them. That like well, but that's probably also because technology has changed so much that they don't even understand some of the things that they possibly could complain about. Uh, I mean, you know what I mean? It's not even, so it's many not, new things compared to what it was in the 60s and 70s when things were so simple. It's sometimes hard to keep up. It's not even that. My, my dad understands it pretty well. And they're, they're still good at it. It's not like they're, you know, they, they, they're helpless. They usually can handle these type of things on their own. But sometimes like, they'll hit a wall and, I'll, and they'll come to me and I'll say, here, let me do it. And I get it. Uh, like something oh. happened with the, with the airlines that uh, they gave up with that I, I fixed. And uh, so I, I'm very keeping good at the these. family name going. That's great. I, I, That's I'm, really I'm, good. I'm, I'm hoping Benjamin one day. Like, I, my he may ni- be better than them all. No, well, that's what I'm hoping. Because I, my night, my nightmare will be if I get old and senile and can't do this anymore, and then Ben can't do this, and Ben just gets taken advantage of, and and like I'm not even lucid enough to understand it's happening, or if I'm dead. Like I, because I'm a lot older than him. So I, I like if you could be, say, you die and there is a heaven, and you're up there, and you find out that HBO and Showtime are screwing them over, you're just going to be screaming and pounding at the heavenly walls. I, I think so I, I think I'll possess uh, you know executives at HBO and, and Showtime and make them fix it. That's what I'll do. Jesus, I, I mean, I don't now, think I can watch it. Yeah. Now, if I may. And it's not, you know, I know that I have not on here all the time, so I'm not trying to come in here and stomp my feet around. But something very interesting happened uh, on Facebook that you were a part of this past week, Todd. And before we go into the main agenda, uh, I would like to discuss it amongst the four co-hosts and get everyone's honest opinion okay. now. I know, I know, now, what the only way I know, this works. I know what you're going to ask. Everyone has to, huh? Yeah, I know what you're asking. Just yeah, I know you know what I'm asking. Okay, that's fine. If you didn't know. We, we can, but we can do it here. Myself, Druff, Kalawat, Traderuski, you all have to totally be honest now, okay? And don't be politically correct or moralistically correct. Now, I don't think better- that's ever a problem. No, it's not with you. I know, buddy. <laughs> now you're better than explaining things than I am. You know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm good at it. But since you were involved and you actually pointed me to this thread, which I literally read all 250 comments about. Oh, wow. And it was such a controversial thing. The one dude that created that little sign in the Microsoft whatever word thing, he even took part in it. Uh, what's his name? The, the Microsoft Word guy. Oh, you, uh, Richard Brody? Yeah. He I, was wow. in there. I didn't chiming see that. And he was on your side. Hmm. He said that you were right. But So anyhow, before we even go and give our opinions and all that, and so on and so forth, can you please surmise for those listening live and then in the archives what we're talking about okay, now, and the situation at hand? Okay, now first of all, I, I want to apologize. I see we have some new listeners because the ratings are very good tonight. Uh, anyone who's tuning in to hear about Jow Poker, we will get to this, but uh, this, this is interesting what Brandon's bringing up. So we will discuss this, then we'll get to Jow Poker. Just, just in case you're, you're waiting for the Jow Poker stuff and going, what the hell is this show? Yeah, <laughs> what are you guys doing? Uh, even, even I wonder sometimes what we're doing. Outside. Uh-oh. The dog, the, dog <laughs> Sorry. Being, the dog being bad? I thought Don't I talk to your girlfriend ahead, like that. Ignore me. Go ahead. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that, that was let your girlfriend you go in do? the house, I mean, I'm man. trying What's to do this. I'm on the show. I'm trying to, you know, we got good ratings now. I mean, hey, wait, we need a break. Were, were you talking to your dog or your girlfriend? Which one? What do you think I was talking to? I don't know. Cal asked. That's his question. Well, Cal, if you had a bet, who do you think I was talking to? Well, I don't know. You used like a sweet-sounding voice, which makes me think it was a dog. <laughs> it was my dog. Yeah. But, but <laughs> go out, go outside. Okay. Come on, what, outside, what actually, outside, I, out, out, out. What I actually did is I tried to seamlessly 
transition from my laptop to my phone on Skype to go outside to take the dog out, and I forgot to mute the fucking cell phone. Well, at least you didn't so get cut off. I mean, that. that's, that's, that's a win in itself. Okay, so yes. I'll explain what happened here. Uh, Daniel Idema, who I think is from uh, British Columbia, I think he has a limit hold and bracelet like I do. Either had a bracelet or finished second. Anyway, he's a good limit hold and player. I don't know him very Isn't well. Isn't that the relative of uh, one of the guys that does the poker cast? That I don't know. But I, I know that... Uh, he's funny. Adam's uh, brother or half-brother. Yeah, really? I, like, I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know he's Adam's uh, brother or half-brother. Yeah. But his yeah. name's not Schwartz, so it must be... Maybe it is a half-brother or something. Okay. Well, anyway, he's. I know he's a good limit hold'em player. I've, I haven't played with him much, uh, but he's done well in limit hold'em tournaments. I think he may even have a bracelet. He posted a question on Twitter that really sparked controversy, even though it has nothing to do with poker. He said that he had just been to Costco, which is a large, big-box-type store with a membership that is very, very popular, in case you don't know what that is. And he went through the line with his big cart of stuff. He had a lot of stuff. Went through the checkout line, and the person ringing him up did not ring the stuff on the bottom of his cart. You know how the cart has like an under area you can put stuff if it gets full. He had stuff on the bottom, about $40 worth of stuff. They just totally forgot to ring that up. He didn't notice that they hadn't rung it up. He just uh, assumed they rang everything up and pushed the cart through, paid his bill normally. What they, he paid what they asked him to pay. And then also Costco has a guard standing at the door that does two things. The guard makes sure that you don't enter if you don't have a membership. You have to buy a yearly membership to get in. And they also make sure that you're not leaving with merchandise that you didn't pay for. In fact, sometimes they will stop you and ask to see your receipt and make sure it matches what's in your cart. Sometimes they do, sometimes uh, they a lot don't. Of, a lot of times we call that the quality control officer because they're, they're not necessarily just checking for people stealing stuff. They know that a lot of people that work there are just morons. Yeah. So, so they want to make sure that they didn't make a mistake. I'm, right. being, I'm being honest. Yeah, so, so the person at the door didn't check anything and he just and they're unarmed just for the record yeah and and daniel walked out and wow they're getting 16 bucks an hour they're they're not gonna be (laughs) pulling any heroics man trust me so so he walked out and he he loaded the stuff in his car drove home i don't know how far he lives from there but he uh costco's there's not tons of them to where they're likely to be like two miles from you like it could easily be 10 miles or more from him i know he said in the thread he lived 15 miles away that makes sense that's about how far i am from the closest costco so so he drove 15 miles back home, unloaded the stuff, and only when he got home and had unloaded everything did he realize that he got $40 worth of groceries he didn't pay for. Again, he wasn't shoplifting. This was part of a large order. It was uh, just they forgot to ring it up. He didn't attempt to hide it. They just forgot to ring it up. And he didn't realize this until he actually was home 15 miles away from there. So he asked, uh, what's the right thing to do at this point? And so here, here's my answer. You want me to answer first, Brandon, since you brought it up? Yes, please. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. My opinion about this, and there was a lot of controversy about this, uh, mostly on Alan Kessler's Facebook, of course. Alan Kessler reposted Daniel Idema's tweet on his own Facebook, and then tons of people, a lot of people follow Kessler, tons of people within poker responded, some on one side, some on the other. So the side I was on, was that, number one, Daniel had done nothing wrong. Number two, that he should do nothing. Why? 
because, number one, he's far away. Uh, this is not his problem. This wasn't his fault. He, uh, nobody's going to get in trouble for it. It's never going to be known this happened to anyone. So there's no one that the Costco is going to get in trouble for this having occurred. Uh, he, it would be considerable effort and expense for him to drive 30 miles round trip to, bring, you know, to either bring back this stuff or go back and pay. And even if he can say, okay, maybe he can just call in and tell them and offer to pay $40 over the phone with his credit card, they may not have the way to do that over the phone because this would be very non-standard for them. But even if he could, what would happen is the cashier and this person who is at the door would likely get in trouble for this. So he would get two people in trouble. He may not be able to pay over the phone, and they may start pressuring him to come in. I don't think they would because Costco's customer service tends to be pretty lax and pretty good. They're very customer-friendly there. So they'd probably tell him, you know, thanks for telling us, uh, you know, just give us, you know, tell us who the cashier was. Okay, thank you, bye, you just keep the stuff. That's probably what would have happened. So they probably would not have made him pay anyway. But but you, you can't predict that for sure because he didn't no call way it. they're going to make him. Pro- well, I mean, if, I said probably, no, there's no way they're going to make him Yeah, that's, what, that's, that's what I'm thinking. So, so, but even if you'd say that they would or, or that he should at least give them the chance to charge them, he couldn't do this without them finding out who did this. So... He would just get people in trouble. So I said, you absolutely should just do nothing. Furthermore, I don't believe in holding the hand of big corporations for their mistakes. Where, where you're now, if you happen to notice a mistake as it's occurring, then fine, point it out. Like for example, if you're, uh, I, I'll tell you, I went through the supermarket line a few days ago, and I had water sitting in that same under area of my shopping cart, a case of water for about, worth about four dollars, and they weren't charging me for it. So I told them, oh, there's a water down here. I could have gotten away with, with getting that for free. They hadn't rang it, but I was right there. I did the honest thing and told them there's a water down here. Uh, so there, that's a different story. If you notice that they're missing something and you go, ah, I wonder if I can get away with it. Yeah, then, then that does start to become stealing. But if you don't notice it and you're all the way home and it would be, require effort on your part and expense on your part and to- a lot of time on your part to make this right or you doing this, trying to make this right will get people in trouble – over something minor, you just forget it. This is, you're, not, you're not the quality control officer for Costco. You don't work for Costco. They're not paying you to make sure this happens, and they're not looking out for you. They, they, they have good customer service, but again, they're not looking out for you. you. You discover their mistake, then they just have to eat it. That's the way it, and that's the way I treat all, all corporations. Now, if it was a small mom-and-pop store, then I, I'd probably want to bring it back just because it's different. You, you know, these, these are uh, a few individuals that are likely to be affected by it. It comes directly out of their pocket. Uh, they're probably barely getting by. You, you develop kind of a relationship with people that, you know, that run a, a store that you go to a lot that's a small operation. That's a different story. Uh, or I've also had it one time where a cashier, more than once, where a cashier gives me too much change. If I notice immediately, I hand it back. But one time, I think it was about a year or two ago, I noticed only when I was in my car and like sitting at a stoplight that I was given too much. Like I, I remembered how much change I was given. I thought, wait, this is wrong. Looked at the receipt again, noticed they gave me $10 too much. I turned around, went back, walked up to the cashier, said, uh, you gave me $10 too much change. You know, you, here it is. And, and they put it back in the cash register. Why? Because I didn't want them to get in trouble. I didn't want them to have to pay out of their own pocket as they will sometimes have to do when their register comes up short. So there I will put the effort to, to help them. Not not to save $40 for a huge corporation where if I attempt to go back and pay that $40, not only is it a lot of effort on my part, but it can get people in trouble. So I said, number one, Daniel did nothing wrong. Number two, the best course of action at that point is to do nothing. And so I would think that's pretty straightforward. But people 
did not agree. And I wasn't the only one saying this. There were a number of people who thought the same way as I did. But there were some who were responding very angrily, saying that Daniel was a thief, that he had committed theft, that he's unethical by not telling them about this, that uh, this is stealing. Some even felt he had committed a crime. And I think that's insane. Uh, you, You can't commit a crime, you can't commit theft if you bring all your merchandise to the front and do not attempt to conceal it. You, you bring it in the front in a normal manner. They give you a bill. You pay the bill. You leave. And then only when you get home, you realize they undercharge you. That's not theft. That, that is never, never, never criminal theft because you presented them all the items. To, uh, they gave you an incorrect bill on their end. They made the mistake. And the worst they could ever do is bill you for the, for the amount that uh, you underpaid. That, but that would be a civil matter. If you didn't pay the bill, they could sue you. That's it. They, they couldn't get you arrested when they made a mistake. But some people really believed that it was actually theft. They, they believed it was criminal theft, and he, not that they thought he would, but that he had technically committed a crime, which is not true. And furthermore, it is never on you. It is never your responsibility to correct a mistake that a big corporation makes. You, you don't have to double-check their work. You don't have to call them and say, hey, you made this mistake. Here's money I owe you. Why? Because they don't do it for you. They, they don't, and they never will do it for you. They're, they're never auditing your bill to make sure they did it right which is why I have so many issues calling up companies and fighting about bills, because things are done wrong and they don't check for me. So I'm not going to check for them. I'm not going to do them favors. So that's, that's, uh, that's how I feel. Now, uh, Brandon, how do you feel? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm actually, I want to go last. Okay. Calwatt, how do you feel? Is that okay? <laughs> yes. Calwatt, how do you feel? Yeah. So the, the question that was framed, you know, you said everything, what, what do you do? And the the answer that I was thinking of was nothing. Yep. <laughs> um, because if if I was in the line and I noticed, I would definitely point it out. Um, you know, but I I agree with you, man. I mean, you know, we're we're not talking about grand theft here. And I think you're right that the person that's going to get in trouble is the person that uh, checked it out and screwed it up, and potentially the security person there as well. And, you know, we're talking about 40 bucks worth of stuff. And, you know, maybe you would say that the the value doesn't matter. It's the principle. But I honestly would act differently if it was something more expensive. Yeah. Uh, Trader Risky, what about you? Well, I mean, I'd always I'd probably want to pay them back. Um, I, I wouldn't have probably have thought about getting the people in trouble. So if I did think about that, I probably would have just next time I go to Costco, let them know and try to make it right. Okay. Now, uh, so, so you, but you would, you would make a special trip down there or you just say uh, next time no, I go in? I would make a special it. trip. I'd just okay. do it the next time so that way they'd never figure out who the cashier was. Well, I guess they could by the receipt. Yeah. Um, maybe not even bring the receipt so then you're not getting anybody in trouble. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, if you don't even bring the receipt, then you have no. I mean, well, no, but you're paying them. So realistically, there's no proof that any of then this. Then you can just go to a Costco all over the world, donating products back that you rightfully paid. <laughs> well, or right. you can, te- or you can probably tear off like the ID or something. Oh come on! Say, stop. They charge me for stop. I'm sorry that we patched you through. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, listen, I just think it's karma on me. That's what. That's well, what I, I, and by the way, now this doesn't apply to Costco, but I, I, I have on occasion. I'll admit this. Where I haven't been charged for something, if I just recently had some kind of incident where 
I felt I was owed money back, but it was too little to bother with. Like, like let's say that four, that $4 water, which I just pointed out a few days ago, then I asked them to charge me for it because they forgot. I actually have had this occur before where they forget to charge something, and I haven't said something because it has occurred before where it's like right on the heels of I had bought something that was bad or, or uh, something they had stocked on the shelf that was expired and I didn't notice. I usually check this, but once in a while I don't notice, and it was something that was expired before I even got it. Uh, things like that where I don't feel like making a trip all the way back down. I'm not talking about Costco, like a, a grocery. I don't feel like going all the way down there to say, hey, you know, give me $4 back for this item. So I, I just don't end up, end up say, say anything, but when I'm in line and I notice they're not charging me for something that's worth about the same that I would have gone back and returned, but it was too much of a pain in the ass, then I'll think, okay, it evens out. They, they really owed me $4 back for whatever happened last time. Now, Here they're not charging me $4. I'll just let it even and not say anything. That's what multimillionaire Richard Brody said. He gave a disclaimer and said that for such a small amount of money, he would absolutely do nothing. Yeah. And then also on the, you know, I guess as a full disclaimer, that when he buys things that are cheap, that are either spoiled or broken, he doesn't do anything either. He just eats it and says, oh, well, doesn't, you know, waste his time to try to rectify something that, you know, is minor. Um, for me, I'm with I'm with you and I'm with Calawat. I do absolutely nothing. Now, at some point, and I, I really haven't even thought that much about it to determine what that point would be, that a certain dollar amount threshold, then, of course, it would be right to contact them and then right. negotiate in terms of at the very least, hey, you know, I'm driving back over there, at least compensate me in some manner for, you know, having to drive because it wasn't my mistake. So I guess I mean I can't even really think of an example. Well someone someone really gave one under your cart. So well, so, well so forget the, forget under your cart. Someone mentioned that what was a thousand dollar T V that just somehow they forgot to charge. So definitely I yes, I would not keep the thousand dollar T V. Well that right. That's what I'm you know, think like a vacuum cleaner, some, some you know, just something like that that's you know, a, a decent amount of money, yeah. But for some bottled water and a soda, if they make the mistake, no, I'm going to do nothing. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, Dan Goldman can hate me, and uh, David Cop can hate me. And they, the thing that was so funny is the people that were taking the stance that the three of us have, minus the guy that was patched in, were that we were basically all criminals and we were the most horrid people in the world. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I like, was surprised. Really? Yeah, Don't yeah. Fuck yourself. There's a lot of people. I mean, no, like, I mean that's on. ridiculous. I think it. I think either way, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, and, and what and what Brandon said about like an expensive item. That's exactly what I would do too. I would call up. I would say this ex- expensive item somehow didn't get rung up. I'd like to pay for it. However, it, you know, for the whole tr- the fact that I honestly came to you and the fact that there's some trouble here to to now go deal with this after the fact. Uh, can you give me a bit of a discount here? And then and then if they give me a bit of a discount. And I, then- I take it. So, and these are these aren't just trolls. These are like you know the people that were commenting in this thread. Some of them are you know are, are well respected. One one of the founders of Full Tilt. I'm not going to. Well, I could say who. It doesn't matter. It's an open. Perry Friedman commented on this. Who's now a lawyer apparently got his uh, law degree from UNLV about two years ago. And, and and he didn't say this directly, but some in the thread were inferring that you could even be prosecuted. And they were citing the law. And I'm thinking, you're out of your mind. Do you really think a district attorney with all that's going on in the world today is going to prosecute somebody for bringing up? I mean, and that, that's a whole other thing, like the intent part of it. You know, there's no intent. You can't prove intent. But, you know, even a real overzealous, you know, prosecutor, <laughs> they really going to take this to a district attorney, you know, and try to get an indictment or, you know, no, they'd be, they'd be laughed out of the it, office. It's insane. They'd be laughed it's out. It's not going to happen. Not only that, yes, I, exactly. I, I asked the people who were claiming it was a, a violation of the law. I said, okay, show me the law. Show me the law anywhere in, in uh, U.S. or Canada 
where this would actually be a crime. Not not where theft is a crime, not where shoplifting is a crime. Obviously, that's a crime. But where this specific incident, something that that the law would describe this as a crime. So uh, David Cop, who was you know arguing about, he actually had his wife uh, present some law she found in, in British Columbia claiming this was it. And I went through and I said, no, this is, it very clearly defined what theft was. And it talked about intent and it talked, it was very clear from the law that he had not broken the law. It was very, British though, Columbia, what would that have to even do with us? No, because this is where Daniel Idama lives, I think. Oh. But, but, but even according to the law they posted, supposedly thinking he was supporting them, I, I explained that the law itself was backing me up, that this, this was not theft. Theft has to have deception. Or, or fraud has to have deception, and theft has to have um, for for theft to be theft, you you have to uh, has to be intent, in, right? Right, intent, and there, you know, there would have to be some form of attempting to get you know to get it out of there. You can even say there's theft where, like, let's say you put something in your pocket, me- honestly meaning to go p- pay for it, but then you just forget, and then you walk out with it in your pocket. Well, then it could be inferred that maybe. Even if you didn't have intent, it would seem like you had intent. But here, when you bring everything out in plain sight and go through the check stand and they just forget to ring it up, there's no possible way they could show intent because you did everything you needed to do. You did everything they expected you to do and they presented you with a bill and you paid the bill in full and you left and you did everything as a customer that they asked you to do. It's so not it could your not be job theft. to be, you know, be right. an accountant for, for you know, a billion-dollar company. You don't have this to is write. Just like, this is just like Monopoly. There is a bank error in your favor. <laughs> right. you, know? you don't have but, to. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you guys a theoretical question that I think is kind of related. So let's say you're sitting at home, and, uh, you know, Brandon, you're hanging out with your dog and that kind of stuff, and UPS shows up, and they deliver a nice uh, 4K TV to you. And it's got your name on it, you know, and you didn't order it. What do you do? Do you I, keep it? I would think someone ordered this for me uh, to troll me in some way. I mean, <laughs> if it's if it's delivered and it's in my name, yep. And yeah, I'm going to keep it. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm and and let me it. tell you from a and what about you, Trader Ruski? Would you what would you do? What else a four, would I do? A four K. Well, Trader Ruski, what would you do? Because you kind of disagreed with us on this. You, a 4K TV gets delivered to your door with your in your name, and you know it's coming from Best Buy or something like that. What would you do? You know, I, I'd probably call them and tell them because I think a lot of these scammers too have stuff delivered to other people's houses. Yeah, he's right. Credit cards and right. stuff. Right. So I don't think you want to be involved. You know, then you kept. You know, then they think you're part of the scam. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. That could open up. Yes, I, I agree with Trader Risky on this one. Though, though, I'll tell you something else. Though, uh, I had. It, I've talked about it on the show. I'm not going to rehash the story, but I had an incident with AT and T uh, about a year a year ago where they outright stole a phone from from my dad where where my dad turned it in as far as a, an upgrade program and they and then they didn't give him the upgrade they just screwed him completely and they and wouldn't fix it because I was getting morons on the other end I had to I had to spend about uh, 20 hours on the phone I'm not even exaggerating to get this fixed when I got this fixed um, there was actually an overcredit uh, by by a lot I won't say how much there was an overcredit by a lot okay so I had to spend 20 hours of my time and, and and it was so frustrating. I, I really it was torture, fighting with idiots who were who were obnoxiously telling me we're do nothing. F you, you know, twenty hours I spent on this, and then we got an overcredit. So, um, did I say anything? No. Why? 
because I felt like, I felt like uh, we, we deserved it. I, I felt like after all that e- time and effort that I had to put in to get something that was supposed to go to us in the first place, that when they overcorrected, I, it was it was uh, like like Bill Clinton says, "Don't ask, don't tell." I was not I was no. not going to call up and say maybe they gave us an overcredit no. because of all the trouble. Maybe not. Whatever it was, I wasn't going to ask questions because I right. felt we deserved the overcredit after everything I was put through. Uh, so th- that's that's another you now. If I just got something out of nowhere from from you know that I, that I didn't deserve, like like your your description, like a 4K TV just shows up from Amazon right. that that I don't feel owes me any money. Um, uh, yeah, for Trader Ruski's reason, especially uh, the the whole thing's so weird that uh, number one, it, it could be some kind of credit card fraud ring where they're hoping to steal it from my front door and then didn't get a chance to. Uh, and the second thing is. It, they could really believe I ordered it, and then and then expect me to pay at some point. And then what am well, I supposed here, to say? Here's here's the thing. So this is kind of interesting, and I, and I think it's sort of similar from the point of view that you didn't do anything wrong, like you were saying. Um, you are if you are mailed any merchandise, you are never obligated to return it. Um, and in fact, there's a, a federal law that prohibits the mailing of unordered uh, merchandise to consumers. So legally. You don't have to do a goddamn thing, and it's to prevent businesses. It's actually to protect consumers mm. from businesses that are just going to ship them shit and then demand that they pay for it. Interesting. So if you get no. anything, if you receive <laughs> anything in the mail and it just shows up at your house, you are under zero legal obligation to return it because you didn't do anything wrong. Now, you know what's uh, now, now, PLO, P-L-O-L from the forums has just texted me on the personal line. And he agrees with myself and, and you, Calawat, and you, Druff, and he, but he even has a caveat to it where anything that he, any ill-gotten gains, he said he would get the cash value and then donate it to the Rainbow Flops. <laughs> so that's what he would do with his... Jesus well, Christ. I don't yeah. even know if he's... Well, that's what he said. He's yeah, a good kid. I'm glad to see he's still part Our of them. I, I wasn't sure if he was still part of the Rainbow Flops. Good to see that he's still active. Okay, so... Let, he let me, is, but he's come to like yeah. a... Yeah. The the Jow people they want to talk Jow poker and and yes uh, you know uh, you know how I am with the online poker so I think I'm going to have a nice a nice uh, Hebrew national salami sandwich beautiful. while you do this part okay. is that okay yes beautiful. enjoy the sandwich and uh, right. what kind I'll of bread what kind of bread are you going to use is it wheat bread or I rye, rye bread rye, rye, rye bread, bread. I, I I prefer wheat bread but okay. Okay. Yeah, and by the way, just last thing, if it was like at Ralph's or something where they're charging a ten dollars ten cents a bag. I would not give them the money back and fuck them. Costco's a little different. <laughs> well, they have to charge. Anyway. For the, they have to charge for the bag, though. That's the problem. I know, but they're keeping the money. That's oh, all I, a scam. Oh, I know. I know. It's. it's a, I know. It's a scam. I, I. I. I hated that law. That was, there's so many dumb propositions in California now that that the public are tricked to vote for that they believe they're helping the environment or doing something else that's uh, noble, and they're just helping big corporations. It's very sad, and it's. Uh, it, it's really amazing to me because in many cases. This is so different than what you think. In many cases, those type of propositions are actually backed by the left. And the right, I'm talking politically, the right is saying, no, no, don't vote for these. These are helping corporations. I'm, I'm not kidding. And the left says, no, 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 you vote for them for this reason. And then they get voted for because there's more Democrats in California than Republicans, and they pass. And I'm like, what kind of bizarre world are we living in now that in California there's all these propositions that are passing that are pushed by the left that are helping the big corporations, and the right is saying, no, 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 don't. This is, this is screwing the people. And seriously, on the last ballot in, in 2016, uh, this, there were several of them like this, and I can prove it. So it, it's really weird, but that's a whole different subject. So anyway. Uh, the bag was one of them. You guys want to research the shopping, ba- the ten cents per bag in California? That that's definitely one of them. So, I want to talk about Jow Poker 
which some of you have been waiting for. And if you have been, uh, this is the type of show this is. You never know when uh, we're going to go off on a tangent and take two hours to get to the first topic, which would well, we take an hour and a half. Not as bad as two hours. So, Jow Poker was a new site that popped up last year, I believe. And uh, some of you may not have heard that much about it. I mean, if you've listened to the show, you definitely have. But I'll say one thing for the members of our forum. And that is, we have many different personality types there. Many people who don't get along. Many trolls. Many uh, angry personalities on there. But I'll say one thing for the members of our forum, is that there are not many suckers there. There are very few people who fall for uh, these scams and tricks in poker that are fairly obvious. Like, you, you were never going to have someone on the Poker Fraud Alert forum post, Hey, Jow Poker, it's a great new poker site, multi-level marketing too. You know, sign up here and you can become a representative as well. Like, if someone tried that, they'd get laughed off the site. So is this an update about how Jow Poker is taking the world by storm in, in and is just absolutely crushing it, is meeting all of the expectations of the uh, the fine gentleman that we had on the show a few months ago? Yeah, well, there was, uh, there, there was crushing going on, that's for sure. So on our forum, like the people in our forum would never even get involved with this sort of thing. because I'm talking about just about everybody because they're all pretty savvy. Like, I, I love this about the people who are on the forum and, and also a lot of listeners to this show is that a lot of cynics out there, a lot of people who just really know there's a lot of scams in poker, a lot of shady people and shady sites out there uh, think first, hey, I shouldn't trust something that seems questionable rather than thinking, oh, I bet this will be fine. Like, that, that's just not the crowd we have that's overly trusting. It's the opposite. And that's, that's good. I think that's great. That's the tone the show has, too, obviously. But elsewhere on the web, in social media related to poker, it's very different. And there are many casual players out there who are too trusting and who do fall for these scams and do believe that these are great opportunities. So Jow Poker was something that came out, I think, last year, and it combined two elements that really would lead one to distrust it. Number one... It was a new poker site that took U.S. customers, which is already a bad, bad sign, and, and uh, regulated in Cambodia, supposedly. So right there, just by itself, you, you already have to say, okay, I don't really trust them. But number two, it had a multi-level marketing aspect to it, where if you wanted to be an affiliate, you had to pay $250 to be one. And you could only sign up through an affiliate. There was no such thing as just going to jowpoker.com and signing up as a player. You had to go through an affiliate to sign up. You didn't have to be an affiliate. You didn't have to pay them anything to be a player. But to be an affiliate, you had to pay $250 to enter. And then to sign up, you had to do it through an affiliate. And then it had that same pyramid scheme where everybody used yeah, to sign it up. Was fucking, it was fucking Poker Amway or Avon League. Yeah, it was. And then you yeah, know everybody who I mean? signed up, every, all affiliates that signed up under affiliates, they would get money. But we, we had Ashley Hine, known as Ashley and Ashley, on the show a few months ago. And by then, she had defected. She was once a big proponent of Jow Poker. Not, not because she was a scammer. I mean, she, she seems pretty honest, and she seemed like a good person. That's why when I saw she was involved in it, I said, oh, no. Like, because I, I had interacted with her some prior to that, and I, and I thought she was a good person. And then I saw she was involved with Jow. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And I, I tried to explain it to her, and she wasn't 
having it. She was polite, but she just wasn't agreeing with me. So I gave up. Right. Well, then I was happy months later that she had decided on her own that things weren't right, and she came on here and, and did kind of an expose about a lot of the things that were wrong, including that the, the way the pyramid was formed, uh, it wasn't even – you didn't get the compensation that it seemed you would, the people under you. When they would uh, sign up as affiliates, it would, it would screw you, and also your rake back would screw you. I forgot the exact story. You can go back and listen to it. It was, it was the show that was entitled uh, Asking Action Ashley. But she described several ways that they were deceptive about the whole thing with the multi-level marketing aspect. She had said that personally she didn't pay to get in. She didn't pay the 250 because they wanted her because she had a lot of friends in poker, and she was well-liked, and she was female, so they, they thought she was worth adding to the roster without making her pay, but most people had to pay. Anyway, she, she told us a lot of things that were very interesting about Jow Poker. Well, I hadn't really talked much about Jow Poker, but it came down yesterday that an email went out to players of Jow Poker that it had closed. Now, what do I mean by closed? No, what no, I, come on, Druff. Now, what do I mean by closed? I am fucking shocked. Yeah, what do I mean by closed? Is it possible that maybe they just don't want to do business anymore? Maybe they're afraid of the legal repercussions, and maybe they are ready to pay everybody their balances and, and then quietly go away. Well, let's l- read the email. Email was, Jow Poker closes. This was yesterday, February 20th. We are sad to tell you that to tell you all that Jow Poker is closed. If we have any updates on Jow Poker and members' poker balances, we will let you know in the... And then they gave a link to the community poker chat. Listen to that again. If we have any updates and members' poker balances to Jow Poker and members' poker balances, we will let you know in the Jow Poker community poker chat. That does not sound good. Think about that. They didn't say, we have your money. Uh, we're going to let you know shortly how to claim it. Just, if we have any updates about your balances, we'll let you know. Well, I, I can already give you the update. The update on the amount of money you will claim from them of your balance is... Zero point zero. I mean, I, I can tell you that's what you're going to get. Without any inside information, I can tell you that's what you're going to get. From that wording, I can already tell. That's what you're going to get. Because if they had money to give you, they would say it right now. They would make it very clear, we're not screwing you, you're getting your money. They did not say that. They said, if we have updates about your money, we'll let you know. That's it, we're gone. Well, they claim they're still operating. They said, we are currently moving games to 64spades.com. Please use our bonus code. Uh, Then they give a bonus code to access our private games. Now, you can't transfer your bankroll over. This is just, if, if you want to keep playing, you can go to this other site now where they're good. And I think this is one of these stupid private sites. There's, there's a lot of these out there now. I don't trust them. Where just some guy puts up a poker site, often using the same software we use on the No Fraud Online Poker Room, and they just run it as a real money room. And you, know, you deposit through an agent, and then you cash out through that agent, and you just have to trust they're not going to run off with the money. So these games exist out there. But I, I wouldn't trust them. You just have to trust the person running. It's not going to disappear. So here it looks like they took all your money, and they're saying, hey, you can sign up now to this other site and play our private game and deposit again. That, that's what they're saying. <laughs> so it went on to say, I want to thank you all for the great times we all had at Jow Poker. And uh, we will rebuild 
once something I can't see the rest because it's blocked by the like an arrow from the screenshot. Regards, Samoa Chick, CG Cat Daddy, and my favorite one, Drushbag. <laughs> at, at least Drushbag is living up to his name. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. Like, a, you're, you're being told that they're closing abruptly and they'll let you know about your money. And by the way, even though they've taken your money, uh, sign up for this new site. Uh, regards, Drushbag. So, I mean, obviously the guy was making a play on the word douchebag, but he, yeah, he lived up to it. That's good. That's good. So you may wonder, what does Tam Wen have to say about this? Tam Wen was the manager, one of the managers of Jow Poker. He wasn't the owner, but he's one of the managers. We had him on this show when we first were criticizing Jow Poker last year. We, uh, it, was, it was back in uh, May of 2017 when we criticized Jow Poker. And Tam came on the show and, and very enthusiastically defended Jow Poker and tried to make it sound like it was a great thing. In fact, he left the conversation. We were very respectful towards him during the conversation. We, we thought he was full of shit, but we were, you know, we were respectful and let him have his say. And we didn't come at him too hard. And then he was so convinced when he left, we didn't say we agreed with him or that he changed our mind, but he somehow believed that we, he did. And he was posting that, you know, hey, I want a poker fraud alert, and they, we changed, I changed their mind. They see we're legit. So he was so mad that I posted that I still thought jail poker was shady that he started bashing me. And then he blocked me on Facebook, and uh, he, he was pissed. He really thought he, he, he turned our minds around. But you may wonder, what does he have to say now? Now that this has happened, what does he have to say? Now that the whole thing has fallen apart and stole everyone's money, as was the suspicion last year. See you later, suckers. Close. He wrote, FYI, I don't have anyone's money. I didn't own the site. I was a promoter, not a promoter, but a promoter, and game ambassador like many pros you saw. We are not the poker site's banks. We just promote and get paid. Jow is like any other business. You do well and thrive, or try to do well and can still fail. For those who joined the ride, it was good while it lasted. There are many other sites to promote and play on. Good luck to everyone. Now, here's the problem with the statement. Uh, he was not just a pro who was promoting them. This was someone who was the most vocal defending them. He, was, he, was, he identified himself as one of the managers there when he was on the show. And he was very, very strongly defending them. He was getting in uh, social media battles with people who were bashing Jow Poker. He had very nasty words for people who had been bashing Jow Poker. He took it very seriously. He was getting very, very angry at anyone who questioned the integrity of Jow Poker. So this wasn't just someone who's a paid promoter and promotes them. This, this was someone who was a manager there who, who took it very seriously and very personally when people said... Don't trust them. Well, look, they were right. Jow Poker shut down yesterday and took everyone's money. And now Tam's saying, well, I didn't own it. I don't have your money. I was just a promoter. And that's, that's what they love to do. That's what these people who sign up to be the face of a site or the manager of a shady poker site, before it goes down, like Eric Lynch did this with Lock Poker. Even Fel Helmet did this with UB. Before it goes down, they will defend it. They will promote. They will act like nothing's wrong. They'll treat you like you're crazy when you say that you can't trust the site. They will lie. They will say whatever they can to get more people to sign up and deposit. But when the site runs off with everyone's money and cheats everyone, 
I, I was just a promoter. I was just a site pro. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, this sucks, but I don't have your money. Then you say, okay, well, can you lead us to the person who does? Uh, then they, they never, it's not like they come out and post all the info that they have on the people who they were working for. They, they don't want to do that either. Because they know they were much more culpable than uh, they're letting on. Like, like if, if these people, people like Tam say, okay, well, I didn't do this, but I'm so pissed that this happened. Here's all the info about all the owners. Here's their name. Here's their address. Here's their phone number. Here, here's, here's all the correspondence I had. You know, here, here's, take all this and nail them to the wall. They don't ever do that. Why? Because then the owner will say, wait, wait, wait. You were very involved too. Look what Tam did. And they go, they'll show Tam's guilt in the whole thing too. So at this point, these people just want to run and hide. And that's exactly what he's doing here. So obviously this isn't going over well with people, but I, I don't think Tam cares. I think he was greedy. I think he just uh, he wanted to make his money from this. I don't know how much he made. Uh, Action Ashley, when she was on the show, was saying he was already getting frustrated with them, that they were already screwing him in some way, which isn't surprising. A lot of times you join a shady organization that's screwing the public, and then they screw you and you get mad. And you think, well, well you should have known. Why wouldn't they screw you? So I, I don't think Tam is happy about this. I don't think Tam does have everybody's money. But boy, did he aggressively promote them. He was really, if there was a face of Jow Poker, it was him. So, Well, if there's a face of denial, it was also him as well. That was that too. Yeah. So this is, uh, so that, that's what happened to it. Uh, th- this is what he wrote to another affiliate he was battling with back in September. Now, this other affiliate who was battling with was Shady himself. It was uh, the guy who was associated with Full Flush Poker, which was also a scam. But, but putting that aside, this is what Tam said in September. Uh, don't get what you want in a deal, so you call the poker site a scam. Yes, I fucking shut you down, you cheap, arrogant bastard. Real business people don't call other businesses a scam when a deal's not agreed on. You want free stuff to turn into lots of cash. I turned you away because you have no business sense. Yes, it's me you have in your article about jail poker. Go ahead and post this on your site. Instead of getting a piece of the franchise to make thousands per month, you get nothing from jail poker. All your offerings on your site are the same of other promotions we do every day. Click here and referral code XXX. Fact. So what makes Jow a scam? Nothing. 100% payouts to all players upon request. Most of the payouts are transferred the same day. You clearly are a horrible business person. Can't close a deal. Don't go claiming something you have no proof of. You've never even tried out the site. You have no room to talk. Your accusations are false and your business ethics after partnering up is ridiculous. Uh, fuck uh, you know, this guy's site. Uh, post this all over social media. You are not even in the USA. So he just you know, ripped this person. And, and look, look at the... He was capitalizing a lot of this stuff, like in all caps. Look how emotional he was when someone questioned Jow Poker. Or someone didn't want to like fully go through with a deal with them because they, they started having questions about Jow Poker. I, I, I don't even know what the backstory to this was, but they were battling each other. So uh, this is not a surprise. Now, what happened here? What, why did Jow Poker go down? Because unlike Full Tilt, which blew a lot of its money on expensive advertising and, and, and big payouts to the many, many site pros and part owners... Where did the money on Jow Poker go? I know it wasn't that active, so they probably weren't bringing in that much aside from the affiliate money. But how are they losing money? How, well, and, and where did all the player money go? Well, first of all, when these sites close, it always... Champagne, be- parties, yeah, probably. chicks, when strippers. These, when yeah. these sites close, it always means they're flat broke. They, they never close and say, well, we're out of operational money, so we're closing 
come get your balances in full. That never happens. That never happens. They, they will spend all the player money first. And when I say they, I mean any of these types of sites. They will spend all the player money before closing. So first they'll spend their operational money. Then when that's gone, they'll start to spend the player money. And then when that's gone, then they have no more funds to operate with. Then they just shut down. The only way they stay open is if they, can, if they still have a small positive cash flow and, and they can still at least keep the site running. And, and maybe process a few cash-outs here and there while delaying everyone. By the way, there were complaints uh, a, w- a few weeks before this that they weren't processing any cash-outs. They were delaying people. Big shock. So when they shut down, it's not because they just gave up and they're going to give you your money. It means they spent all the money they had, including yours. But I, I really do think that they were taking profits. And when it wasn't being profitable enough, they were just taking it out of the player money. And I, if I had to guess what happened, it was probably generating very little in rake because the games weren't going that actively. And there's mostly micro limits, so the rake can't be that large. And the main money they were making was this uh, $250 to sign up as an affiliate. And you know, once they got the affiliates at the beginning, uh, th- that money stopped coming in. It's one of these things you're going to get a lot at the beginning and it's going to die. So it was probably making very little, maybe even losing money after uh, uh, a while. And they, they kept open for some time and, until they ran out of money completely, including the player money, and then they had to shut down. That, that's always the way this goes. So, as I said at the time, never, ever, ever trust a new poker site that is U.S.-facing. Because if they are willing to violate the law to the point where they're going to offer a U.S.-facing online poker site, these are usually not very honest people you're dealing with. Not that it's terrible to offer U.S. players poker, but if they're willing to take that chance to break the law like this, where these sites, you know, they do come after them sometimes, as we've seen. If they're willing to do it, this is probably the type of person who is used to committing crimes. That's why they're not that scared of the consequences. They're willing to take the risk to go to prison because they've been there before. Or they're used to operating some kind of scams. So if they're willing to do it, then that probably means they're also willing to screw you. Not always, but usually. Furthermore, sometimes they can have great intentions, and then the business doesn't go well, and at that point it takes a very moral person to say, well, we're out of operational funds, we're just going to shut down and give the players their money. Very, very hard for most of these poker site operators to do. I've never even seen it. I've never seen it once where a site shuts down and says, we're giving you your money back, except maybe if it's a site that uh, is part of a larger corporation where they're obviously not going to harm the larger corporation and then they'll shut down, or if they're regulated in some way, like with a real regulation. But I've never seen it where an unregulated site like this that stands on its own just says, hey, we're going to do the right thing and shut down and just give everyone their money back. They, they always steal the money on deposit in an attempt to survive. So... That's why I've said don't trust those. And furthermore, multi-level marketing is something you should never trust. That always has an element of scamming or deception to it. Because the whole point of multi-level marketing is to sell someone the opportunity to sell. And the end product is usually junk or very flawed or overpriced. I'm talking about all multi-level marketing, not just uh, this. But this was combining two very suspicious premises. And that is a U.S.-facing online poker site that paid you through PayPal, and multi-level marketing. That was not a good combo as far as trusting them. 
So I was sure this day was coming eventually. I remember asking you if you were going to invest in Jow Poker. And you're like, no. <laughs> so this makes the interviews we had in the past with Tam and with Action Ashley more interesting. Oh, my God. I mean, if we were prepared, we would have gone through that interview with him and, and played sound clips as <laughs> as we're reading their demise story. Yeah, I mean, this this uh, it's not surprising. It's not like, oh, wow, if we only knew then. Like, we knew this day was coming. I, I didn't know when, but I knew this day was coming. And what I was saying to people mm-hmm. is at the time when we had these interviews, they were paying people. who were. But I said, this could end any time, and you can't trust it. If you If in the short term you want to play with a small amount of money and take that chance, fine. But any day they can just disappear, and it wouldn't be surprising. And that's ultimately what's going to happen to them, and that is what happened. And they didn't even last a year, it seems. I first heard of them. I don't know how long they've really been up. I first heard of them in May. It is now February. It's been nine months since I heard of them. And there, there was a lot of controversy around Jow Poker when these affiliates were posting on various Facebook groups and trying to get others to drink the Kool-Aid. There were major battles that went on on groups like uh, Real Grinders and, and other groups. There was a... like like major fights people had with each other because the ones who were promoting Jow Poker just took it so personally if, if uh, Jow was criticized. And th- there's always kind of a, a a little bit of a cult mentality to all these multi-level marketing programs to where if someone pushes their multi-level marketing program and then you respond saying, yeah, this looks like a scam, the person gets really, really mad for, I think, a few reasons. But th- among them... Number one, they really want to believe in it. They really think they're going to get rich in this, and they don't want to hear something that contradicts that in their mind. And second, they have chosen to attach themselves to it. So if you're saying it's a scam, it's almost like calling them a scammer or calling them a sucker. And nobody likes to be called either of those things. So well, that, it was one or the other. And, and I see this type of crap on my Facebook all the time unrelated to poker, about uh, multi-level marketing, weight loss programs and other BS, and, and I don't try to criticize them or get involved because there's no point. Uh, it's different when it's just some personal friend or, or, or acquaintance that on my Facebook that's post, posting some weight loss program. I'm not going to get in battles with them about it being a scam. If it's someone I don't like that's like a friend of a friend posting it, I'll usually make a comment. But uh, you know, I'm not going to offend everybody. The people who get involved in this are typically not scammers. Often the managers are and the owners are, but the lower-level people are usually just regular Joes who are tricked into believing this is going to get them rich. So I don't get mad at these people. I just feel bad for them, and I, I kind of want to see them stop. But you can't reason with them. You, you try to tell them why it's a scam and why what they're pushing, it's never going to work out for them, and it's just going to screw everybody. And, you, and they, they give you every reason that they were already you know, it was already loaded into their head as a response at these different uh, training exercises they did, whether live or online. And uh, and they tell you why you're wrong, and they get very, very angry at you. I mean, if you want the person to hate you, then go ahead and do it. <laughs> but uh, it's... this Jiao was definitely one of them, and it was very clear what this is going to happen. So, of course, those that were bashing Jiao are now dancing the victory dance and are very proud of themselves for having called this. And I understand that. When you've had someone calling you an idiot last year for saying Jow Poker's a scam and it's going to rip everyone off, and you had 
very confident people telling you, no, you're wrong, you're, you're a dumbass, you don't know what you're talking about, then the next year when you turn out to be right, yeah, of course you want to uh, rub it in their face. So we knew this was coming. And what you may not know is coming, however, is the fact that I was sent the phone number of the owner of Jow Poker. Oh, my. <laughs> Who is going to be uh, calling him? Is it going to be Chico Loco, pissed about his funds that are trapped? Or? <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, i go get this now. Let me find where this is. Oh, by the way, Trap, I'm not going to be able to make your uh, pampered chef party on Saturday. <laughs> but I'll uh, maybe I'll come to the next one. So you can come to the Avon party instead. All right, that sounds good. Now, has Ken Scaler gotten involved in any of these over the years? No, he's he's worked for telemarketing companies that are kind of shady, but uh, he has not. What the hell happened here? This is wow. I don't know how this occurred. This is crazy. Okay, this is unbelievable. I uh, let's, let's see if. It, no, you lost the number? Well, this wasn't my fault. Listen to this one. This is so oh weird. Oh, my God. Listen, listen. this is so weird. I, I, I had no way to predict this was going to happen. So, by the way, I know some other people have it, including some who may be listening live. If you have the number of the Jow Poker owner, then please uh, um, send it to me. So this is what happened. Someone... Is this thing off? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, do you have the number of the Jow Poker owner? Yeah, by I'm oh. eating my sandwich. I didn't want to talk on okay. the thing, but of course I got it. Okay, okay. Uh, let, me, let me tell you what happened here. Um, it doesn't matter what happened, but listen, do I always have the numbers, yes or no? Yes, I didn't expect you to have this one, but good. Uh, I have all the other no, ones. No, it, it, right? it's an interesting story what happened, why I couldn't get it. It wasn't the typical story. Find it. Uh, this guy named Alex Lombardo, also known as Sonny, he, uh, not Sonny from the PFA forum, he was the one I thought may have died in that helicopter crash in the Grand Canyon because he, he had just been, he, he was flying with that company as a tour guide and he had just fl- flown with them three days beforehand on a very similar trip, but he wasn't mm-hmm. on that one that crashed. Anyway, he runs this group on Facebook called The Grind. And, you know, he and I have always been very friendly. And now, hold on. Are we talking about Zhao Jason Song? Yes. That number? Yeah. All right, nine eight zero. Wait, no, don't say it out here. I, 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 because I don't want someone calling him first. That's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh no. So, so, so this, this is what happens. So, so, so this guy he runs this group, the Grind, on Facebook. We're not that very, not that large of a group, but he told me, "Hey, if you ever want to advertise Poker Fraud Alert's show on our group, on the Grind, yeah, you know, feel free to do so." And I said thanks. Then I didn't take him up on it for a few weeks. Like uh, I, I just wasn't doing it. I, I, I post when the show's going to go. I post it in Real Grinders, and they're very respectful of it. And they, they they never give me a hard time about it. And even on this other group called Cash Poker with a K, uh, they're also uh, they're they're competing with Real Grinders. Those two groups hate each other. But Cash Poker, they also let me do it and don't complain. Uh, but the grind where I was in fact invited to do it and hadn't taken them up on it today because I knew there was a lot of interest. In Jow Poker, because it's uh, Alex Lombardo, he was one of the people who was really, really fighting against Jow. He hates them. He was the one who brought my attention to it. He, he's, he had many battles with Tam Wen about this whole thing. I thought, okay, if there's any group where people are going to want to hear this show, it's that one. So today, I posted about this show. And even mentioned we're going to be talking about Jow Poker. So I did that. Again, he had invited me to do this. I wasn't spamming with that permission. Uh, he invited me to do this. I just went over to 
the group to go get the phone number which was posted in there. And I, I didn't bother to save it in my you know, save it anywhere because I figured I could just go to the group and reference it. I've been kicked out of the group. <laughs> Presumably for spamming. Mm. I mean, they, so I'm told by the owner of the group, come here and post about Poker Fraud Alert Show whenever you want. I post and they kick me out for spamming. I mean, what the hell? Mm. So maybe he has like a co-admin who didn't know I was invited. I don't know what the hell happened. But what, what well, the hell that's is That's probably what it is. What a joke. So, okay, but, but uh, thankfully we have Brandon around and Brandon has the number. Uh, so, uh, I'm almost done with the sandwich. That's fine. No, this is pissing me off. Okay, so I, I'm going to read some texts. Hold on. Do you want me to? How do you want me to do it? Do you want me to text you right now? Yeah, text, call yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, text me right now. Here's some texts we got. 775-372-8355 is our text number. 775-372-8355. Text me anytime before, after, or during the show, 24-7. But make sure to say before the text, you know, before you begin, that you don't want me to read it on the air. Otherwise, I might. From the 505 area code. Uh, I am also a master negotiator to the point my friend refers to me as a Jew. I've gotten free meals from Yelp reviews. When possible, I'd like to call about a Yelp review I left with the, o- with the owner DMing me snarky messages that I used as pictures for the restaurant under Yelp. <laughs> That's funny. So the, the restaurant owner uh, sent him angry messages privately, and then he just posted them on Yelp as, as pictures of the restaurant. So the owner looks bad. The owner's pretty much drawing dead when they get a bad review on Yelp. The smartest thing to do as an owner, if, if people write bad reviews is one of two things. Either pro- apologize profusely, even if you think you're not in the wrong, or just don't answer. If you get in a battle publicly out there, you're going to lose. Uh, and don't ever like send private messages to the reviewer and bash them. It, it never ends out. Uh, well. F- from the 513, uh, someone asking me, can you get me in the tournament? Oh, sorry, too late. <laughs> uh, that, that was my busted groan. Oh, Cal Watt's not going to win this time. Nope. 18th. Amazing. Out. Done. E- even with the generous pay structure this time, he will not make it. Top nope. seven. Uh, let's see here. From the 215, how can I listen live from an iPhone? Well, hopefully he's figured it out because... Call to listen line? Is uh, that queuing your... That's one of them. There's, there's two ways. Two ways to listen live from an iPhone. <laughs> Uh, so seven one two seven seven five eight one six two. The call listen line will work, uh, or you can just go to the radio page and click on the link for the iPhone. It actually says you know for iPhones and iPads, click on this link and you can just listen. It'll it'll play through your iPhone, and we've had this for six years. So that's that's the way you can listen live for the iPhone. Uh, now, from the 470, this person is talking about TMML Gay, who hasn't called this week, but he said that he does not believe that TMMLK is Asian. He said this. Uh, he said, TMMLK is not Asian. I'm Asian, and I know accents. I said, well, what if he's a Canadian Asian who was born there? Which, you know, he is a Canadian Asian, provided he's really Asian. He's from Canada. He's from Toronto. He said, all Asians have an accent. This is from another Asian. I can tell if someone's faking an accent. He was too slow, referring to when he was uh, speaking Chinese last week. And his accent is like he's reading and learning, wasn't natural. He might just be a regular Canadian. Uh, all Asians don't lose their accent at that age. I can understand he's 14 years old. Well, anyway, good show. I've been listening and just been off the radar. Now, I will agree that there are some American-born Asians where I can still tell on the phone if they're Asian. There are some 
that they don't have like the stereotypical Asian accent, but I can still tell in their voice, maybe just from being around a lot of Asians and their parents and all that, I can still tell in their voice that they're well, Asian. If you've been here for like three or four generations, you're going to sound like anybody else, man. But, no, but there are some that, that have been that I can, I can still tell, but there are some I can't. There are some that I, I would never be able to tell on the phone uh, whether they're Asian or whether they're white. So that yeah, it probably depends on whether their family has, you know, had them learn Chinese growing up. Yeah, it could be. I've never been able to figure out quite what it is. There's some that like they don't have an accent so much, but I can just tell in the way they speak that. Yeah, no, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, like for there, sure. Like there's been. I remember when I called party lines. I had that where there was some girl like who who did had no accent. But I'd say, you're Asian, right? And they say, how do you know? How can you ever tell me? I said, I, I can just tell. But there have been And then some, you hung up on them because yeah, you don't like them. No, no. So, um, anyway, this guy's claiming, as an Asian himself, that he does not believe TMLK is Asian. I'm still not convinced. I, I still, I had to guess, I had to say TMLK is at least half Asian. Well, whatever he was, like I, you know, I know a little bit of Chinese, and whatever it was, he's definitely not a native speaker. Because I mean, the the person that uh, that wrote in is definitely right. Like his, you know, the Ow. the the way that he said, you know, Xinyan Kuala is not the way that a an Asian or Chinese person would say it. Now, Let's just put it that way. Am I on the air? Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Kalawat. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go get another dill pickle. But I wanted to let you know I sent you the the phone number, I but I have it. one uh, small small request. Yes, if someone indeed does answer, in honor of it being twenty years today that the group you uh, are, you, are you familiar with you know uh, any rap groups at all? Yes. What what rap groups are you? I mean, do you like any rap groups? Not really, but I'm familiar you with know Vanilla Ice. Yeah, no. <laughs> do, do you know? Have you ever heard of the rapper? called Ghostface Killer? Yes. Okay. In honor of Wu-Tang being 20 years old today, if anyone does answer, will you just at least, like, in your best rap voice, use the term Ghostface Killer at least once for me? Like, like during the call, right? Yeah, right, right. Okay, so I'll, 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 slip it, I'll slip it in. I'll slip it in. I'll slip it in somehow. Okay. All right, I sent you the number. It's on text. I'm, yeah, gonna, I, I'm I almost it. done with the meal. I'm gonna, I, have a, I, have a, I have a slice of uh, New York cheesecake, but with real... Ricotta cheese. Have you have any of you ever had one of these before? No. Like with the real ricotta cheese, not the fake shit. Oh, you know what I mean. Like have. the cream cheese. Oh no, I, I probably did. I probably have had that. Yeah. Well, uh, Calawat, have you? Calawat. Yeah. Say it again. All right. Have it, you it, ever had New York cheesecake with real ricotta cheese in it? Yeah, like for real, sure. Real, re- amazing stuff, right? Yeah. Traderuski, have you? It's the best, absolutely. All right, very good. All right, I'll be back. Thank you for keeping the ball rolling. And now, how are the ratings uh, by chance? Let me see. They, they, they were good before. Go? They were good before. Let's see. They they hit a peak and, and now they're starting to slide. But it's, you know, I think some oh, of this no. has to do, no. But it's still decent. I, I think some of this had to do with the fact that it's getting late already in the East Coast. It's one forty in the East Coast, so that's it. Already okay. starts to decline as we get to around this time, and then once it gets to after midnight Pacific, it's really much lower. But that's understandable. Now, can you, before I forget, because sometimes I forget these things, can you add to the list of things to talk, talk about, at least, at least even briefly, about the one guy on the private plane, remember that we, oh, you know, yeah, we used yeah. to do business yeah, with? I, maybe after this call. That's, that's can... no, it's, it's newsworthy, yeah. whether we like it or not, it is. Yeah, maybe after this call we'll talk about it. Okay, okay all right, I'll be cha- back. I sent you the number, buddy. Yeah, there's good a good luck. chance this guy won't answer. We'll see. Here it goes. 
trying to complete the call. I think what Skype does is when it just freezes. It does this sometimes, where you just... You have it try to make a call, and it just sits. It doesn't, like, not go through, it just sits. Okay. Uh, the call failed, which may mean it's just disconnected. So what we're going to have to do here is I'm going to have to... I'm going to do this the alternate way. By calling into uh, the show with my own cell phone. And then what I'm going to do is uh, call on three-way from my cell phone, and then we'll get more information. Skype is just funny. Like, if something goes wrong in any way trying to make the call, it just freezes like that and then just hangs up. So the only way to get more of an answer here about what happened is to directly download the show from my cell phone and then complete the call with my cell phone. That's the backup plan here. For once, I just love to call one of these numbers and get the person. We've, we've been kind of unsuccessful with that recently. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to add this number here. Make sure I should block my caller ID so they can't see it. What happened here? One second here. Such a pain. Okay, I think it's calling now. Welcome to Verizon Wireless. Ah, boy. Oh, it's been changed. Hold on a second. Hold on. So it's been changed. Um, Let's get the new number. Brandon, are you still listening? He's having his cheesecake. I'm going to put Brandon to work. I don't want to freeze the show while I'm listening to what it's been changed to. I was going to put Brandon to work to call it, see what it's been changed to, and and, uh, message me the new one if there is one. I'll do it if you want to talk while you uh, you send it to to Miss Skype. I'm here. I'm here. You want to call it yourself and tell me what's changed here? You want Calwatt to do it? uh, Is it going to give you the number what it changed It it might. I, I hung up before it gave it. Oh, yeah, give it this Callow, of okay, course. That's okay, fine. I'm, I okay. got food in my mouth. I'm okay. listening from a distance. Okay, I sent, I sent it to him. I sent it to him. I, I just for once want to get through to one of these things, you know? I just, for once, I just want someone to answer and we can screw with them. I just, that's all I want. I just, I just right, want. I'll be right back doing my recon work. I, I, I love screwing with and cameras. And Druff, can you put it in so, like, that manager guy that we had on the show's calling him? No. I don't remember his number. I wish I remembered his. That would be a good. Uh, Good one. I'm not even sure. Let me think. No, that would be hard to do with my cell phone and then connect it on. That's that's. I'd have to put more preparation. That's a great idea, but I'd have to put more preparation into this to, to be able to both spoof the caller ID and connect it to the show. I could do one or the other. I could spoof caller ID and I can connect it to the show, but to do both, to connect into the show and spoof the caller ID is, is more difficult. That requires some preparation. Great idea, though. I mean, if he, th- if he thought Tam was calling him. Though he, though he may not answer Tam's call. Tam is pissed off, I'm sure. This is uh, this really is the case of like uh, someone who was knowingly promoting something that was a good chance to be a scam 
and then got screwed themselves. The number you dialed has been changed, disconnected, or is oh. no longer in service. Mm. If you feel you have reached this recording in error, please check the number and try your call again. Announcement to switch one three nine dash one zero one. Shit out of luck, Trump. Is is that ending really necessary? Announcement two three switch. What? Why switch? Why? Why is it switch? Why? Why isn't that just two three one nine zero one? Why switch? And what does that even mean? I, I know what a, a telephone switch is, but a, I, I've never heard of announcement number two three switch one nine seven one. But that's a very like eighties sounding message. They they used to have those sometimes at the end of you know where you'd hear those. Not the standard phone company error message where you go doo, doo, doo. the number you have reached has been disconnected or no longer in service like you wouldn't hear it at the end of that usually but you'd hear it if you used like an alternate long distance company back in the 80s like mci back when they were small and something went wrong with a call it's a message 2ad the authorization code you have dialed is invalid it would be something like that i haven't heard that in a long time Sounds almost like he was using. Uh, a it sounds phone. like this guy changed his number and got the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. <laughs> well, so here's the problem. Whenever we call one of these numbers, where we're calling someone that everyone was likely to be pissed at at some point recently, they're not just like dodging us; they're dodging everyone. So, oh, absolutely. And and obviously, if this number was posted up on the grind and, and Brandon had it, this obviously wasn't a secret. So, uh, he must have known that everyone was going to hammer his phone as soon as this went down. So he probably got so many uh, copies of Joe Seabox cock on that phone. You know, <laughs> so, people got the number and just started throwing dicks at it. Yeah, it's like whenever there's like a big story in the news and uh, that portrays someone or some business negatively, and then we get the number, and I'm like, I don't even want to try to prank them because either they're going to change their number or they're going to be expecting the call and hang up immediately the second something sounds weird. the The best prank calls come when the one you're calling doesn't know it's coming. And uh, th- that's why I like pranking these these scammers that call people pretending to be Dell, the IRS, because they really expect the ones who are calling them back are are, are victims, are, are people they can victimize. The, those are good to screw with. But uh, anyone that's already getting a lot of angry or prank phone calls is, is not going to be very funny here because they're going to have very low tolerance or just change their number. Well, it was a good try. If anyone gets the new number for – which I, I might as well give out the old one at this point – I just didn't want you guys. I wasn't trying to protect the person. I just didn't want you guys, anyone calling and warning him. It's a nine eight zero three one two four three five two. That was the number, which. Uh, now, what about our buddy Tam Wynn? Do you think he might want to go on record? Let me see if I can. Get you got his number. Let me see if I can find this. He may have sent it to me on. Uh, let me see. I, I bet know. you Action Ashley would have it. Oh, hey, hold on. Let me look here. I'm, I'm looking at messages he sent to me. See, you know, Twitter's going crazy. I just saw it and then it disappeared. I talked with him on Twitter in, in May. Here it is. I have it. So we're going to try to call him. Try him. Yeah, I'll try him. Uh, and he, just be like, you know, hey, you want to go on record? Uh, we heard uh, Jow Poker is closing. You got anything you want to say? That's no? very much like our show. Let's Let's do it. Maybe he just disconnected his number, too. Now, this number I have for him is nine months old, so that could be gone. Now, this, this is also just sitting there. It's not a good sign. <laughs> what, they give out a manual on what to do? 
told everyone to just ditch your number and go into hiding? I, I think it's kind of a natural thing to do at this point. Do an automatic voice uh, message system four zero. Okay. So he just turned off his phone. <laughs> He's probably getting a million calls too. He's not quite ready to All disconnect, right. but uh, he just turned it off. Let's go down the list. What about Ashley? I don't want to bother Ashley, but she had already defected by that point. She came on here. Is, she, Ashley has a family and all that. Like, Tam, I don't care about bothering. Like, I wouldn't be. Yeah, she might want to go on record, though, you know? I, you, I, you just don't want to cold call her. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to message right. her. I'll message her right. and see if she wants to come on. Yeah, I, I send her a text. I, she, she's know? in Texas. It's after midnight. She's a mom, so she has a few kids. So I, I don't know if she's even up yeah, now, and, so. and she's someone I wouldn't <clears> want to wake. Tam, I don't care about waking. <laughs> yeah, send her a text, and if she's awake, she'll, she may call you. You never know. Okay, so I sent her a message. Would you like to come on Poker Fraud Alert? We'll see if she's even around. So that's that's the story. Uh, beware of any of these type of sites. Beware of these private sites. This wasn't quite a private site, but anything that is U.S.-facing now that isn't large, be aware that they may... You know, that's what on. we should have asked fucking Joe Ingram when we had him on. Be like, hey, what do you think about this Jow poker thing? Well, he doesn't know. I'll tell you, he didn't know what it was. He he messaged me today on Twitter. He responded to me on Twitter saying, what is Jow poker? And I said, well, you probably don't want to know. But if you do, here's the link to the thread. So he knew nothing about it. He had never heard of it. He was actually curious as to what it was. So that's funny you mentioned him. Uh, so, he had another brick in the wall of scam poker sites. Oh, yeah. There's been so many. It's obscene. You know, this is getting to be like the sports betting world. The, the list of scam sports betting sites that went down over the years is insane like like a i think in like the high 90s percentage of far as as far as sites that closed and screwed people of ones that have existed in the last 20 years even the last 10 years they just pretty much any sports book that started up that wasn't large screwed people and, and several that were large screwed people so that that was they even have a worse record in, in sports than in poker as far as screwing people. So these that's hard to do. Yeah, it is hard to do. But it was amazing. Like I would go through a, a sportsbook review, which is a website, and you go through their ratings of sites from A to F, and there's tons of Fs on there. Just most of them are F F F F F F F F F F F, and they're pretty generous with their ratings. Like there can be a site that's barely paid anyone in like two years, and they'll get like a C plus. So to, so to get an F, you have to just really have just either stopped paying completely over a long period of time or closed up shop. And it's 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 just about all Fs on there. Mm. If anything, like they will give ratings that are too generous sometimes because these sites will sponsor them. So you can't you can't completely trust sports. Yeah, I was review. about to say an, an F is probably that they're not not paying their advertising. Well, I'll, I'll well I'll say this with them: they don't have any false negatives I've known of. They have some false positives. But if they're giving it F, then it's it's a serious F. Yeah, forget if, it. If they're even giving like a C, <laughs> it means it's somewhere between a C and an F. That's really what that means. It's it's never they give someone a C and they deserve an A. That's never happened once there. So anyway, we'll move on. If uh, if anybody can come up with the actual phone number currently of the Jow Poker owner, even if you get this in the archives and we need to do it next week, tell me. I, I really want to call the guy, and I don't care what time of night it is. I don't care if we bother him. Anyone like that, I'm, I'm happy to disturb. So, where's where's he based? Don't even know that. Though I, I know he was, he had some association with Minnesota, 
because at some point uh, he had some kind of real estate deal over there that went bad, and he already had that bad reputation. <laughs> that, that was that was reported by uh, Bicycle Kick, who's a longtime Minnesota poker player. His name is Brian Clark, and uh, he's a limit hold'em player from Minnesota. I mean, I, he's been around for over a decade, and so he said that he knows someone personally who got screwed by the owner of Jaw Poker. So th- this was still a third-hand story, but I believe it. Like, like uh, Bicycle Kick doesn't just make stuff up like that. That's just never been his style. So he definitely knew someone who really told him a story about uh, uh, a bad real estate deal involving Jason Song. So let's move on here. Who's, who's leading the free roll right now? This big free Who's in first at the moment? Can you see, or are you, you out by now? Oh, let me let me check. Oh, Trader Ruski is. <laughs> For real? For real, I'm, I'm holding it down for you. Wow. Oh, my goodness. No, no wonder he's been so quiet. Okay, so Bring it home, Trader Ruski. What do people say, though, if last week Calwatt won, and then Eric Benzabo can finish fourth, and then this week, if Trader Ruski wins, can you imagine the, the new conspiracies? Yeah, Trader Ruski, uh, or sorry, uh, Eric Benzamokin busted a long time ago in this one. That's good. Eric Benzamokin, he's such a nice guy that he was he was saying, you know, he doesn't want to play in this one because he's afraid people will think that, that, that there's some you know something going on and he's afraid of collusion talk. And I said, no, this was never aimed at you. This was uh, this was just like aimed at regular players. And I said, everybody actually really appreciates that you've been so generous. Oh, and, Trader Ruski, yeah, he's got a more than a two-to-one chip lead over second place. Wow. So I t- Trader Ruski is just crushing. Hmm. So I told Eric go ahead and play, and uh, I insisted that he play, and I insisted that uh, you know I want I wanted everybody here who normally plays to play. It and, is suspicious if the hosts you know end up winning like yeah, back to back. I, I know that'd be horrible. Like a, for, first you win two hundred dollars, and then and then Trader Risky wins two hundred dollars. Like what are, what's going to happen here? At least you gave yours back, yeah. but uh, I was going to say it's hard to hard, hard to cry foul when someone just redonates it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so, I'm deep in a uh, Bovada tournament on the other computer too. So I'm wow, you know maybe that's it. Maybe because uh, Trader Ruski has been uh, playing so many tournaments lately, and he's getting better and better. Maybe he's just become a tournament crusher, and we're going to see that uh, Trader Ruski is the new unexpected star. And maybe at the World Series, he's just going to kill it this year. And people say, "Who is this guy? Where did he come from?" Maybe maybe Trader Ruski will win the seniors event. Yeah, I got to put that on my. Uh poker listings that I if I take down this tournament, you know. Yeah, maybe maybe this, poker fraud now how many are left in this how many are left in the uh, what have you? So it looks like let me take a look. I got it up right here somewhere. Looks like we have eleven left, so we're gonna go to one table pretty soon. Wow. Oh, you're still in it, Kalawat? I am not in it, but Trader Ruski is the overwhelming chip leader. And then this can just get redonated again. <laughs> Jesus no, Christ. Trader well, Ruski's no, going to take he, this shit. Let me tell you, he's I taking it home. He, no, he's he's taking yeah. it home and then bringing it to Costco. Yeah, he has. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to who's, who's the most uh, notable name, uh, Kalawat, in your opinion? Notable, notable name that's still in the tournament? Notable yes. in what way, though? Notable, like they've been on the forum the longest amount of time. Whether well, I'll poster. tell you what, I mean, it's interesting. Bobby Orr, who apparently is the first time he's ever played one of these fucking things, he's second in chips to Trader Ruski, hmm. like really close second too. Hmm. Well, at least it's at what least about like Willie Stoll or PLOL, One Step, any of those characters. No, nah, none of those guys. We got Mud Butt, who apparently was like banned and then let in again. <laughs> 
Uh, San Lamar, Sam Sneed, Splat. Uh, Never heard of any of them. Zach Nuts. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, yeah, I'd say Trader Ruski and Bobby Orr. Uh, uh, the, the Nuts, the, the, the K Nuts, there, he was actually uh, one of the people who was banned and let back in, too. So there's oh, him, and then there's, rough. there's a lot of questions. That there's need a lot to be of questions. There's a lot of questions. Tournament. Now, Sam Sneed, I, I know who he is, and I, mean, I don't know him personally, but I've, he's been a while around a while, and he, he's not accused of any wrongdoing, at least. All right, so the PPA, the Poker Players Alliance, I, I've had my issues with them over the years. Uh, Rich Muni is, uh, he's been associated with them for a long time. And he's, he's currently the executive director. He was the vice president for many years. He was on the show before defending the PPA. Uh, my issues with the PPA, this is a lobbying group that goes back many years, I think back since 06. And their mission at the time was to make online poker legal in the U.S. And you think, okay, that's, that's a noble mission. What could be wrong with that? The problem was that I did not like the way they went about it. Uh, they were given a lot of money every year by the major poker sites, Full Tilt, Poker Stars mainly. I mean, a lot of money. To where Rich Muni quit his uh, semi-lucrative engineering job to do this full-time as a, as a paid lobbyist. And John Pappas, same thing. I don't know what his job was beforehand. but uh, there, So there were guys who were working full-time on the PPA and getting paid for it with money that was provided by the large poker sites. And number one, I didn't like their tactics. Their tactics were basically to keep pressing for poker to be seen as a game of skill. And that's, that's why it should be legal. And you may think, oh, that's, that's, that's a good argument. Well, that's a good argument if you know a whole lot about poker. But for, if you try to press the poker isn't gambling line to anyone aside from people who play poker, you'll get laughed at. Everyone sees poker as gambling. In fact, I'm a poker player myself. I, I still think it's gambling. It's skilled gambling, but it's gambling. If you don't think it's gambling, then explain how amateurs ever win tournaments. It explains how amateurs ever get deep in tournament fields. Explain how amateurs who are much worse than the rest of the table will sometimes have winning cash sessions against all pros. How, how can that happen if it's not gambling? So, like, like, you know, take a game that's, that's fully skilled. Let's see if I, if I were to play chess against the Grandmaster in chess, uh, would I ever win? No. If I were to get on the basketball court and play one-on-one with LeBron James or, or any NBA player, even the worst NBA player in the league right now, I would lose every time. So, but, but yet, if I were an amateur poker player and, and played against the best poker player in the world, I would lose most of the time, but there would be some times I would win. So, especially if it's in a tournament, a multi-table tournament, where it's not heads up. So, uh, there's gambling in poker. It's skilled gambling. And you'll never convince the general public, you'll never convince politicians as a whole, that it's a skill game. So, for that reason, it needs to be legal and treated differently than other forms of gambling. I understand the argument, but most will not. Most who are not involved with poker will not. And this is what they hitched their wagon to for year after year after year and failed Year after year after year. It's not like I didn't agree and it was successful. So notice here, they started in 06. Uh, We're in 2018. Is online poker legal federally? No. What legalized online poker can you play in the U.S.? Well, you can play on a few fail sites in a few small to medium-sized states. Basically, uh, uh, Nevada, New Jersey, and Delaware. And, And that's it. That's where you can play online poker at the moment, legally, on a few fail sites. That's, that's how far we've come in 12 years. 
All that money, that's all that it has uh, resulted. But my other problem with them was that, well, one of my other several problems with them, it was that I didn't believe that they could represent the people fairly, as they, they claimed they were for the people, they were grassroots, they were representing poker players. How could they be doing that if the big online poker sites are the ones uh, funding them? So to me, it seemed like that there, anything they would try to do would be only things that could benefit poker stars in full tilt. That that was first and the players were second. Because if they did something that would help the players but not poker stars in full tilt, such as you know passing a bill that would make online poker legal but shutting out the, ones that, the existing online poker sites that weren't legal, shutting them out completely, I couldn't see the PPA ever agreeing to that or proposing it or pushing that because that would be screwing their sponsors. And I yeah, and if you're down on your knees blowing someone, you're probably going to give them some some favors, right? Right. That's, that's a, a good analogy. Well, so, yeah. But another way to look at it is, oh, what happened here? I, it just goes to show huh? what a person you are. I got no tone. Jesus, my phone's rough. It's still. Oh, I'm sorry. I got it. This always happens. Jesus Christ. Sorry. Go on. I apologize. Okay. So this. You know, there's even a person on the forum named I Got No Toe now. This is really catching on somehow. But <laughs> there really is. There's a person on the forum named I Got No I know. Toe. I know. <laughs> so so uh, there, there is – so anyway. And that's not – it's not me. I swear to no, you. No, it's not. It's not, it's not, it's not knows who it is. It's, it's not me. It's not Brandon. It, it is not Brandon. I'll guarantee you that. So the PPA website, the PPA.org, they, they have a, an admission up there. That things aren't going very well. Why? Because Poker Stars, you know, Full Tilt obviously is giving nothing anymore. They don't exist. Poker Stars was the only one still supporting them. They were getting 99% of all their funding, even though they, they were supposedly player supported and asking for donations. Those donations were crap. They were getting 99% of their money from online poker sites uh, pre Black Friday. After Black Friday, they, they had reduced money, but they were still getting money from Stars, who was hoping that the PPA could assist them in becoming legal in the U.S. But Stars is beginning to push away from the whole we want to serve the legal U.S. market because they see it's not really going anywhere. They see the sites they do put up, like the one in New Jersey, are not doing as well as expected. Uh, the whole process is so slow. They're, they're getting very frustrated with the U.S. market, and they're thinking that uh, it's just not a worthy usage of their lobbying dollar anymore. They're, they're, they're beginning to realize that the PPA basically isn't accomplished anything it never has. Even the state online poker rooms, that was not the work of the PPA. That was the work of the casino industry in those states. Think of the states that have it. New Jersey, Nevada. I mean, yeah, Delaware got it too, but they're tiny. But as far as the New Jersey, Nevada, these were states that have big, powerful casinos that decided they wanted in on the money. That's why it happened, not because of the PPA. So the PPA got cut off, finally. The stars, which is the last corporate supporter, the one that had been bankrolling them from the beginning, they stopped doing it. They they cut off the uh, the gravy train. There's a, a site called OpenSecrets.org. You may want to browse it. Uh, you can look up a lot of information that you didn't think was available, such as funding to nonprofit groups. According to OpenSecrets.org, the PPA only uh, only had uh, $105,000 of uh, expenditures in 2017. Mm. 
So that's that's very little. I mean, think about the fact that before this, they had these these full time employees who who found it worth it to quit their job. This is just to pay the employees, like Rich Muni, and then they you know they'd have uh, there'd be a lot of money spent on the lobbying itself, not just on the lobbyists. Now, in the entire year 2017, they spent uh, 105,000. So that's, and that includes any salaries. Yes. Mm. So that's that's not very good. So, um, so so and now it seems like Poker Stars has has just cut them off completely. So, obviously, that's not good. When when the one gravy train that was left uh, slowly driving through has derailed, you know, Stars was cutting down what they were giving, but now it seems like they're giving uh, nothing. Uh, obviously, they're in trouble. They they can't uh, continue existing on this trickle of uh, donations from members who want to donate. They were already showing that they may want to transition, talking about how they may start fighting for the daily fantasy sports industry, but that hasn't caught on. They they also wanted to fight for sports betting. They're they're realizing that the poker gravy train is over, been trying to transition, but. The reason they're not going to be able to transition is because they don't have much success they can tout. It's not like they made poker legal across the U.S. and go to daily fantasy sports and say, look what we did for poker. Or sports betting and say, hey, look what we did for poker. Uh, they failed. The, the funniest thing is they, if you go to their website, the ppa.org, there's like this banner that keeps changing uh, as you watch it. One of them says, uh, where is it? Let me get to it again. You can click it to get around here. With so many different things here. Jason Somerville, protect to play, join the fight, get the PPA news. Where was this? There was a funny one right here. Oh, hold on. Where is it? Yeah. One of the banners says, 10 years of achievement. <laughs> what, what did they achieve? Okay, I got to click on this. I hadn't done this before. I, I just saw this pop up in front of my face. So I feel they've achieved nothing. I really feel they've achieved nothing. A few things have changed for the better. Like 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 having a few state level legalized fail sites, but the, they, they didn't have to do with that very much. Here's what they claim: they cultivated a database of more than a million poker consumers and turned them into political activists. No, they didn't. They just had a bunch of people join and did nothing. They launched a state director program for local advocacy. Okay, but it wasn't successful. Helped everyday players publish op eds and letters in mainstream media. No, they didn't. <laughs> when did that happen? Established a poker pack so players could support political candidates. Okay, did what was the result of that? Nothing. Uh, worked directly with state and federal lawmakers to craft internet poker legislation. And what legislation is that? Directed lobbying team in D.C. and state capitals to educate lawmakers and staff. Yeah, you educated them and they still voted against you. <laughs> uh, hosted rallies and fly-ins in state capitals in D.C. I mean, that's great if you're one of the people being flown over there. You can take trips on on the PPA's dime, but didn't work. Do you, do you remember like a major rally, like you'd, where, where people storming the White House to protest about online poker? I don't remember that. Uh, worked with the Department of Justice to ensure the remission of player funds fo- following Black, Black Friday. Uh, they tried. They tried to work with uh, the DOJ, and the DOJ basically laughed at them and said, "Butt out." That's really what happened. The DOJ didn't want their input. Testified as an expert witness before more than 25 state and federal legislative bodies. Okay, again, this is not an accomplishment. These are things you did that failed. These were attempts you made that failed. 
served as leading voice with the media to promote internet gaming regulation and defend against attacks. Again, and you failed. Created the litigation support network, which provides legal assistance for poker players. Okay, name one poker player that you guys assisted. I, I don't remember this. I don't remember the PPA supporting poker players who were sued in some way unfairly. In fact, I don't even think that is a good use of your money. Well, to- I remember them coming out strongly against Chow Poker, though. Right? <laughs> they were very outspoken in that regard. I think you're thinking of PokerFraudAlert.com. Oh. Edu- uh, then uh, organizing panel discussions, legislative briefings, and technology demos to dispel myths about the industry. Yes, and still, no laws got passed to benefit online poker. Uh, Change the perception of internet poker players through the I am a poker player advertising campaign. A a campaign so successful, I don't remember it. (laughs) Hosted dozens of charitable and play-for-fun poker events throughout D.C. and state capitals. Yeah, that was was useful. That, That helped a lot. Drove over 3 million constituent contacts to lawmakers through email, phone calls, visits, and social media. First of all, I don't believe that. And second, uh, with what result? Failure. Established a credible political voice for the political uh, – a credible political voice for poker and internet gaming. <laughs> no, you didn't. So there was nothing credible about it, and, and, and it was given no respect. Uh, played critical roles in four states that have legalized internet poker and laid groundwork for more. There we go. I, I knew they were going to take credit for that at some point. No, you didn't. The states that have it, what, what are the four states anyway? There's, there's, unless they mean Pennsylvania, but that, that hasn't come to pass yet. But uh, if you take the three with actual online poker, there's Delaware that was such a failure they had to join with Nevada. Then there's Nevada and New Jersey that have huge casinos that have actual influence. Oh, and didn't, like, D.C., like, around D.C., was it? Yeah, and they never opened a room, and they're also not a state. So oh, I, 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 I hope they're not. They, yeah, they, may, they could be considering that as a state. That may be what they mean. I don't know. But the, really, it's basically Nevada and New Jersey, and, and they're both failures, and that was done thanks to the powerful casino interests. Uh, defeated every effort to pass RAWA, which is a Restore America's Wire Act, or other federal prohibition in the U.S. Congress. No, you didn't. It, it failed because it was a stupid attempt, and... Uh, uh, neither side liked it politically. The, the Democrats didn't like it. Uh, they, they felt it was being too intrusive on, on individuals, and uh, the Republicans did not like it because they felt it was interfering with states' rights. That, that's why it failed. It wasn't because of you guys. Because of uh, people like Rand Paul came out against it, and uh, basically both sides of the political spectrum said this is awful. That, that's why it failed, not because of you. Uh, achieved legal victories establishing poker as a game of skill. Really? I don't remember that. But we're, what legal victories? I think there were a few court cases where someone was busted playing in a, in a poker room, or it, like one of these underground poker rooms, running an underground poker room, and a few, you know, a few of them got off. But uh, there was no legal victories established. As you can see, we don't have legalized online poker federally, or it's not even close to that. And, and finally, over $120 million returned to players from Black Friday. <laughs> funny. I, I thought that was the government that did that. I thought it was Poker Stars and the government who did that. Poker Stars gave the money because they bought Full Tilt to get out of their uh, legal issues, and then the government distributed $120 million to the player. I, that's what I remember happening. I don't remember the PPA making that happen. Maybe I'm a bit fuzzy on that. What a fucking joke, Trump. I mean, seriously. So so we have this long page of like like 20, different th- 20 or more different things they're listing they did, 
And, and like, I can't agree with one of them. So they really did nothing. They, and so they can put out this dumb list, but, they, you know, the, the sports industry, the daily fantasy sports industry, they're not stupid. They, they see that the PPA failed in their main goal, and that is to make online poker legal in the U.S. They've been trying for 12 years, and they've been striking at every time. They're like the, the, the baseball player batting zero who's going to other teams saying, hey, sign me. I, and then, you know, I'm a great hitter. Look at all these times I made contact with a ball. And they go, yeah, but you're betting zero. Yeah, but the Marlins I, would sign them. Yeah, the Marlins probably would have. He'd probably still be the the cleanup hitter on the Marlins. But uh, yeah, they, they it's like a baseball player going from team to team. Go, but hit the ball hard sometimes. Okay, but how many hits do you? Well, but but uh, I don't strike out every time. I, I come to the plate every time. Like they're they're really grasping at straws. Anyway, they this is what they've uh, this is what they're saying though about the, the current state of things. Unfortunately, funding issues threaten to shut down the PPA before we can even get started on the 2018 fight. 2017 saw Pennsylvania join the ranks of states with state-authorized poker websites. In 2018, I, I was reading this, and it's just went away. what a crappy website. I'm trying to read this. It actually goes away and tries to make me uh, go to a different page. Okay, uh, And 2018 is primed to be our biggest year yet. The threat is real, and PPA cannot continue fighting for poker if we do not meet our fundraising goal of $25,000 by the end of March. With support of poker players and enthusiasts like you, we can make this goal. Donate now. So they, they, they're they hoping you can donate to raise their $25,000. And they, they have a countdown. 37 days, 0 hours, 46 minutes, 5 seconds. They claim 3400 has been donated so far. I wonder if that's just seeding it. I wonder if they donated like 3000 to themselves. And then uh, there's been 400 real donations. Whatever, they're never going to get 25,000 of donations in uh, the next five weeks or so. They think they will, but if they do, then they're going to basically shoot their load and that'll be it. They're not going to get continued donations. So it, it's going to be that for them. They're, they're going to be done, even their expanded scope. There's, they're not going to get hired by anybody else because they have failed. And that's that's been my point about them. It's gotten Rich Muni angry at me. But my point about them is that they have not achieved anything at all. They've they like to brag, they like to talk about it, you know as you see from that list, they like to puff things up and make it sound like they've done something. They have they have no. not succeeded. Now are they any moral victories at least? None. Mm. Nothing. It's 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 really batting zero. And and the few positive things that have happened, you can easily attribute to other factors that are much more important than they are, like the, like getting the the 120 million back from Full Tilt, uh, getting the the states legalizing online poker. These were clearly not the PPAs doing. Even if you want to say they had a small part, all these things would have happened if the PPA never existed at all. So that's that's zero point zero exactly. So uh, you can hear on the donation page, you can actually click. A pre-selected donation of 20, 50, 100, 250, or if you're feeling especially generous, maybe like uh, as if you're donating to a poker fraud alert free roll, 500. (laughs) Or you can click other and do do even more. And uh, then you can pay by uh, Visa, MasterCard. Discover and even American Express. Wow, four different credit card types. You're making it so easy, but not PayPal. Interestingly, just those four credit cards. 
So th- this is going nowhere. They're done. And now that their corporate overlord finally jumped the ship, that's it. They're going to sink. Druff, I've got terrible news for you. I already know what it is, but go ahead and tell the crowd. Traderuski sadly busted in sixth place. Mm. God damn it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sons of bitches. It's good we have Brandon Hunt here to imitate him because he, he never gets off mute fast enough, Traderuski. So while, while Traderuski's fine. What do you mute- mean? What? That's supposed to be me? I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> a traders, can you tell us the key hand that made the difference? Well, the problem is now he doesn't have enough money to return to Costco. He can't even pay the whole yeah. fucking forty dollars back. I now now I was thinking, shit, I keep just keep the forty dollars. Uh. And what was the key? What was the key hand trader? There were a few of them. I mean, I my jacks went into kings. Now looking back, now that you've had a. Now that you had a chance just to let it sink in, uh, is there anything you would have done differently? Um, you know, Brandon, because I've got on one computer, I've got a Bovada game I'm deep in with uh, 16 left out of 1,000. And then, so I was wow. playing that on the, on the other computer, so... You know. Wow, he's a Traderuski's a professional multi-table tournament <laughs> poker player. Really becoming like a JJ prodigy or something, there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, yeah. It, something about tournaments. It, it's true. When you finish them, the thing that's so depressing is you have this feeling of like depression and regret. Like you think about what if I did this differently? Maybe I should have done this differently. What if I hadn't done this? And then you, what if I had done this? Like you, you have all these doubts, and it kills you. And I remember reading an article about, and this is meaningful to me because I was in that tournament. I was even mentioned uh, in 2005. Roy Cook, who was once the he's a card player columnist, and he was also uh, he, he was also a the, real estate guru. Yeah, and he was also the site pro, one of the two site pros of Planet Poker, the very first online poker site. And uh, But he wrote about the 2005 1500 Limit Hold'em tournament, which he got deep in, but got short. And he talked about how he was short, and it was a fairly late position, got folded to him, not like right on the button, but something like middle late position. And he got some kind of marginal hand, like Jack 8 or something, and uh, um, or no, it, w- it wasn't that he had gotten the hand yet. It was that he was in a in a, an orbit where he figured he had to steal blinds at some point. He had to make a move uh, based on his chip stack. So he was talking about the people who were going to be the, the big blinds as he was getting to like middle and late position. And he discussed me and some other guy. I don't remember. And he, he said that me and the other guy were going to call with any non-trash hand. And, and uh, so he didn't want that. He wanted to go after someone who was tight. So he picked somebody else. I forgot who it was who was perceived as a tight player that person had a real hand and then he busted i think he did end up going with jack eight or something and the guy called and then they flopped him and that was that so then he talked about how just when he busted this was on day two uh it was right around when it was sunset so he got in his car to drive home and the sun was like hitting him right in the face and kind of irritating him as he was going through all the feelings of depression and regret. And he talks about it like every time he busts from a tournament, he has those feelings. And then to have the sun in his face and knowing him as he's driving home just amplified them. And for some reason, it always stuck with me because I, I kind of have those feelings too when I bust a tournament. And Now uh, you know how the women you dated feel, Drew. No, come on. The depression and regret the no, day after. No, no. 
Just kidding. Just so, kidding. Come on. So, uh, so that's uh, when he asked Chodorowsky that. I thought of that. I thought about what Roy Cook said. I mean, that, that's, that's the feeling I get. Now, Brandon, I know you've played a number of World Series events. Do you sometimes have that feeling when you leave that uh, even if you hadn't done anything egregiously wrong, that like like start at, questioning yourself? I used to a lot more in the last two years or so. I've just kind of taken a attitude of not really expecting much so I don't get let down just going in there trying to have fun play the best I can play so yeah I mean I used to I used to feel exactly what you're describing but I I just you know I just kind of tuned it out and just told myself you know do the best you can have fun and and you know that's all you can really do when I when I go out I think at some point you realize how how silly it all is to some extent because there there really is a whole lot that is out of your control when you're playing tournament I mean, poker. The, the, you know? the, the climax of all this was the main event in 2014, I think. And literally, this was like level two, maybe level three, but I think it was level two. And I get it all in on the turn. All in on the turn and level two with the nuts straight. I remember that. Against, yes. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And against uh, bottom two pair, and the son of a bitch makes a full house on the river. Of course and he does. But at least, that, at least you that, couldn't. That's painful. Yeah, but at ahead. least you couldn't regret it. At least you can't say, "Why well, I, I shouldn't have got it all in with the nuts?" Like you, you, you always want to get it all in with the nuts. I do that every time. Uh, yeah, but right. But just you know, level two. It just that that really just destroyed me. I was pissed for a while. Yeah, it's very um, frustrating that, for sure. Yeah. And then he acted like an all star like afterwards, which made it even worse. Like he knew that was coming. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, he outplayed me, and he didn't yes. get it in bad. And that just kind of added salt to the wound. So after that, I just thought about it, and I said the next summer, you know what? I'm just going to go have fun. I'm not going to let anything get to me. I'm not going to get stressed. I'm not going to – I'm just going in with no expectation other than to have fun, and, you know, that that works for me. Yeah, I, I only tend to get that regret when I have a decent or big stack at one point. And then end up not doing well. That, that's when it gets to me. If I just sit down and get smacked down on every hand and just get – if I lose pretty much every hand I play or go out pretty early, then unless I made some egregious mistake to make it happen, I say to myself, okay, well, I just wasn't winning today. So this was going to happen. I, I can't even right. say I regret this. It just – every hand I lost, so what can I do? That, that, then I walk away saying I, I never even had any hope and I, I just felt like you know I'm losing every hand. I did lose every hand and that's it. It's when I, at one point I'm the chip leader or near the chip leader or, or, or I have average fairly deep in the event – then when I go out, I go, oh, what if I did this differently? What if I did that differently? And then uh, that, that's when it starts to get me. And even even ones that are out of my control, like that Limit Hold'em event where I was the chip leader with 42 left, and then they moved me from a table I was dominating to another table, and immediately I ran horrible. And I just kept thinking, like, I wasn't regretting hands I played there so much. I just was running into huge hands every time with, with other big hands. But I was thinking, what if it was just like a minute later when they needed to move someone, and, and it was a different... You know, different person had the big line. They moved them instead of me. Like, like, could I have won this? Like, I start thinking things like that. Like, why did it have to be me? They moved. See, but that that's kind of the mind fuck of poker because you can you spend tons of time, you know, studying or the mind fuck of of tournament poker. Uh, I really should say, you you spend tons of time. You you learn the game. You think you know stuff inside and out, and you can just walk away with nothing. You know, and and you just have to at some point. Except that, as you were saying, you know, I don't regret anything. You know, I did stuff uh, as as best I could the way I should have done it. And, you know, I just didn't get lucky that day. But it, the mindfuck is that especially people that are coming from um, another profession, you know, maybe they're really good at, uh, you know, one thing or another. 
it's really different because if you get really skilled at uh, some of these other professions, you know you're going to do well. You know, pretty much any time you do whatever it is because you're incredibly good at it. And even if you are incredibly good and incredibly talented um, at poker, tournament poker is still a mindfuck. Like, you, you still have to run good. Yeah. It doesn't matter how fucking great you are. It makes no difference. Yeah. You know? and that, 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 yeah. It, sorry. And just how steep the money is. Right. You know, I got the deepest I've ever went is a 1500. I got 26. You know, kings against ace king. He gets run the runner for the straight, and I'm out. Yeah. And if it went the other, so I got like twelve five, and if it went the other way, you know, four hundred k for first. Yeah. I mean, right. it's just so close. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. A lot in these tournaments, there, there's the few key hands which can separate you from kind of a, a mediocre money to to first place. That th- those few key hands can be the difference, and. Uh, uh, including some where where there's bad beats involved, either you putting down the bad beat or you taking the bad beat. It just uh, uh, so there there's there really are so many things that uh, the, the weirdest feeling I had taking a bad beat and busting, and I've talked about it before in the show, was that that event. Uh, I know Brandon hated this event because he he, he had a great stack, and, and the second day he just lost every hand. But that was that fifty fifty DraftKings event that No Limit hold him, and I made it. I was forty. I went out fortieth there, but it was in uh, two thousand fifteen, I believe. But uh, 15 or 16. I'm forgetting which one it was. But anyway, do you remember which one? 15. It was 15. It was 15. 15, that's a, that's 15. A, it was 15. But the, uh, what was weird about that one is after Brandon was out, I got it in twice in horrible shape. One time I I, uh, I, I was I had an under pair against a set, like very short stacked. I pushed it in uh, against a high. I had like fours against a, against eights with an eight on the board. And my only chance was getting a straight, a one card straight on the river, and I got it. So I, I, I doubled there. And then, it, arguably even worse, I got uh, what was it? something like uh, like king. It was something like where I was really screwed. Like, I think it was ace-jack against jacks against uh, ace-queen or ace-king. Something like that, where I was just – the ace wasn't going to help me and a jack you – know, like I um, – oh, no, no. It was ace-jack against uh, – what was it? Ace – King against kings or something. Or ace queen against king, something like that. Where I, uh, I, I even the uh, I was gonna have to, and I had ace jacks. So I was gonna, I was gonna have to get like like a straight or or just two jacks. I ended up getting two jacks and, be, and beating them. So I tripled up there. So I, I had two very unlikely double and triple ups there. But then I was like losing every other hand. And then I got moved to a new table. Ran it up at the new table. That was like that was a table change I was thrilled to have because I was like losing every hand except for those lucky ones, and I got it in bad those. So every other hand I was losing, and so I got moved to a new table and I was thrilled because my table was horrible. Because I was I, I was seen as the guy who was either losing every hand or, or winning when I get it in horrible. So uh, everyone's taking shots at me. It was super hard to play there, and I just wasn't getting hands. And like they were taking shots at me, and I was getting big hands. Like I was just it, it was so hard. I got moved, and. The, that table I started doing very well, and I and I made I made a lot of good moves myself. I ran my stack up to uh, about average. I got it all in with ace king against king queen. Both flopped the king, queen on the turn, and I was crippled. And then I busted like two ends later. So instead of being like really pissed that that happened, I actually kind of felt like that that was going to come to me because I I I put two horrible beats on to stay alive earlier. So. 
something like this. Uh, I, I don't want to say I deserved is that, it. Is that how it works, Druff? Is there a buildup of luck and karma? No, but I felt that I couldn't <laughs> say I was unlucky. That's what it was. I, I felt uh, like okay, I couldn't say I was enough. unlucky. I felt like I was very lucky to even get this far, given what had right. happened. So if this happens on the other end, how can I complain? I can't go, oh, man, I'm the unluckiest guy in the world. Like We got in for so many. We did. We got in for a lot if I won that hand, as I should have. Because the guy tried to make a move on me. I had ace-king suited. He, he raised under the gun. I re-raised him, and he shoved all in. So wasn't thrilled about this. I thought I'd you know, probably have to come in from behind, but I'm still ace-king suited. I'm not going to fold that. So I call. He tr- He looks very sheepish look on his face. He's he thinking, ah, shit, and turns it over, and then he sees the ace-king. He feels even worse. So uh, and then the flop comes, and he actually says, nice hand, when the flop comes. And I said, well, I don't mm. know about that. <laughs> sure enough, the queen comes. The kiss of death. Then the queen comes. And, and, and I, I, I'm telling you, this was I, I took it in such good spirits. Poker News was watching this. They even noticed. They said, Wattellus took the beat like a professional and said that uh, um, he's had such good luck. So he, he put down bad beats himself. He's had good luck so far. So a, a beat wow, like this was Wow, that's a, a real upgrade from being unsavory. In poker news, they don't write bad things about me anymore. They, well, no, that one year I they know. called you unsavory. I know, they did, but but they... Uh, Sons of bitches. They, they write, right? Nice, like I was saying, if you go look on Poker News now, the story about Jow Poker, it's pretty much all about poker fraud alert and, and me talking about them. Well, that, that uh, Traderuski, that hand where you had kings versus ace-king, 26 Ooh. in the tournament, that right there is when you learned why people keep coming back to poker tournaments. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's also that's also the way they but, quit them. Though. But just like Druff, I was, I, you know, I had a hand. It was after, right after dinner break. I I I had aces. The flop was like two. I had raised small blind called. The flop was four seven two or something. He checked. I bet. He went all in. I mean, I had a little less than average. I'm just like fuck it. Either I'm going to double up. He had he had a set of fours. I hit an ace on the river. So I yeah. just you know I'm like I was basically playing with free money. Yeah, it, it's easier. It, it really is easier to take when you bust after something like that, where you you win something you shouldn't have won, than than when you've just been. The, the limit hold'em one pissed me off so much because that one I wasn't putting bad beats down. That one I was just you know I, I was just dominating the table, and I knew the table I got moved from. I'm telling you, I, I that had that one down so well. I knew everybody who was a steal from. I knew who you know. I knew when people the, the ones who were raising with shit. I knew I, I, I knew everything there. I, that, that was I had such a good feel for that table. I'm not always like that. I'm not saying that every table I'm at I have a great feel for. This one I had the best feel for it, and I was running pretty well too. So and everyone was very intimidated by me. I even had the bracelet on. They asked me about the bracelet. I said it was in limit hold'em. They were even more intimidated by that. I, I was controlling and running that whole freaking table, and my chip stack was going up, 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 and I knew that as long as I stayed there and didn't run bad, even if I ran average, I knew I was going to kill that table. And then they they, they, no. they asked yep. me to move. They, they say, oh, big blind, we need you to move. And I, I just... I said no. I actually said out loud, no, no. no. And, and then when I stood up, I'm the, not leaving. And then when Fuck I stood, when I when I stood up, and the, and the Fuck other Fuck pl- you! I won't do what you told me. When I stood up, one of the other players said to me, "Well, you're doing so well. I wouldn't worry." I said, "I'm going to lose over there. I, I'm, I'm going to lose over there. I know it." And 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 so I, I moved over there. And the second I moved over, just ran awful. I wasn't playing. I wasn't on tilt. I wasn't playing awful. Just cooler after cooler after cooler after. It was awful. I didn't play any hands badly. Didn't tilt. Uh, it just was every hand. I thought I had something good. I was losing. So, so drop a little update in the uh, tournament here. Yeah. Th- you said that uh, the Canuts was someone that was banned, right? Yes. He's a chip leader. <laughs> he's actually he- he's heads up with uh, near a kill. Okay. Who's this? Well, that's interesting. Know. That's interesting. Now that's that's Roland X nine uh, four twenty from the forum. 
And he's actually a pretty good tournament player. Wait, guy. Rolnix isn't banned. No, no, he was banned. He got unbanned. Yeah. Yeah, but he was banned at, at one point. Right, but so, he's un- he, he, yeah, he got so, reversed. So, uh, so there's him and then Narek Hill. Narek yeah. Hill is actually someone who is from the Vegas Casino Talk Forum who, mm. uh, who also has an interest in poker. And, so he has no idea what he's doing. No, I think he does. I, he plays poker somewhat. He just, uh, it seems to me, more of a casino guy than poker guy. But uh, he, from, he, from a relative, okay, if you're sitting at a cash game and he sits down, you're happy, right? No, I don't know about that. See, I don't know much. I've never played poker with him, but he's a smart guy. He's a very smart guy, and he, he knows, uh, you know, in general seems to know what he's talking about, knows what he's doing. So I, I'd be surprised if he's like a big fish in poker. Uh, it's possible he doesn't have as much experience. I don't know how much he plays. I know he plays some poker. Uh, I, but uh, he doesn't play the free roll all the time. I mean, he, he's welcome to play this one. In fact, he's uh, contributed a lot of good information on the other site. But uh, he even posted sometimes on Poker Fraud Alert. But that, that's interesting. It's him and uh, Roland X420, who uh, has played a lot of these and done pretty well. But he was he was banned by Belly Buster briefly, so he's got to be thrilled he got unbanned. So, okay, let's, uh, I want to talk about the Caesars change they, they are making, which is... is if it if you can pick anyone in the world that's going to bother, I think I'm probably one of the highest on the list as far as who is pissed off about this change that they're making. I'm serious. I I may be one of the people most angry about this of anyone in the world. I'm not even exaggerating. So since this uh, shooting on October 1st by Stephen Paddock out of the Mandalay Bay, killing uh, 58 people, uh, something we knew was coming was uh, changes in the do not disturb policy because uh, he snuck up a ton of weapons there over a period of days that were eventually used to kill throughout the window. And one of the ways he prevented detection was by hanging a do not disturb on his door for all the days he was staying there and no one was able to see what he was accumulating there. So I knew that even though this isn't going to do a lot of good, because he didn't have to do it over a period of days. He could have done it faster. It was easier and more likely to be successful doing it over a period of four days, but he could have done this all in one day and, been, and gotten you know, plenty of weapons up there too. But I knew the knee-jerk reaction would be, we're going to change the way Do Not Disturb is handled. Now, I always put up a Do Not Disturb sign on my hotel room as soon as I get there. I don't like having the maid come in unless I'm either there for a long time or unless the room gets very messy for some reason. Or, you know, sometimes we have the whole family that gets messy much more easily with more people, so they're, they'll, they'll have the maid a little more often. But, but in general, I don't like the maid coming. Like, it's very rare I'll stay somewhere for two days and have the maid come. It's rare that I'll have the maid come if I'm staying three days. If I'm staying four days, if I'm by myself, I will not let them in. If I'm with the family, then usually at some point in the four days, we'll let them in. But uh, uh, when I'm by myself, usually if I'm there five days or fewer, I don't want the maid coming. I just hang the do not disturb up there. Why? I feel I don't need it. I, I, I just exchange the towels myself. I look at the maid cart, and I just give them my old towels and uh, take the new ones and take the new soap and shampoo, whatever I need. It's very fast. Um, I don't like anyone in the room when I'm not there. I don't like having things moved around. I, you know, If I put something somewhere, I don't want the maid shifting it around to clean and moving it somewhere else. And, and there's, of course, the, the concern about theft. I, I, think it's, I think maids don't steal as much as people like to say, but still, it's a possibility. I just don't like having people with access to my room when I'm not there. And when I am there, it's a pain in the ass. You've got to keep moving around. You, you hear the vacuum running. Uh, you know, I, I do the same fucking thing, by the way. 
Oh, good. One of the first things I do when I get in my room is I just put the do not disturb sign out there. Yeah. And, you I, know? and then when I want them to, when I leave, I take it off and let them come in and do whatever they want. I just want to be, if I'm on vacation somewhere or I'm away on business, I want to be left alone. Yeah. You know, that's it. That's how I feel. And, and I've had arguments with my father about this. Arguments like he just doesn't agree with me. He thinks I'm crazy with this because he, he likes the, he likes everything to be clean. He likes, uh, he likes coming back to a room that's fresh and clean and all that. And I, and, and I gave well, him I my- still do that. I still do that, but just on my terms. You know what I mean? Like I, I put the do not disturb sign out there. And when I leave and I know I'm going to be away for a while, um, I take it off, and on my way out, I tell the front desk to send the house service. Okay, so you're not as extreme as I am. So, so uh, I'm extreme where I won't let anybody in the room when I'm not there, nor do I really want them uh, when I am there. So I, so well, I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I just, uh, I don't let them in unless I really. I, and the, the justification I use is that I don't have a maid coming to my house every day, or every two days, or every three days. So why do I need that on vacation? Unless the room's getting really dirty, I, I don't need that otherwise. So I, I, I think the negatives outweigh the positives, at least for me. So that's – the Rio had a policy, which was that uh, after three days that they will force their way in of, of a do not disturb sign. And I actually negotiate with them at the beginning of every stay successfully that they will make an exception to that policy and not come in. I, I offered that I'll let them come in at, at a specified time if they want to inspect the room, but they never take me up on it. They always just say fine and uh, don't. One, one year, the, the the housekeeping supervisor overruled the front desk and forced the maid to come in anyway. But I got yeah, you know, I got the guy in trouble for it. He shouldn't have done that. But other than that, they have kept their word and not come into the room. And I've stayed there as long as ten days. Now, when I've stayed ten days, I let them in at one point in the middle and have them clean it because it it does get filthy after ten days. But uh, but you know, other than that, a, a four or five day stay, I don't do it. So I'll tell you why. Well, let me tell you about the change, then I'll explain why this really bothers me. The change is that uh, Caesars has announced, and they're following the lead of other properties. The first one to announce it was Disney, which of course doesn't have to do with casinos, but uh, Disney announced it. And uh, Brandon saying that uh, MGM was already doing it, which I, I wasn't aware of. Uh, we'll hear from him on that. But uh, Caesars has announced that they will be entering rooms once per day, even if there is a Do Not Disturb sign on the door. So, what happens if you leave the Do Not Disturb sign for 24 hours or more? Well, at first, Caesars wanted the maid to do it. They wanted the maid to just come in. But the union, I didn't know the maids are part of a union, but apparently they are. The union objected and said that uh, the maids don't want to do that. They don't want to get in battles with customers about this. So after a standoff with the union, Caesars decided to change it and said that instead security will come in. So what will happen, supposedly, is if uh, your Do Not Disturb sign is up for 24 hours or more, that the maid will alert security, who will then come up and force their way in. First, they're going to knock, and if there's nobody there, they will force their way in the room and inspect. And this is going to happen every single day. Now, let me tell you why I really, really hate this. Think about the World Series, okay? Um, say that, uh, let's just pick an arbitrary date, June 5th. Uh, I have a World Series of Poker tournament that day. So, I put the, let's say I arrive in the night of June 4th, okay? So, I put the Do Not Disturb sign when I arrive sometime at night. And let's say the tournament begins at 11 a.m., Okay, so I have to do not disturb sign for the entire time until I wake up 
and then go play the tournament. Well, at that point, I'm still going to want to leave it on the door because I don't want them in the room when I'm playing the tournament. I don't like them in the room when I'm not there. So I play the tournament. Let's say I make it all the way through day one. Well, then I'm going to be done fairly late, like midnight or something. And at midnight, I can't really have them come up. I don't think they'll even come up at that point because it's off hours. And uh, so overnight, I'll put the Do Not Disturb back on the door to go to sleep again for, the, for day two. Uh, so then at 7 a.m. when the maid starts to work, they notice that the Do Not Disturb has been on for more than 24 hours, which it has. So then they call security, and security comes and bangs on the door while I'm sleeping. Maybe at 7, maybe a little bit later, like 8 or 9, but at some point in the morning, security is going to come, bang on the door, wake me up, and demand to come in when I'm trying to sleep for day two. So uh, this is going to happen. This is, go- I mean, this is not just like hypothetical. As it is stated by Caesars, this is going to happen. And I can't even think in this scenario how I'm going to prevent it. I don't know if I can maybe do it during dinner break or something. or uh, um, Don't stay there. But I, I like staying there because of the convenience. That's why. I, I don't love the Rio, but I like the convenience, especially for the breaks. I, under, I understand, but if you're looking for a way for it to just not happen, you know. But I'm thinking if I do stay there, like, like how do I even do Other than busting the tournament early where it's easy, if, if I make it through the whole day, other than maybe at the dinner break, if I can get them to rush up there while I'm eating dinner and check, and, you know, check the room and be fine for the day, at what time can I do this where they're not going to bang on the door sometime in the morning when I'm sleeping for day two? And I, I, can't, I can't come up with it. So it's it's very obnoxious, and uh, so I, I I don't know what to do. It's it's very frustrating. Will I live through it? Yes, but it's 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 an annoyance. It's something I don't like. I actually hate this policy. I hate the fact that all the hotels seem to be doing this. Now, Brandon, what did you hear about the Aria and MGM properties? Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh- it's it's a weird thing what what they're doing, and I, I guess they already had this technology before, or maybe they implemented it real fast. When you're in the room, you can put the do not disturb disturb sign on. Actually, so it's kind of a stranger thing. But when you leave the room, it automatically gets taken off because they have all their rooms are censored. It's sensors. The the do not disturbs are electronic do not disturb signs. They don't even have a physical one. Okay. So I don't know. I. I don't know, and I, I, I got corrected by this. So I, I knew something got changed, but what it actually is, it's not that if you're there for two or three days, to my knowledge, that it will stay on if you're in the room. Um, but I know that if you leave the room, when you come back, you have to put it back on. It shows that basically no – kind of like – have you seen those rooms where literally if you leave, you can't keep the air conditioner running I like 60 degrees because it, it knows you've left. So to conserve energy, it goes off. It's, Do you know the technology well, it, you're talking it's, about? It's funny. When I, on the last cruise I took, which was on a newer cruise ship, they had this thing where the you could only leave the lights or air conditioner on if you had your room key inserted in there. But this is brutal because this is a Caribbean cruise, and obviously it gets like hot and humid in the room if, if it's not on. So the trick right. I would just go do, like, and a, a lot of people did this, just go down to the front desk and say, hey, can you give me a spare key, please? And they give you a spare key, and you just leave it in there. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I hmm. did. So, yeah, I'll find out more what, what the exact policy is. But, I mean, do you think they already had that technology in place? Because I, I don't – I've stayed there before at Aria and other MGM properties. I've never noticed that before, that if you leave the room, 
you know, the, the do, not, do not disturb sign electronically goes off. You know what it could be? It could be related to the deadbolt. Maybe if you don't deadbolt the room that uh, it knows you're, you're it, it figures oh, you're not there. I didn't even think about that. Probably the deadbolt. Yeah, it, it, figures makes sense. You, it figures you're not there and turns it off. Yeah. Now, one last thing real fast. Not, you know, obviously finish this topic. I sent you a text. My adopted son in Florida is listening to this show with eager anticipation, and he would love to have us call him and check in real fast with him. So maybe after this segment, before it gets much later, it's already 3 yeah. a.m. Yeah, yeah, okay. On the East Coast, we could do that whenever whenever we're done. Yeah, okay. So, uh, unfortunately, this isn't going to become a standard. And here, here's why this is dumb. You may say, well, okay, so Dandruff doesn't like it, but uh, we're going to be safer now. So screw Dandruff. Screw, what he, screw his uh, paranoia about letting people in the room when he's not there. Yeah, who cares? You, you, maybe you're like Cal Watt and you just, uh, as long as you're not in the room and you're not bothered by it, you don't care if they come in. So screw people like me who are uh, unhappy about this. Well, the problem is this is not going to help anything. This is, this is one of these things where they're making changes that are feel-good changes but are not actually going to solve anything. The reason it's not going to solve anything is that Yes, he took several days to get weapons into the room, but he didn't have to take several days to get weapons into the room. It, it's not hard over a period of 24 hours, which is all they're doing here. They're checking once every 24 hours. Over a period of 24 hours, it is not hard to sneak weapons into the room uh, with multiple trips. You, uh, they're not checking that carefully. Even now, they're not checking that carefully for who is going up and down. Now, yes, if you went up and down, up and down, up and down right in front of security in a period of uh, 40 minutes, yeah, they'd probably be able to tell and think something's weird, especially after what happened in October, and maybe they'll come check. But the, the truth is that they don't usually see comings and goings very much of hotel guests, and you can easily make a few trips from your car up to the uh, the room, over, you know, do it once every few hours, and no one's going to detect anything. They're, they're not going to remember. There's so many people that go up the elevator with, with suitcases in these large hotels. They're not going to remember one particular person they see again that they saw three hours ago. Even if they're watching closely, they're not going to remember. Or you could even do things like change your jacket so you appear to be different. You know, put, put a hat on where you didn't have a hat on last time. Uh, even if you don't do that, you there's so many ways to sneak weapons up there and again this guy actually had a lot more weapons than he actually needed to cause the carnage that he did a lot of the weapons ended up going unused so the identical attack could be made with a lot fewer weapons that could have easily been snuck up there in a 24-hour period he just did it in uh, he spread it out more because the, the the chance of detection was less but the chance of detection was never high and this is especially true at uh, hotels where you're not really walking by security between the self-park and the elevator. And most hotels don't even have a security guard standing there. You know, a lot of them at night have a security guard that block the elevators and you have to show your room key to get by them. So at least there you can say, okay, if you keep passing that guy, he'll recognize you and stop you. But you know, they, they, I was thinking about this the other night. Every, every uh, MGM property has the deterrent security guard, both the Palazzo and uh, the Venetian do, when an Encore do as well. To my knowledge, I've never seen a security guard at any Caesars property checking room keys. No, there Have is. You? There is at, at night, but not during the day. 
At, I, I, sometimes I was visiting someone recently at Caesars and went up to their room multiple times okay. late at night, and there was nobody by that tower. Let, let me correct it. Absolutely. Let me correct it. On busier nights at night, they do it. Not not always at night. But okay, sometimes it was a they weekend. Will, yeah, sometimes, was a week, it was a weeknight, well, I mean. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they will have it, sometimes they won't. I tend to notice it's more – like during the World Series, there's a number of times that I have to show my room key to get up to the Rio, but only like after 6 p.m., and I always thought that was kind of aimed at uh, at hookers. I mean, do you think that Caesars is too cheap to employ full-time staff to do this? Yes. Like, Palazzo Venetian doesn't matter. 8 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock at night. Same thing for Wynn. Same thing for Encore. Is it just a, mo- a money thing? Yes. Unbelievable. Uh, yes. <laughs> and honestly, that would that's much more effective than, than coming into your room every day. Because uh, they're not going to come in your room and open your luggage. So, uh, yeah, they're just going to come in and inspect. As long as you don't have, like, weapons sitting out there. Uh, a big cache of weapons where they go, oh, why is that here? You just hide them in your suitcase. Uh, there's many places you can hide them in the room, behind couches or whatever. They're not going to take apart the room unless it's suspecting something. So uh, the truth is this identical crime can be committed again easily, uh, especially if someone waits a few more months or another year until the, their guard is let down, which, which it will. As you get farther and farther from this, uh, it never the memory never goes away, but the guard lets down more and more as time passes from there. So, uh, believe me, this can easily happen again. This is just a feel good. Uh, we're not going to let someone hang a do not disturb sign on the door and and do things they shouldn't for days at a time. When the truth is, as far as bringing weapons up there, you can get that done in in a twenty four hour period, especially if they don't have a, a guard blocking the elevator. And that's the funny thing is that Caesar's not even paying for that. That's a great point, Brandon. Is that the most important deterrent they could put there is a security guard that's watching to where he will recognize you if you keep bringing bags up, or at least has a good chance to. Yeah. They're not doing it. <laughs> they, they seem to care more about hookers coming up there or, or, or muggers. They care about that more than, than the repeat of this. So it really is just they're doing something for the symbolism that they care about this. Or maybe they're even dumb enough to believe it's going to help. So it's an unfortunate change. That's being made here as a knee-jerk reaction. I wouldn't even be against it if, uh, like, when they changed the security procedures for uh, for airlines after 9/11, it's a pain in the ass. But at least I feel it does have some utilitarian purpose. The 9/11 did expose some holes in U.S. airline security that hadn't been thought of before. Uh, other things exposed holes, like the shoe bomber. The, you know, he wasn't successful, but he almost was. Uh, a number of attacks and, and attempted attacks actually have shown some holes in security and how uh, the previous security was was not sufficient to stop this sort of thing from happening. So they've they've improved it. So I I'm willing to put up with the pain in the ass factor at airports, thinking, well, at least I feel a little more safe, and I think this does have some purpose. But this I feel has very little purpose. Are you going to say something, Brandon? No, I'm muted. Not me. Someone going to say something? I mean, I can add something. I, I thought you meant was I no, in someone, the middle of trying I heard to talk. Some, I heard, I I heard mean, someone <laughs> was going to interrupt me, and they, 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 they stopped. So No, it wasn't well, me. It wasn't me. Mm. It's, uh, I can tell you who won the tournament, though. Nerakil took it down. Mm. No, no, she didn't. They The THK Nuts won. What the hell's going on out here? Are you Nar- the minister Nar- of misinformation? Well, well you, you're well, misinformation you're, too. You, Narek Hill's a guy. Well, it's a TK, whatever, the THK nuts. Okay, but they're yeah, both, but they're you both missed, dudes. You missed the deal that was brokered. Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. They there's chatted. A deal? They're, they're making deals. 
They made a deal. This is out of fucking control. Okay, then I stand corrected. The, the Canucks wanted first place, wanted the title, you know, and the player of the year <laughs> points, and they made a deal. What was the deal? No, that didn't. Re- that didn't really happen. <laughs> oh, you're, you're being funny now because okay. of the Mike Leah thing. Yeah, 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 okay. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they're making deals. No, the, I believe the deal at first until 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 he talked about the the Mike Leah yeah. and the points the, of the yes, year and yes. Jesus. No, I, am I wrong though? I thought I saw that the nuts guy won. He did. Yeah. Oh, and there was no deal, obviously. As far as you know. All right. Tough but fair. All right. Well, can we there call was the an kiddo? unscheduled break, though. Oh, hey, buddy. <laughs> What's up? Uh, Trader Ruski, have you had your evening tea yet? I'm actually just boiling the water now. You really boil water? You just don't throw it in the microwave? Yep. And wow. I'm going to be in San Pedro at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, so. Okay, so yeah. the going to last a little longer. The cane nuts, king nuts, whatever. That's Rolnex. Okay, he's in the chat. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know he's actually. He's actually. At least Good he's. For him. Well, he's a big fan of this show too. You know, he seems to like. As soon as we're done, uh, if he hasn't listened live, he, he's he's always pressing for me to put it in the archives quickly. He, he, I see that he's a good kid. He, he loves good the show. Kid. I was very, very, very saddened to hear he was involved in uh, in the scandalous thing that happened last week. It was shocking to me. I, I, I was sad about it too. I say no, and, and even the painless one. A very educated professional caregiver he got swept up that, in that's too. what surprised me the most was painless one mm-hmm. if there's anyone on the site who does not need the money <laughs> that would be him I, I would think i was like he's the light the last person i would suspect just for the need yeah. that they would do it i'm not going to go into it further but he's really the last one who's going to say be enticed by that money and go oh well i could win a big uh, a low three-figure payout yeah. here like believe me that's not going to excite him so. Well, Belly Buster told me he was multi-accounting and chip dumping. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's absolutely crazy, to be honest with you. <laughs> Jesus. Well, listen, can we call the kiddo? Yeah, it's getting kind of late out there. Let's call the kid we here. we got some things to talk to him about. Okay. This is his second appearance on the Fraud Show. He's been listening. He can't wait. He's very excited. Okay, that's good. He's very excited. This is his favorite podcast now in all fairness it's the only podcast he's ever listened to but it's also his favorite now is ari in the chat is that bodog ari that is yeah no shit yeah he's he in the chat now he listens to every show he was brought out by the free roll <laughs> yeah he, juicy he money in there he's he, like fuck yeah i'm getting in on this shit he doesn't oh. even chat yes is it my I've, best go ahead you're on the radio the best the best, the best boo he calls me his boo. Oh, isn't that sweet? Now, are we, what, Math, what, what name? Matthew, you're, oh, oh, Matthew, sorry, okay. go ahead, Todd. I was going to say, what name are we referring to him as? Okay, Matthew, Matthew, okay, Matthew okay. yeah. We'll stick with Matthew. Matthew, you're live on the Fraud Show, Poker Fraud Alert Radio. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. Now, tomorrow, where are you going? I heard you're getting on a plane tomorrow. Yep. Where are you going? Las Vegas. Wow, he's coming out to Vegas tomorrow. <laughs> well, no, I see. Now, I've never seen this this kid. Um, I, I have a question here. How you've met him though, Brandon? Right in person? Yeah, several okay. times, a think. bunch of times. Okay, so uh, does he I've look? I've met him too. Uh, does Does he look old enough to possibly play anything in uh, in Vegas without really getting hassled? Like, could he could he even play like video? Absolutely poker? not. Okay. If he did, they they they'd lose their jobs. The security <laughs> dealers would be fired. The casinos would be shut down. He does not even come close to looking like he's twenty one okay. years old. The next now, question, Trader, next question, Trader, Trader Ruski, would you agree? 
I definitely agree. Okay, now the next question is, if, if he had mm-hmm. his back to them, like if he's playing a video poker machine with his back to them, do, could he look old enough that way? Could his body at least look old enough, or is he still no. look too young? Okay. He looks like a 15-year-old, no. Okay, because, no. because I was, when I was 15, I, I was skinny, but I was I was like five foot eight. so if, if I had my back to them, uh, then I could get away with and I did. I played some video poker and stuff when I was 15 in 1987. Uh, and I had my and I was constantly hitting, I was constantly hitting cash out cash out cash out so money wouldn't be stuck in the machine because I knew they could take it and and only once they caught me and they were they were pretty lenient about it they just asked for ID and I said I I didn't bring it and then they just they gave me a lecture about I could go to jail blah 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 and I said yeah 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 the guy I acted very respectful and sorry and you know and then I just walked off but I, but they didn't take any money because I was constantly cashing out but the only one time they caught me because I pick a machine that's kind of like off in the corner. And mm-hmm. I had my back. To, I made sure there was no view of my face. It was like so far in the corner they couldn't now, see my face. Now, now, Matthew, have you ever snuck in a hand of video poker or slots in, in a casino before? Nope. No. Nope. Okay, so you've 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 never broken the rules. Nope. Now, what are you coming out here? I mean, I know, but we want the listeners to know. What are you coming out here tomorrow for? For wrestling. Yep. Well, what what exactly uh, is going on with wrestling? Elimination Chamber at the T-Mobile Arena. Oh, very good. He loves his wrestling. Now, looking at this checklist, now I know this week from talking with you, this is a true story. You've been going out with certain family members to various casinos in the city that you look at, scouting for certain kind of casino games. What kind of games have you been scouting for? Range games. <laughs> now, for those that don't know, what is a range game? A must-hit game. Okay, so what exactly do you guys do? Explain the whole process of what a range game scouting team does. You sit and wait for the machine to become empty and wait for it at a certain price. Okay, and mainly you're playing what limit range games? Five hundred or five thousand. Okay, and what is it? What is the amount that it becomes profitable at five hundred? That you will play it. Four ninety. Okay, and what about for a five thousand dollar machine? Forty nine hundred. And uh, what's the what's the longest time you've ever seen? Uh, you've ever actually played one of these or been there while it's being played before it's hit? Like how many hours have you sat in the casino waiting for this? Eight hours. <laughs> so, so is he like a spotter? For the, for the, before I get to that, the what he's explaining here is that these machines are called must-hit machines, and that's a, a jackpot that it keeps increasing. That it has a special requirement that uh, at a certain point it has to hit by that point. So it, it will not exceed that point. If it gets to that point, it'll it'll definitely hit at or before that point. So people figure it out that when it gets very close to that point it becomes positive expectation to play the machines knowing that it will be hitting soon. So so there's some people who will stalk these machines until the, when it gets to that point and then they sit down and play. Alan Kester used to do this. So uh, he may still do it. So so now Matt was saying here that he is uh, he's too young to to play these and that he you know he doesn't look he doesn't look old enough and never has done it before. So are you just acting as like the spotter for this and then your dad goes and plays? Yes. Okay. So that's, that's, I mean, that, that is one thing he can do, provided they don't. Now, they will kick you out, but t- typically these casinos, I don't know about where you, where you live if they're this way, but like in Vegas, you actually can walk around as long as you keep moving. As long as you don't stop, if you're a minor, you actually can walk around the casino and you're not breaking the law. As long as you don't stop. You that's to, correct. Not, not, not at the wind. 
Oh really? They, oh, that's actually true. Yeah, he he. Uh, tell them what happened at the win. Your apps. What do you call those uh, those those guys at the win, Matthew? Purple purple coat fucking noobs. <laughs> okay, and, and that's because they all wear like security all wears the purple coats. Tell tell us when you were here uh, over the summer, you stayed at the win for a number of nights, a couple times, and what did the purple coat noobs do to you? What what were you doing, and what they do to you? I walked around the the casino and look for the hit must hit games and the new stops me and what they say to you that that i could go to jail and and we could go to jail for a minor walking on the floor all this bullshit wow. sons of bitches like huh. like they well I, see yep. they, they actually can kick you I, I don't think they're right about the jail thing because it is a state law that as long as you're moving that uh, it's not yeah. but I, they, they can kick you out they can tell you to stop uh, I actually had an incident in, at Harris Lake Tahoe Benjamin's mom had had an offer that she was redeeming up a total reward and I was with her like we were on the way back from eating and uh, and then and she also like sometimes she has to quickly go back and ask me a question if they so I wanted to stand there so I'm standing there behind total rewards. And that's still considered the casino. So I'm with Benjamin, and so they see this little kid there, and even though he's with me, they came up and harassed me that uh, he can't be here. And I said, well, no, we're just waiting here. We're not going to, you know, we're just waiting for his mom. And they, they, they were, nope, you can't, you can't stop here. So I said, okay. And I knew the law, so I said, okay, well, what if we just keep circling? Can I just keep walking around? I said, yep, as long as you're on the move. So I said, okay, Ben, we're going to do laps here. So I just did ben, laps around there with Benjamin over and over and over until his mom was done. They, they were okay with that. As long as they did laps, they were okay. They just, I just couldn't stop. Yeah. And Benjamin didn't understand. Yeah. Why are we walking around like this? Why are we walking around in circles? Now, that's, I had to explain. That's funny. Now, another interesting story that, uh, with Matthew that we didn't bring up when he was on last time uh, was, Matthew, where were you? He was in Vegas. Where exactly were you the night of the horrific mass shooting oh, in there? Las Vegas? He was in Vegas. Hmm. Where were you, Matthew? MGM, MGM Grand. And were you in the room when it happened, or what were you doing? I was at Circus Circus. Okay, that's what I meant. You were actually at, when the shooting took place, you were at Circus Circus. Yep. And, and being that you were a minor there, what did they do? Like, since nobody could you know, drive or move around, what, what did they do with you? Kept me until it was all clear. What, they keep you, like, in an office or something, a jail cell? No. Office. Where, uh, did they feed you? <laughs> no. What were you, by, were you? Were you by yourself? Where were you in Circus Circus when the, when they found you? The security room. No, no. I mean, where no, were they found you? No, when they found when you, I, where were you? Where did they approach upstairs. you? Upstairs. But upstairs, where? Like, like in a room or in the in the gaming in the, in the area where you play the those game games? Room. The, the games with all the kids. The kids play. Yep. Okay. So, the, so, so there were no, there were no more kids around. Is that why? And you were the last one, and they got you. Yep. <laughs> but kids are allowed to be alone up there. Not but, at like 2 in the morning or not. <laughs> oh, I guess they're not open anymore by that point. Okay. Yeah. What, they, what time do they close on the weekends, Matt? 1. Okay, so this was after 1 a.m., I assume, then, right? Yep. Sons of bitches. Uh, now, Matthew, how, how did your sports betting, uh, you know, we talked about that on the last show, uh, how did your sports betting end for the year? You know, the last big event was the Super Bowl. Who did you bet? How did you do? Give us a little recap on that. I bet 220 on the Philadelphia Eagles, and I won. Would you remember what the spread was? 
Um, no. Oh, yeah. Plus four. Yeah, plus four. Very good memory. And and you're mad that you didn't bet more, huh? Yep. Wow. Now, I don't think anyone is going to get this, but I'll, it's funny for me. And you know what? That's good enough. Now, you and your grandmother, Matthew, have been getting into some fights lately about a certain thing. And I know from, you know, our friendship off the radio, you can do a really good impersonation of your grandma. Will you, will you please do it for the radio audience? This is Matthew's grandma yeah. now. Go ahead. Zachary, go to the school. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, do it, do it again with you know with Matthew. That's your real name. What, what did she say to Matthew? Go to the school. <laughs> and then what do you say back to her? I'm not going to the school. Okay, well, so wait a minute, you're skipping school. I want to hear about this. Yep, he, I'm not going to school. Well, he's actually he's homeschooled. Oh, but, so but, but then not, if he's yeah. homeschooled, he can't just decide to go to school. That's that's a decision the parents have made, and you you, yes. you can't just reverse in the middle of the year on your own. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so so his, uh, his grandma doesn't approve of the homeschooling. Then that's what's happening. Well, I know she wants him to. Go meet with the te- with the homeschool teacher. Oh, he doesn't okay, want to okay. meet her in person. That's what it. That's what it is. Okay, I was But every time I talk to him, she's in the background and, and he screams, "Leave me alone! I'm on the phone." It's, it's really, it's just really funny. He that's does a good impersonation. It's interesting. Um, his, his grandmother yeah. actually takes a, a a disciplinary role in some ways because a lot of times the grandparents they they don't want to do that. They just uh, right. leave that to the parents. In fact, that's the, you know that's how it was when, when I was a kid that my grandparents uh, they didn't do that. They left it to my parents, and and this is how. It is now. My parents, uh, they don't ever uh, do any any disciplinary things with Benjamin. That's uh, left up to me and his mom. So, yeah. But these are also the same grandparents there that take him spotting from us at range game machines and <laughs> casinos. So it kind of is, it's a little bit of give and take, uh, right, Matthew? Yes. Funny yeah. neck. Yeah. So what what percentage do you get of these range games when they hit? Do you get a percentage if, if the Corny. family makes money? You get twenty percent. Yep. Wow. You know who'd be perfect? For, you know who'd be perfect for this job if he only lived there would be Ken Scaler. Ken Scaler, he has no problem with doing mundane tasks, mundane repetitive tasks. He he would totally agree to just walk around and around and around. And he could because obviously he's an adult. He he would have no problem just walking around all day looking for this and then calling me. Like, mm-hmm. but he just he just uh, he doesn't live there. But he's totally someone that would do it and not complain that it's boring. Yeah. Now. Matthew also has taken issue with a lot of these online sites because – Matthew, why do you hate all these online sites? What kind of difficulty have you been having lately with the online gambling sites? It's rigged. Yeah. yeah. He, he, what, what, you got some free bets. What, what site was that on that you registered recently where you got some free play? Bet, bet US. Okay. And tell, tell, tell us what happened. I got a hundred dollars in free bets, and I had it at four eighty. And I tried tw- to win twenty more, and it and it took it all. Well, but, could, what, what, but, but what did you I, play? I'm sorry, Jeff. What did you play to get the four eighty? Baccarat and War. Okay, but I got a question you know, for you. I've got a question. Sure. Usually, there's there's terms to playing that that free money to where you have to play it a whole lot anyway before they let you cash out because i i for example i got free money on uh, on bovada or, or ignition it was ignition recently for a deposit and i ran it up pretty fast i ran it up from like i think i had like a thousand free money they gave me up to like thirteen thousand. but by the time i ran enough of it to where i'd be allowed to cash it out 
But that's it's only worth it if you can cash it out. They restrict it from cash out until you've bet enough. So after running it enough, I was down to zero, and I never got anything. So are you sure that oh, wow. are you are you sure that there may have been a requirement anyway that you had to play a certain number of hands? So even if you got it to five hundred, they may not have let you cash it out. They may have required you play a lot of hands before you can even cash it out, and that's on purpose so you'll eventually lose it. True. Now another way I could get in, probably get into the casinos is if if I get a fake ID. I mean, I don't know if that will work, kiddo. Yeah, He's I wouldn't bother at this point. Like, like I have I have a seven year old son. That's the Benjamin I talk about. If I gave him a fake ID, even a super convincing one, there there is no security guard in the world that would believe he's twenty one, being seven. So now I know you're not seven, but but if you are, are fifteen and you don't look any, you don't look older than your age. Which I didn't. Nah. Te- when I was fifteen, I didn't either. I looked like I was fifteen. The only thing I was tall, I was, I was five foot eight, so I was the, the height of an adult. But uh, I facially, I, I didn't look anywhere near twenty one. So. Uh, if you don't, you don't, and they're not going to buy it. Like, if I had shown someone an ID saying I was 21 back when I was 15, uh, no one would have bought it. Okay, uh, Druff, I just sent you a photo. You should have it any second. It's of Matthew. Matthew, you know what photo I'm sending him? My favorite one. The one with me sleeping. No, the other one. Oh, it's Victoria. Yes, okay. Who is Victoria? Who is this Victoria? Well, that is a girl that Matthew met and had a friendship with when he was in Vegas. She's she's a lot older than him, it looks like, though. She's like four or five years older. Oh, really? Yeah. She looks older than that. No, not. She's like, she was 20 Ooh, years she, old, 19 wow, or 20. Wow, she looks old for 20. Okay. <laughs> so looking at, looking at Matthew Druff, do you think he could pass for being 21? Not even close. No, that's what I'm saying. Not even close. You, you probably get a special... Special deal at the buffet. I think going the other way. <laughs> yeah, going the other way is right. So, okay, Matthew. So you're coming out tomorrow. Uh, what are your favorite restaurants that you want to eat at while you're in Vegas? Mastro and Sushi Samba. Okay, that's uh, an Italian restaurant near Summerlin, and Sushi Samba is at the Venetian and uh, Palazzo. Okay, well, Matthew, I know it's getting late. What time do you think you're going to go to sleep tonight at? Not for a while. Wow, you just stay up late, huh? Yep. Right, now, have you been doing your schoolwork? Be honest now. Remember, brothers don't lie. <laughs> nope. You've been doing no no schoolwork at all, have you? Zero. Jeez. What, what is your plan now? You're going to be 16 next month. What are you going to do when you turn 16? Quit school and have fuzzy And then <laughs> you're going to quit school, and then what are you going to do with yourself, though? You gonna get a job? Or you, what are you? What are you Come gonna do with, with my boo? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh Oh, that's a good kid. Seriously, it, 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 you know these are these are the days you really just cherish. All right, well, Matthew, I'm gonna see you at the airport tomorrow with your father. I'll be there. What time does your flight arrive? Eleven o'clock. Eleven forty. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Say say good night to Todd and say good night to Dave. Do you remember Dave? You met him at the Golden Nugget for dinner. Nope. <laughs> you know, hey, at least he's honest. You, he, I sat next to you at dinner with he, your dad. He could have pretended he did. You wouldn't have guessed it. You, you would have said, "Oh yeah, cool." He remembers me. Like, he, at least he's being honest here. Where did you guys eat? I wasn't there for that meal. We were at the Chart House. Um, remember? But you remember, right? You know, he has calls me trade trader. Kind of. Trader I mean, it was only like three months ago. Well, I I remember Trader Risky. That's, that's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. Now. 
Do you want to give, because you're on the live radio now, we got people as far away as Australia listening. Do you want to give any shout-outs to anyone, Matt, to anyone you want to say hi to or give a, you know, just a hello, anything, any a message? The floor is yours. There's no one you want to say hi to or (laughs) tell them you love or anything like that? What about Victoria? (laughs) Okay, well, you know what, Matthew, if Victoria happened to be listening, what would you say to her? Hi. Okay. That's you're a little I, I, shy about you're a little shy about the girl still, aren't you? A little bit? Yep. Well my my, okay. my advice to Victoria is to, to eat a little bit more. No, she wasn't she's not too skinny. In this picture she looks really skinny. I, I think it's just a photo. Oh maybe it's did just you the think, angle. Did you think Victoria was too skinny, Matt? Nope. You thought like, she was perfect. It's huh? funny, her face doesn't look skinny, but yep. like her body her body looks really skinny to me. But maybe it's the angle. Yeah. So you sure you got nothing to promote, Matt, before we let you go? Nope. Okay. Now, who's the best brother in the world? The best boo. Oh, and that, that would be who? You. Oh, isn't, a, he a, isn't he a sweet boy, Tom? I don't know. It kind of sounds like fishing for compliments here. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> now, are you going to go to the casino again tomorrow before you come to Vegas, or are you done? I'm done. No more? Okay. How, how many days this week have you been in the casino? Every every day except two. And, and where do you eat every night for dinner? The, the stupid buffet. At, at where? Coconut Creek. The casino. I, I, I don't blame him for being frustrated with that. I would, I'd be going yeah. crazy, too. Something tells me this kid is going to be a gambler when he grows up. <laughs> when I mean, he grows up, he already is. <laughs> Is that what you want to do? Seriously, Matt, no joking. When you grow up, really, what right now, if you turn 21 tomorrow or in a year, what what do you think you'd want to be? What would you want to do with your life? Gamble. (laughs) What what would be the first? Okay, so you turn 21 tomorrow. You come out to Vegas. What's the first game you play? The first game you play legally as an adult? Stadiums. Okay, so that's Baccarat. Okay, that's he loves Baccarat. And then after Baccarat, what would be your next favorite game? War. You like Casino War? Okay, well, well, Matt, I got yep. to give you some yeah. advice. I'm just going to tell you the bad news right now about Casino War. Well, I'll tell you the bad news in general. Between now and when you're 21, or at least old enough to look 21 and get a fake ID, uh, you need to learn about positive expectation, or also known as advantage gambling, where you're actually gambling with – the chance to win rather than where the house has the edge over you or otherwise you're going to lose. And so that otherwise it'll be very disappointing. Otherwise, if you just go and play normally, just play normal casino games, uh, eventually you're going to lose as will everybody. So that's why like the stuff you're doing with a, with a must hit slot machine, that's actually positive expectation gambling. That's the right type of thing to do. That's the type of thing where people can make money. Just, just to let you know. He's talking about, Matt, just to put in easier terms, playing games where you have an edge over the casino instead of the casino or even break even versus the casino having a big edge over you. Kind of like what you and your family are doing with must-hit games, that you're only playing them at a certain level where you're either going to break even at worst or make money either by the cash or by the comps and the points that you accrue You know, in the process to hitting the must-hit machine. Does that kind of make sense? Yep. Yeah, and it's not always it's not always the, it's not always the most fun to do it that way, but it's the only way to not lose. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, well listen, I, I'll tell you this: this kid, honest to God, no shit, he's 15 years old, 
and he has way more money than I ever had when I was 15 years old. I mean, he has his own bank with his own pin card, and he has thousands of dollars in wow. his own bank that he can access. Oh. I didn't, I mean, have, I didn't listen, have that either. <laughs> Matt, when you, when you go out real fast, what is your favorite sub sandwich that you'll go eat at the, at the supermarket? You know salami. He loves his Genoa salami. <laughs> All right. Listen, Matt, you're awesome. I look forward to seeing you at the airport tomorrow. You have a great night, and thank you for being on the Fraud Network with me, uh, Todd, and with, with Dave. We appreciate it, kiddo. Yes. You're the best kid in the world. I'll talk with you later, okay? Okay, boo. All right. Good night. Okay. Good night, buddy. Good night, Matt. Good night. Okay, so uh, let's talk about this uh, individual who is on a private jet. I know we wanted to get to that stuff. I mean, it's almost like that kids in gambling boot camp, isn't it? It's unbelievable. It is. is. I don't know what to say. My parents never would have allowed any of that when I was that age. No, they wouldn't have. So, (laughs) but to be honest, though, my parents, they weren't like, you know, they were very uh, insistent that that I don't do drugs and uh, things like that and don't smoke. Like, they they pushed these things very hard, and it worked because I never did this stuff. But uh, the one thing they never pushed hard uh, was gambling. They, they they did not really say much about gambling at all. In fact, I watched them doing it. They were never big gamblers. They only played like low limits in Vegas. But uh, um, I, I had an interest in it, and that was really what I wanted to do at age twenty one. Not even uh, not even drink. So uh, so I will say. But however, if, if I was doing this, what he's doing now at, at fifteen, my parents would have not allowed it. So well, your parents aren't taking you out to the casino while you're being homeschooled to play range games either. I would no, assume. no. The, the most my parents did was that they did know I was playing that video poker and they were okay with it at, at you know on the Vegas trips that they would take uh, because I only had limited access to it. It's not like I could just show up whenever I wanted. We weren't in Las Vegas. You know, we, we were visiting Las Vegas for a few days, so there was a limit of how much I could do. So they were okay with the video poker, and then they also believe it or not, I could play sports bets too. I, I play sports bets myself, and I was never questioned. And then. If I won, then I would give it to my dad to turn in, and uh, that's so. They obviously they were aware of that too. So they they let me do that, but I was never like doing it so much to where th- there was any hint of a problem. So okay, uh, I want to talk about uh, Micon and the the private jet because there was a, a tweet that went out that uh, Micon retweeted. Uh, let, let me find it here. Uh, anyway, he. Do you have it in front of you? It's, 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 it's maybe a pain in the ass for me to find this. I can find it. Yeah, I have. I'll get it faster than you can. Uh, give me one second, and the tweet is going to read. It's amazing how I can just get all this at my disposal. Uh, Andres Brecken, and then he tweets, That face, when you beat at Brian Mikon, parenthesis, WSOP final tabler twice, parenthesis, in poker on a private jet, from an anarchist conference heading to St. Kitts. Hashtag Anarchupello. Hashtag ACA or ACA 2018. Hashtag Bitcoin Cash. Ha- at shitcoin.com. And there's a picture of him on a private jet uh, sitting with like a really nice leather seat uh, with a bunch of chips in front of him, like different denominations, where it looks like Mycon had pocket aces, and this guy had ace. I'm sorry, this guy had four eight, and the flop was eight eight two. And Mycon couldn't get away with it. He couldn't get away with the aces on the eight eight two flop. The other guy had eight four. The guy who you know tweeted Mycon had aces, and the guy took all the chips and won the 
sit and go or whatever they were doing on the jet plane. Yeah, yeah. That's and, it. And, and can you tell everybody exactly if they want to find this? What was this guy's Twitter address who tweeted this? Uh, it doesn't have a Twitter address. Oh, yeah, it does. I'm sorry. It's at, and it's A B R K N. That's Alpha Bravo Romeo. Uh, what is K? What is the, the phonetic for Kil- K? Kilo. Kilowatt, yeah. And then uh, November, N for November. That's A B R K N. Andra, Andres Brecken. That's who tweeted it. He makes a lot of tweets. He had to scroll down a bit. He tweets several times a day. But if you scroll down, you'll find it. Uh, what, what date was it? Oh, I found it. It's, it's February, February 19th. Yeah. February 19th. Uh, so anyway, uh, someone told me about this and said, do you know Mike on flying around on private jets? Like, so I was like, what? What are you talking about? So then the person told me it was on Twitter. Then someone showed me specifically what this was. So obviously I don't know what exactly the story is. They were going to an anarchist conference in St. Kitts, which is kind of Amusing in itself. Uh, I, I never understood these anarchists. Uh, you know, the anarchy movement is actually a, a fairly big one that was on computer bulletin boards in the 80s. But um, the whole anarchy uh, theory, it's, it's something that would never work in practice if, if, if the entire country uh, was engaged in this. It, it it just basically means, uh, it, it, simply put, let everyone do what they want. That, that's that's really what that means. It's it's like uh, even farther along those lines than libertarians. So how could this ever work in in a large civilized society? Everything would would, would go crazy. You know, uh, you know they, they say oh, there's too many government regulations, too much bureaucracy, too too many uh, silly rules that that are against things. These are people who are trying to say you know stop trying to control what adults do. And on, on the surface, it sounds fine, but anarchists take this to an extreme, where, where basically everybody can just do what they want, and uh, and that's that. And, and there do have to be rules. There do have to be laws. They, they, uh, there's a range in how strict they should be of what, where that's right and wrong, but not uh, – uh, anarchists want this so far on the other end uh, to where it makes no practical sense. So they were going to some conference, an anarchist conference, which I think it's funny that that's, that's what MyCon is supporting these days. But the bigger thing to discuss here is the private jet. Is he really this rich from, from Bitcoin, presumably? To where now he's flying around on private jets. To where now he's got a private jet at his disposal where he needs to go to St. Kitts. And no, of- it doesn't even say that. It, just, it could have been that guy's private jet or somebody else's private jet. Right. There's no inference that it was Micon's. Right. Unless that's, I missed something. No, it wasn't. So th- th- that's, that's what I'm, I'm thinking too. That Okay, so they're going to St. Kitts for this conference. Uh, even Micon, who's, who's, who's known to be an extravagant spender, I can't see that he would get a private jet to fly to a conference in St. Kitts. I, uh, when I say get, I mean like even rent one. Even to rent one is very expensive. And I, I couldn't see that he would do this just to go to a conference in St. Kitts, especially if he is still living in Antigua, which is uh, not far from St. Kitts. That, uh, that even with him, who's not known to be a cheapskate by any means, I, I couldn't see him doing this. I have a feeling that if I had to guess how to get on this private jet, that someone who was holding this conference uh, liked him and, and a few other people on the bo- on board here, uh, Andres Brecken and whoever else was there. There are you know, a few, at least a few guys on, the, on this jet here. It's a small jet. Uh, it looks nice with, with nice looking leather seats and uh, it looks like an expensive private jet. But 
I have a feeling that he would uh, th- that someone arranged this for these guys to show up and be speakers there or something. Maybe someone was impressed by uh, his involvement, longtime involvement in the Bitcoin community, whatever. And I, I think someone probably paid for this. And I think this Andres Brecken probably, I doubt he paid for it because if you're the one paying for it, you're not tweeting out a thing and saying on a private jet. The way he's putting it is like this is unusual for him too. That like a, that number one, this Andres Brecken, who isn't really a poker player, is impressed that he beat a guy who's made the World Series of Poker final table twice in MyCon, so he beat him in poker, and he's on a private jet. Like look at these two great things that have happened at once. That's what that's what Andres Brecken is, is basically tweeting on February nineteenth. So I, I have a feeling that this was something that has to do with a conference where they just paid for them to go on this private jet. That would be my first guess. My second guess would be somebody else on that private jet is very rich and uh, like Mycon and, and like this Andres Brecken and you know said, hey, you know, we're all going to the conference. How would you like to? Yeah, I'm I'm taking a private jet here. How would you like to take it with me? Uh, now, I, I, as an alternate point of view, someone is uh, messaging me right now with their own theory. Who's listening live? So I will uh, read their theories. He would totally chip in on one to impress the other guys. He wants so badly to be built, viewed as a baller Bitcoin visionary. It's probably no more than 5K as low as 1K. I, I doubt it was as low as 1K for that, even at a short distance, even if he's really still living For a private jet? Well, You're from, out of your mind. Well, it's well, like well, for, thousands, thousands, like close to 10 an hour. That's what I was going to say. From, from, <clears throat> from uh, Antigua, yes, it would be cheaper than going like from Las Vegas uh, because it's a much shorter distance, a very short distance. But still... Uh, I have to think that this is still something that's quite expensive. He's saying to buy a seat. So he's saying that that maybe – so let's say it was $10,000. He's saying if there are five guys on there that they could each spend $2,000. or Even if it's $20,000, they could spend $4,000. That, that this, this person- yeah, but that's also assuming they're all in Antigua. If you're hopping around country to country, landing and picking people up, it's going to be more. Well, yeah, it's possible that what if they all came to you know, meet Mike on first in Antigua – and then, uh, and then they all flew together mm-hmm. to think yet. So I think the most likely scenario is what you said, that somebody that was fond of him or whatever sent, sent the jet for him. But. Yeah, especially because other people were on it. Uh, it that, that's just, if it was just Mycon on the jet, uh, then you say, oh, maybe Mycon's just really bawling and is now like, wants to travel this way and feel important. Since there are other people on the jet, too, uh, who, who are involved in all this stuff, uh, you have to wonder, well, why are they on it, too? You know, so, so, I yeah, I... It's probably one of these two things. Yeah, someone paid for this, had, had to do with a conference and liked them, or they just all chipped in on it and they were all just going from Antigua to St. Kitts, which isn't far, so they just all chipped in on it so they'd all feel important. So I, I wouldn't read into this too much. Uh, and it, it really is a mystery to me, and I've heard so many different interpretations of, uh, of Mycon's life currently. Of Is he balling with Bitcoin but just not spending them, just holding them, thinking they're going to be 100K one day and just holding them and spending the minimum but still worth a whole lot in Bitcoin at the moment? Is he both? Is he rich in Bitcoin and has cashed a lot out and has just tons of money at his disposal? Uh, or or is, uh, is he broke or close to broke? Uh, did he waste all his Bitcoin that he had or most of them and uh, and just wants people to believe this? And I've, I've heard a lot of different interpretations and a lot of stories some of which contradict one another as to what the true situation is. So I don't know. I really don't know. I, I, it's, hard, it's hard to even guess this because I sometimes run through this in my mind. I don't th- spend all day thinking about this, but you know, once in a while I, th- I think about this and I, I think, okay, 
Part of me thinks that Mycon is incapable of holding on to this, that, that he would gamble it away or blow it in some way. Part of me also thinks that he was so obsessed with Bitcoin that he just thinks they're going to be worth so much one day that he, that he's just putting them all away somewhere and letting them sit and that he's gotten lucky and just has a massive amount, but that he's still not taking them out because you know, he still thinks it'll be worth more, uh, but, uh, but that he really has a lot, at least in Bitcoin at the moment. I, I don't know, but I've, I've heard, as I said, I've heard contradictory stories, some of which portray him as someone who is wealthy and some of which portray him as someone who is broke and borrowing money. So it's it's uh, Brandon. What's what's your take on this? Uh, I don't. I just. I basically the same as you. I don't know. I don't know anyone that's close to him that you know I'm close with. I've, I haven't heard anything that. Uh, I mean, the, I guess the closest source that I have is somebody that I'm you know that I trust that is friends with somebody that's friends with him, and you know you could probably yes. figure out who that is, and that person's told me that. I mean, basically what he posted on PFA, that out of everybody he knows, Mycon has more Bitcoin than anybody. And that's what I tend to believe. If that's what he's saying, how can it, I mean, it's not somebody that's close to him. It's someone that's known him for, you know, I mean, whatever. Wasn't this posted openly? This is yeah, what I'm talking about, right? Yes, yes. Yes, yes, it was Reggie Man. So, I mean, Reggie Man comes out publicly, and I'd only call somebody out or, you know, or say something when it's done publicly because anyone can read it. Well, it's yeah, not a yeah. Secret. yeah. It's not betraying anyone's trust. No, or, I know, I know. You know, Reggie Man still has always, has always stayed in contact with Mike. Con- to what degree? I don't know. I don't know if, you know, they're talking once a month, you know, every day. I don't know. But... Reggie Man says that Mycon has more Bitcoin than anyone does. He's only doing it for two reasons. It's either because it's true or he's doing it to troll either you or me. Those well, are the only two things well, I no, can no, think no. of. As a third possibility, <laughs> that, that he believes it, but Mycon didn't tell him the truth. Yeah, but Reggie Man, well... No, he, I'm sure, I don't think Reggie Man. I don't think Reggie Man has seen proof that Mycon has the Bitcoin. I, I, I think it's possible. What if Mycon just told him, I have uh, you know, such and such number of Bitcoin... And Reggie Man believes well, that's it. probably the case. I'm sure Mycon, if that indeed went down, I'm sure he never verified it or showed. That's what him, I'm saying. You know, so Mycon could Mike, he group, could be, but why would he have to? No, I he mean, shouldn't have to. I'm just saying he could be. It could be that Reggie Man honestly believes that, and it isn't true because Mycon hasn't told him the truth. It could be that too. But why would Mycon lie about his net worth? Because he wouldn't. Because it would be humiliating at this point of how long he's pumped Bitcoin and everybody hold on to them, don't blow them, Uh-oh. don't waste them. If he's yeah. really broke, that's why. It, it would kill his credibility. That's why. So, hmm. He was listening to Poker Fraud Alert, and he heard Druff say they were going to go down, so he dumped them all. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I feel, I feel, I mean, people ask me this all the time, and I, you know, it is what it is. It's not. I don't sit here every day thinking about. It. I'm definitely not jealous or, uh, you know, just mad over it. I, like I said, unless we bring it up or someone says something, I don't think about it. But if I had to give my honest assessment, I think he's 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 a multimillionaire. If I had to guess, I mean, like someone puts a prover- for proverbial gun to my head and, and says, you know, tell me what you honestly think. You know, one side, it would be that I think he, he's run it up and he's, you know, he hit the jackpot. I, I would I have, mean, I'd have such a hard time with this because I've really heard so it. So over under five million. I, um, I listen, it's just I can't I can't see Reggie Man lying to, to, to the forum and then to other people he's told privately to. And. I would think you're right, Todd. There's always that chance that you know maybe he was embarrassed, but 
I, I just feel that he has a close enough relationship with some of these people that they do know the truth, that there's possible business dealings that they've done and other you know, social aspects where Reggie Man would believe it enough to, to validate that statement. So um, to answer your question, I'd have to say over $5 million. I mean, the amount that Bitcoins are now. And then, you know, the, the other thing you got to consider is, you know, he, he was working, owning whatever you want to call it for seals with clubs for so long when they were just raking Bitcoin after Bitcoin after Bitcoin. I mean, even if he held on to like a quarter, a third, a fifth, a tenth of what he had and what they were worth back then, you're still talking tens of millions. So, I mean, but, but think I, about that. It wasn't just even him just having Bitcoin. You know, he was getting paid in Bitcoin. Well, that was the only way too. he had them. He was uh, he was he had that was the only way he had them. He had blown the previous Bitcoin he had. That was known for a fact. Uh, Probably no no yeah. no. I I knew for a fact that was that he blew okay. the previous Bitcoin. But but the question is what he made from seals. What happened the, to it? That, that's the, the big other, mystery. The other thing is, I really think he's doing a good job to stay off the radar. Notice he didn't tweet that. He didn't tweet any pictures of him on a plane. Okay, think about that. The old Micon, the way he was, if he was on that private plane, you don't think sure as shit he'd be tweeting pictures of him wearing some, you know, fedora and having, you know, a, a, a mink fur on and you know, just having a sh- glass of champagne, tweeting about how he's a boss. I mean, think about that. What well, you, the Micon that we—I'll I'll tell you why I think it is. Uh, there is a thing under the radar. Well, yes, I, I agree, and I'll tell you why I think so. There is a very clear turning point from when he was the grandstander to the person under the radar. There was a very clear turning point, and that was when he was charged with with crimes related to SEALs. And then, uh, you know, he at first when he got the, the raid happened, he was still grandstanding and, and, and bragging he's starting a new SEALs and screw the government. Then, obviously, at the advice of his attorney, he went quiet. And ever since then, even though this case is long over now, and now he can, you know, he can be on private planes and grandstand and even talk trash about the government all he wants uh he's much more toned down and i i think that he probably does not you know knowing that the government already went after him once that he doesn't want to bring unwanted attention to himself uh the you know the government's very concerned about the bitcoin itself uh, you know there's there's tax implications to bitcoin uh which he'd still be responsible for even if he's not in the u.s uh he's on probation now uh, he, i i feel that he's doing this uh, out of self-preservation i i think it, it could even be hard for him to keep the low profile I mean, people don't change that much and and uh i i think it could even be tough for him that he wants to grandstand like this he wants to be seen as the baller and all that but i i think that uh maybe what happened to him has had such an impact that he's afraid to do so it's it's uh so i I, that that there was a very clear turning point there that that would strongly i've noticed the same thing you have but i think it has to do with fear of uh bringing problems onto himself even if uh even if he's not doing something you know terribly illegal just just i i bet you uh, whatever you know, you'd want to make a friendly bet. I don't know how we'd ever prove this. That he's traveling around on in on a Antiguan passport. I bet he's not even using a U.S. passport because everything that I've read online states that you can stay in Antigua on a normal visa for ninety days. You can stay in Antigua with a like a student or work visa for six months. Longer than that, you have to buy citizenship, which isn't very expensive. I mean, you know, for someone that that would have Bitcoin. So you don't hear him having to leave. I'm sure, you know, especially with a child that's that's school age now, he's not flying from country to country using a tourist visa. He's he's a resident. He wanted that passport. 
So now, you know, he's not subject to any, you know, of those laws. He can, he could basically fly, you know, not that he's going to come to the U.S. anyhow, but he can fly from island to island or country to country with an Antiguan passport and just totally be off the radar even more, where the United States doesn't even know when he's traveling. Or his whereabouts are. Yeah, he, I mean, he, no one's told me that. I'm just that's what I'm guessing. He, he may have gotten you know? one, and uh, he. Uh, you know, one thing though that uh, I can tell you that if you're like a, an American who is trying to, especially a white American trying to uh, raise kids in Antigua, it's very tough. I know somebody who did, and it, it didn't work out very well. I know somebody. Nobody, none of you out here know them, so there's no point saying who they are. Uh, it was someone in the gambling industry, but uh, no one here, anyone personally knows, no one on Poker Fraud Alert. But uh, they had a lot of money. They raised, they're obviously in the gambling, the online gambling industry, but they raised uh, a daughter in Antigua. And the daughter had a lot of problems. And I don't believe these were just natural problems that would have happened no matter where they lived. Uh, she had a hard time fitting in to the, the culture there. She, you know, you're just very different. And that can be very tough, and um, especially in a place like Antigua. It's not like in, in the U.S. where there's you know, all this push to uh, you know, no bullying, you know, it, you know, accepting everybody who's different, all, all that stuff that's pushed in the schools very hard these days. In Antigua, it's not like that. So uh, right. this, this girl had a lot of problems uh, that I attributed to – the environment there. In fact, I was told that some of them were because of uh, it was hard to fit in over there. So, uh, for you know, the sake of Mycon's daughter, who obviously I, the, the the kid I have no problem with at all. It's just the the kid who, <laughs> just the child who was uh, born to him and his wife. I, I I hope that for the kid's sake that that's not where she grows up. Even if Mycon is rich, even if he can afford a very nice place to live and uh, live very well, and that's uh, still not. A good environment. It's still not a that healthy even environment. Now, if if she was a native Antiguan, that'd be a different story. Then then I'm not even bashing the country necessarily. Which, which the U.S. is a much better place to grow up than Antigua. Antigua has got a lot of issues itself. But but even putting that aside, just uh, it, it just. I mean, very, it's a level. It's a slight level up from a third world country. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's what it is. is. That's what it is. But you but know, when ninety percent of the population is living in poverty and. You know, it, it's it is. And, oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I want to correct Jay Stat. Jay Stat, uh, when I was just upstairs in my office in the chat, wrote that it might have been part of Mycon's probation to not leave the U.S. But uh, and this was public record, Jay Stat. Jay Stat. That's why we can you know speak on this. Um, that is correct. He couldn't leave the the U.S. Not only the U.S. He couldn't leave Nevada. But that was only for a year. That was from November of 2000. I want to say 14 to November of 2015, or it was 15 to 16. I can't remember. Uh, no, it was 14 to 15, for sure. And then after that, and again, this was public record, he was allowed to, to do as he pleased. And then he told, you know, friends and family, people that were close to him, that literally as soon as that one-year period expired, he was going to leave the United States. And by all accounts, that's what he did. That's what he did. You know, he left the U.S. after one year, and he hasn't... Uh, you know, and the, the the thing about the passport, you know, this is something else, and you know, we've kind of talked about it. And listen, I don't care if people are saying that, oh, you know, I'm obsessed or Druff's obsessed because we're not. But it's newsworthy. I mean, it's newsworthy. We're not just talking about someone that was a former business partner or friend that is off, you know, in the sunset. Like he's still relevant, you know. I mean, for better or worse, I mean, he is. He's still relevant. So it is newsworthy. It's not. I'm trying not to really talk in a in a biased 
manner. But the one thing I'll say is this, okay? He's not. He has not played in the World Series now in in two years. I suspect it'll be three years. I would. It's almost ironic that you know he potentially or possibly or could have all that money that he could literally come and play in you know the 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 mixed what is it the, what what's that what is it called the mixed game championship yeah, the, the, the pro the, the, pro the, players the, championship the poker player championship playing yeah. playing like twenty five k horse and you know all these ten k's like it was nothing when all those years he begged he borrowed he. You know, pleaded. He, you know, he, one year he picked up dog shit to make a thousand dollars. He really did. That's true. He did. Yeah, I, know, I know. He picked up dog shit. They paid him a thousand dollars. I think it was. L. I think it was six hundred. I think it was six hundred. It wasn't even the thousand. Oh, okay. Well, whatever it was, he needed that money to get into a tournament, and he did it. So, can you see the irony that he possibly has enough money, maybe, to play any tournament he wants and show off in any manner that he can? Yet he won't step foot. <laughs> In this country, and that's and that's and what I don't understand. It. That's what I don't quite understand is that if he's come to these agreements, unless he really thinks that they're going to try to get him for the new seal, I I don't know. But uh, no, I, but it, it could be so many other things. It could be taxes. It could be that he's still doing a gambling site or operation. That's what I was that, saying. That, I, yeah, that, that's yeah. There has to be something. There has to be for him to stay out of Vegas. I mean, he's nowhere. He doesn't play tournaments. He nothing. I know. I, I find I find that so weird too, because there were certain tournaments that it just seemed like he would, it, as you said, yes. it would be a, a dream for him to play them. And, and like, not and he just, loved this city. He loved this city. Yeah, he, he did. always. I want to go back to Atlanta. I don't want to go back to Indianapolis. There's no place I want to die here. I want to be here forever. So that has to be telling that he doesn't even come here. Yeah, you so, know. So right. So that's. I mean, I hate even. And if it was, listen, if it was a financial thing, just say he is busted. I mean, I hate saying it because he kind of, you know, but it's true. And he did do it one year that with his notoriety in Bitcoin, he could get all those Bitcoin fanatics to stake him in anything he wants. Yes. To some people, he really is a hero. Like if he said, hey, I'm playing in the World Series this year, my Bitcoin nerd friends, you know, help make that possible. He would he'd be able to play anything he well, wants. Well, not only that, he but they play the, more the, events the bit, than you could. The, bit, the Bitcoin people are also believing that he's this uh, poker genius who, who's uh, killed it at poker. So they, right. that's another thing that they would think they're investing in someone in in, uh, in Phil Ivey basically with with with. with well, do you remember his last year? He posted, uh, you know, packages, you know, that to be staked and buy a piece on Bitcoin forums. He didn't even use poker forums. Yeah, do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that that's so yes. Yeah, so there's some reason he's purposely staying out of the World Series and staying out of Vegas, and we we don't quite know why, but it's it's probably something along the lines of what Brandon said. So there's a lot of unknowns here. A lot of questions i would love to know the answers to these uh much like brandon i think we have a very similar attitude about this i i don't uh, spend much time thinking about this in fact there can be uh, a full month goes by i don't think of brian mike on once I'm, I'm being honest uh something will remind me of him someone will mention him uh send me one of these tweets uh something will remind me about something in the past that we dealt with and uh and, and you know then then i'll think about him and then i'll think about his current circumstance and and that's that's when uh in fact, I probably talk about him more on this show. In fact, I know I talk about more on this show because well, that's our that's our forum. Yeah, I mean that's the only you know other than if you and I are on the phone or in public, and you know somehow it gets brought up. It's not like this is something we just constantly talk yeah, about. Yeah, we don't. Is, you know, it's, the, it's way more discussion that we talk about. It. Way more discussion on this show of MyCon, and way more thinking about MyCon on this show than all other times in my life combined. Like, like in modern yeah. life, not back when we were friends. And again, you know, we can like it or we don't like it, but he's relevant. It's still relevant. I mean, it is. Yeah, and it's interesting. You know? and a lot of people who are, who, who are on this forum were part of the Neverwind Poker Forum, the Dunk Down Forum. So, so they're still interested in this subject, and, and you know, I'm not going to just ignore it. So uh, it, it has a personal connection to us, obviously. And uh, and, and even by itself, there's, there's uh, some interest in it. I would still, even if 
I didn't have any history with him and just knew of him through poker, I, I would still mention not quite as much, but I would still mention things with him because it's the whole thing's kind of an interesting story. So uh, whatever it's whatever it is, and uh, we'll move on here. ESPN has announced the uh, World Series of Poker broadcast schedule. Uh, far cry from back in the days when they were showing uh, preliminary events like the 1500 Limit Hold'em event. Uh, they, they've really cut down on this for they, they're really only showing major events now on ESPN. And uh, Poker Go has taken over showing less major events. But they've released the ESPN schedule. Keep in mind, this is not the Poker Go schedule. That'll be released later at an unknown date. But here is the broadcast schedule for ESPN. They are going to show the main event live. And I was kind of on a TV table, but not really. I was on like a third a third TV table during uh, day two in 2017. Uh, but they really didn't show any hands from there. In fact, they couldn't even see whole cards, which was kind of stupid. So they, uh, they they quickly flashed our table very quickly, and it's because the, the there were there was a World Series main event winner. There, uh, uh, Jonathan Duhamel was there. There was uh, uh, oh, what was his name? Finished ninth one year. Now I'm forgetting his name. One of the final tableists from uh, the 2010 year was there. I'm forgetting the guy's name now. Um, then there was me, and there's an, an, an NBA, a former NBA player whose name I forget too, that played for the Cavaliers. Uh, so the, the four of us were there, and that was enough to be the third main event TV table. Uh, but it was never really shown, other than quick flashes of it. I think someone caught like a second flash of me on there. Uh, but uh, th- what they're doing, and this, this started last year, they're actually showing the main event live every day, starting from day one on these uh, featured tables. So July 2nd, they're going to have uh, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, screw Eastern. This is, this is a West Coast bias show. I'm giving, you, I'm giving you Pacific, especially because that's where it actually is. It's in Vegas, which is Pacific time. So 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific will be on uh, day 1A, July 2nd. Uh, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific, a shorter time, day 1B. July 3rd, uh, 5.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific, it'll be day 1C on the 4th of July. July 5th, uh, one of the days two, d- days 2AB, that's going to be from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., only a two-hour window. Day 2C, the f- following day, July 6th, from 5.30 p.m. to 9 p.m., a little bit longer. Day 3, everybody combines for the first time, it'll be from 3 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., Day 4 will be from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., or to 3 p.m. Day 5 will be from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. These are kind of weird times. They're jumping all over the place. It's kind of hard for people to keep track of. These are all going to be on ESPN, by the way. Oh, look who's calling it. Okay. Brandon, let me let me reconnect you. And Trader Risk, are you still there? Like, you know what? I'm going to call this person back. Yeah, I, uh, oh, yeah, I'm calling you back. Whatever no, no, you want. No, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to reconnect this person here. Let me... Uh, I have, to, I have to add this person to my contacts to do this, and then we'll. Uh, someone's trying to call, and we haven't heard from him in a while. But I, here, I just added them to. The, now I'm going to add them to the group call. It'll be better this way. Let's see if they can pick up. It's been a while. Trying to connect. Caller, you're on the air. 
Caller, can't hear you. Hi, Drew. It's Belly. There we go. Belly Buster. Hello. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. The, the... Oh, no. But Belly Buster, is that you, Booby? No, I can't hear him anymore. It is indeed. Oh, oh, there we go. There it, we go. It, it's, it's Drexel. What's up, my buddy? My, my buddy over the pond. Am I right? I'm all good. I'm all good. We've got no fried chicken. Oh, you have no... no you, I thought no. you all, you people eat... No, I saw, I saw that on the news this morning, right? The, Wait. the KFCs, they shut the trucks down or something. Why do they close There's, the KFCs? They can't get oh, the chicken. Oh, it was a fuck-up. All right, tell us what happened. This this is awful. What what happened here? Well, I, I kind of guess it's big news here, but um, what they did was they changed their delivery company. And the new delivery company were just fucking clueless, so... The world can't get chicken. That's what it boils down to. There's riots. It's not quite as bad as that. Yeah. No, I, Wait. I, went, to the, I went to the market and bought 20 pounds of chicken today. Wait, the whole reason. world can't get chicken or just, just uh, the UK? <laughs> no, it's just Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC. Sons of um, bitches. And just, in, and, and just in the UK as well. So, uh. no, But anyway, I'm surviving. Snowtracks is messaging me now. He wants to know if this means because you can't eat your fried chicken that there could potentially be more bannings on the fraud uh, network poker room. Is that true? Well, possibly. Um, yeah, I, I guess for that stuff, I just left it alone for the best part. But, uh, you know, it seems to have created a bit more interest with, uh, you know, with a ban hammer coming down on a few people. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> now, why, why was Snowtracks banned? I'm, I'm still not sure about this. What was the reason for his ban? Because uh, handicapped me um, paid a hundred bucks. Oh, oh, that's right. There was a bribe. I, I remember yeah. reading it. That's why I told yeah. you, Druff. I'm like, you got to read your site. But that's what it was. Handicapped me. Uh, yeah, paid a uh, hundred. I'll make like it the old NWP days. I think split this uh, was trying to do a reverse negotiation, reverse ban, <laughs> um, bribe standard maneuver so you know it could, it could be a bit of a money spinner you know don't now, forget I believe, this is, though, uh, this whole enterprise is run at a loss you know just to remind people it is it is the whole thing's that run at a loss now didn't handicap agree to use that hundred dollars that he was sending you or didn't you agree that it would go to the free roll or something because you don't need the hundred dollars yeah. anyhow yeah so it just came back to the community is all sure. she he was going to send it to to uh Druff. in fact um, yeah, I think he was just after Druff's PayPal to send it, so. <laughs> so now it all just reverts back to Druff not seeing the money again. <laughs> Usual. We've, yeah, Usual we've come stuff. full circle. Jesus. I, I, I listened in about five minutes ago. I know you were talking about MyCon, but um, I, I guess, Brandon, you probably know this already, but um, uh, when he had that GoFundMe page, there was a few of us that were just put in uh, um, kind of fake GoFundMes. You could, uh, you could toss in uh, you could toss in five dollars and uh, you know get your message of choice. Up right, and, I remember uh, that. Yeah, people, people were trolling. People were trolling it big time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, the, the the one that had your name on uh, was uh, that was actually me. So <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> there was somebody else. As he, well. he kept deleting there them. Was a, he, was, he was he was getting so pissed about. It. He was deleting them so rapidly. He was getting so frustrated. Like he was getting five bucks, but I, I could tell you it wasn't worth it to him to keep getting these fives that were trolling him. Yeah. Now listen, Belly Buster. I gotta ask you something, and I'm 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 a very uh, humble person, so please, you know, just be honest here. I know this isn't the most exciting radio, but I, I do want to say this. 
I've been playing a number of members on PFA for going on two years now in open, open face Chinese. And I'm pretty much, or I wouldn't even say pretty much, I'm definitely up on everybody on the entire site that I played by far. Okay, I'm crushing basically everyone. I'm not saying that to be egotistical. I tell most people I'm good at this game, except Belly Buster fucking owns me. I can't beat this guy for the life of me. Now, in all fairness, we don't play very fast because of the time difference. Sometimes only play a hand or two a day. Sometimes not even that much. Sometimes a little bit more. But he's he's been he's crushing me. He, you know, if we were playing fast, if he lived in the tam- same time zone and we were awake at the same hours, I'd be down thousands to him easily. So, Belly Buster, I'm going to ask you, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I mean, you know, just what, what am I doing wrong well, that you own me so much? Why should he, why should he tell be, you? Doesn't he want to keep beating you? Why should he tell you what you're doing wrong? Well, he doesn't, he doesn't even care about the money. He's not like that kind of guy. But, I mean, is there, okay, am I just playing bad? Are you just playing better? No, I, I, think, I think the only thing that I would say, because we played Deuce of Seven, and, and by the way, um, I don't play any regular poker whatsoever. I, I used to. But that makes it worse. I, I really? <laughs> O- OFC, but OFC is, 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 is my sort of game of choice. Um, what I would say is you, you have to, um, you basically have to go for the kind of aces and kings uh, in, in the front, you know, simple as. And, that, and that's not a bad strategy. And, of course, with it being used to seven, you only have to get some raggy, Ten. like, two, Ten. Pa- two pair. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to, to make sure that the um, to, to make sure that it qualifies. But, see, it's odd that you say that because I play very aggressive. I'm always putting aces or kings, you know, on top. And he's talking about you know because that will ensure you get the fantasy land if you don't foul. But whatever. Either well, yeah, way, this guy, no, he, you own yeah. me. You own me. You absolutely own me. I can't make any ground up on you ever. It's been two years. The, the, <laughs> the other trick with that with that particular version is that um, you only get four points for the uh, for the seven low. I mean, so the low is not worth bothering with. You can just, you know, kick that, kick that to the curb. Um, so even if you just make a nine, ten, whatever, uh, go for that. But always, always aim to try and get the uh, the aces or kings. Really? So well, this, that, 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 this is yeah. hundreds of thousands of hands. And you know what? I realize the only time I'm ever playing for a strong low is if I can make the wheel in the center because that will get me to fantasy land. Otherwise, I don't care about it. But yeah. Okay. Well, it, either way, you're, you're we played. Great. We played. Yeah, I mean, we played hundreds of hands though, and, and you know, it's only a few hundred points. So, I mean, you can, you, you can, um, you know, you can be up or down like a couple hundred points in like you know forty. Yeah, 40, that's true. Forty hands or something. I mean, most other people I've played thousands with, but because, as I said, the time difference. Um, but yeah, I, I listen. I give you props. You're by far the toughest opponent that I've played. I mean, by far. Okay. Like I just, cool. I can't figure you out. So you know, give you props, brother. Yeah, some good. some people disown you. You just can't beat them. So yeah, all right, uh, the belly buster. Yeah, you know, I appreciate you uh, you running this room all these years, and uh, that's very good. And uh, you know, it, there's it's the no fraud fraud sites. Look, if, if anybody uh, anybody gets banned, I just tell them, look, nothing I can do. You have to go to belly buster. Yeah. Now, so, um, now, Belly Buster, while we have you on the line, is there anything you want to promote or talk about? <laughs> Anyone you want to give a shout-out to? Do you have maybe a book or a website coming out? Anything like that? No, no, I don't I don't have any I don't have any books. Um, I, I guess I probably just... The reason for ringing up was because I, uh, I did see the agenda and I saw that the uh, No Fraud fraud uh, Poker Room was, um, was kind of high up there. Um, so... 
uh, just to set the record straight, I, I think there was a few people that um, were kind of questioning maybe a few of the bids that were, were going on. Of course, you've got to remember last week that there was some big bounties at stake, so and it's a free roll, so people play a little bit odd anyway. But I don't think there was really a case to answer by anybody. We, we kind of had a little look at it. Um, the, the original bannings, by the way, were just because... One of the things I can do real quick is just run a um, just run a report to see if there's any kind of obvious dupes, people playing off the same IP, people playing off the same computer. And that, that threw up a few names, but but um, but, but after um, but after getting in contact with these people, um, it, it was all just a big misunderstanding. Uh, Hello, Colonel Nigel Fabersham here. Uh, I've, got, I've got a question for you, since you're, you're across the pond right now. And uh, um, uh, when you hear me on the radio, um, how convincing am I to you? If, if you did not know me, uh, would you doubt at all that uh, I was from your country? Yes. Sorry to uh, tell bollocks. you that, uh, Nigel. Uh, bollocks. Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to fit in, and um, you're, not, you're giving me a complex about this whole matter. You know, it's, it, I was hoping you would say, oh, Colonel, you know, I do know, I do know your secret, but if I did not know, I would think that uh, you could be my next-door neighbour. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I, I think possibly to American ears, it's, it's very convincing, but I guess to a sort of, um, to, a, to a native, um, you know, you'd, you'd struggle to, uh, you'd struggle to convince you know, anybody. I, I shall have you know. I shall have you know that um, when I called up a casino, now, admittedly, this was in uh, Wisconsin or something, where they probably are not experts on the accents, but um, uh, they actually mistaked, had mistaken me for some, a, a, an actual British player that had played in the event. And they said, oh, we know who you are, that uh, British guy who was playing. And I said, hey, sis, that was me. So they actually believed that I was the British gentleman without me even explaining where I was from. So um, I, I, okay. put, I put that feather in my cap. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought that perhaps that was the validation I'd been looking for. Well, I think most Brits couldn't kind of really tell you a, a sort of East Coast accent from a West Coast, I guess, listening to this show a little bit. And, you know, having, um, having the, the luxury of uh, kind of hearing people call in and, you know, they say where they're from. Uh, it's kind of a bit easier to kind of piece together the, the, the U.S. accents. But I guess for a lot of Brits, you know, just be a just be a Yankee accent and that's it so um, it, it does vary a lot throughout the country as well that's the other thing you've got to remember it, it, there's a lot of regional uh, a lot of regional variations as well so I think you've definitely gone for the kind of like uh, um, southeast sort of posh Tory boy type uh, colonel so oh yes yes uh, oh well so um, I, I didn't know what to say so so if you had heard me with, without without knowing the background here um would you believe that uh, what would you believe about this uh, this colonel that you were hearing without knowing anything at all about him? What, what, what would the conclusion be upon hearing that voice for the first time? Well, yeah, I guess um, it's it's uh, you know it's quite a it's quite a distinctive accent. I, I guess there might be one person somewhere that, that talks a little bit like that. <laughs> um, it's um, you know I, I guess you, you've gone for the kind of south, southern. Um, southern tosser type uh, a tosser uh, it, 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 how dare you call me a tosser I mean, you know <laughs> I, I didn't think that you, you would be using such language with me on this program alright um, I, I, I am uh, quite insulted by this uh, sort of behaviour uh, I'm going to be uh, excusing myself from this conversation tally ho pip pip and let's get on with it tally ho alright 
Good night, Nigel. Well, that's but, uh, it. Talk, talking of accents, I, um, Mr. Um, I think Mr. Tickle rang in a few um, a few weeks ago, and he, I play him every now and again on OFC, and I, I sort of pretty much plucked out whereabouts in the UK he was from. So uh, okay, well, Mr. Tickle, he lives in in Russia, and it's very cold there right now too. He was showing like yeah, the, the, yeah, super cold. The, and this is in centigrade, but he was saying that this is. Uh, uh, like a minus eleven high and a minus twenty three low, so it's it's brutal over there. But I, I guess he does. Yeah, that, that, that's cold in any scale. Yeah, and he does at least get the benefit though of things being cheap and also the the, the women liking him a lot more over there. So he does get those fringe benefits. Good stuff. All right, well, guys, I'm going to shoot. I'm 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 actually in the car right now as well, so um, I'm, I'm I'm heading somewhere. Just thought I'd. Oh, 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 there is one other thing as well. So, new rules on the poker, poker room. Um, you have to get permission from me uh, to have your account authorised for, um, for the radio tournament. Everybody, um, up until when I did this on Tuesday or whatever, everyone's in. That's fine. Any new stuff, um, got to let me know. 28-day turnaround. Twenty-eight days. Yeah, so I, I battled with this tonight. I battled with this tonight, where I was. Uh, I had to figure out how to add new people that I knew belong there, like Bobby Orr. He made a new account and couldn't use it, and I, I figured out how to do it. But I was like, "Oh okay. no, I, I can't." These guys get in. But so yeah, uh, if you're new to the free roll in the future, you'll have to message Belly Buster to be approved. However, if I know you and I know you belong there, you can message me also, and I can I can put you in. But uh, no promises. Yeah, and I and I guess a lot of that was just around um, making sure people don't kind of sneak in that shouldn't be there. It's obviously pretty easy if people wanted to to just create a dupe and, and, and kind of re-register in the, in the, you know, you could maybe play twice, you could maybe play on a couple of accounts, this, that, and the other. I don't want to spend my life policing that stuff, so, um, you know, I just, um, I'm just sort of tightening that up a little bit. Okay. Um, but, but, you know, I, I don't... I don't well, hold on, hold on. Before we continue, we, we have we have a caller on here as well. Uh, another caller who's uh, at least originally from the UK. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Hello, guys. So, identify yourself, uh, caller. Is that, is that Mr. I'm Mr. Tickle. Tickle. There you go, Mr. Tickle. Yeah. Yeah, I could tell from the I could tell from the accent. <laughs> Mr. Tickle from from Moscow. Yeah. How you doing, guys? Hey, buddy. How are you? This is Drexel. Yeah, it's um, minus fifteen here, so that's great. Now minus fifteen in in Celsius is uh, what's well, it's, it's kind of like what twelve degrees or something Fahrenheit is that what it is? I have no idea. I have no idea. My my adopted son just texted me and he said this radio show is amazing. He loves it. He's listening now. Hmm. I told him that Belly Buster was friends with the Queen of England. He was very impressed. Yeah, I I just I just checked uh, minus. You say minus twelve or minus fifteen? 15. Minus 15 is actually only 5 Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's wow. pretty damn cold. He's in Moscow, folks, for those that are listening. Russia. Yeah, yeah it's pre- pretty cold. It's, uh, but it's like really sunny, though. You know, It's like when it's freezing cold and there's a lot of snow, but it's really sunny. Yeah, I, I well, I look, I went out this way in, uh, in Lake Tahoe about a year ago. I skied on a sunny day with no wind, but it was 15 degrees out. And by the end of the day, I was freezing, especially because it would create wind like on the chairlift when I'd be skiing down the hill. So I'm telling you, even without the natural wind and without and with being completely sunny, it built up on me. I was freezing by the end. 
honestly, it's much nicer than like five degrees in the UK when it's raining and windy. This this is much more pleasant. See, hearing five degrees and raining, I just can't process that because you're talking about five degrees Celsius, and like here, it would never rain five yeah. degrees because that'd be way. Was that like was like forty five or something? Yeah, it's like 42, 43, but yeah, that's about what it is. Right now, um, yeah, actually, 5 is about 4 degrees. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about 40 degrees. So it, it's about like 4 degrees Celsius where I am right now, which is very cold for L.A. So I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> well, look, look, it's only like about – there's – only about 35 degrees difference. It's not uh, – it's a big difference, but it's not as big as it normally would be. You know, the thing about Moscow is in the winter, it's super cold, but in the uh, summer, it's really, really, really hot. So you get the worst really of both worlds. This. Yeah. Yeah, the real seasons here. Because in the, in the UK, it's uh, you really don't get any difference. It's just mild and rainy the whole year round. Summer, autumn, winter, spring, everything. Yeah, I don't remember being... I was there in August, and I definitely wasn't hot there. But I was only there once, and it was back in 91, but it was not hot. And uh, It's like autumn the whole year. That's kind of what I remember. So, so in Moscow, how long are you going to be in Moscow? Are you going to live there for many years? Well, I have a contract for two years. So, is it is it still going well with the women there? Uh, I had a girlfriend, and that went tits up. So I'm back <laughs> on the market. So, but I thought you were saying it's easy to get girls there, being from the UK. Yes, it is. But then I actually liked one of them, and uh, oh no. I know, I know, I know. Anyway, that's that's gone away. That's gone away. So I'm uh, back and enjoy myself. Okay. Well, you get British people on, and all they talk about is the weather. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, are you in a car there? I'm here. Do you have uh, fried chicken in uh, Moscow? Yes, we do. We have KFC. <laughs> Uh, stay! Don't don't ever don't ever come back, Mr. Tickle. Back. Just stay there. How, yes. how is how is the sushi in Russia? Be honest. I, I, you know, it's pretty good, but it's not it's not like Britain or America or even Japan. It's like a Russian sushi. In fact, I'm pretty sure that Russians think sushi sushi is Russian. Really? Yeah, they have they have the normal things. They have like the classic rolls and even the classic American. California rolls, Philadelphia rolls, and they have their own kind of things too, which is strange. It's nice, but it's strange. What is your favorite cuisine in in Russia? Like, if you could have anything you wanted tonight or today, money's no option. What would you have to eat in downtown Moscow in the cafes or a nice restaurant? You know, they have they have some really nice Western style restaurants in Moscow. Moscow is it's really not Russia. You know, it's a very modern European city. When you leave Moscow and leave St. Petersburg, then you get in the real Russian places with only Russian cuisine. It's just... What is that? Goulash? Goulash? Is that something you, they eat out there? Yeah, it- that's, that's Hungarian. Yeah, Hungarian. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So here it's borscht. Yeah, I was going to say borscht. Yeah, that would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah, they like, they like the soups. They love soups. But it's a lot of meats and soups, basically. It's... Uh, and they always, they always want to pickle things as well. Everything's stored for months. Everything's pickled from from the summer. So, You know, I, I have to say, though, yeah, the that's what I find most interesting traveling to foreign countries is actually kind of going out to the away from the big cities and seeing the way people really live and, and really getting a feel for the, 
local culture and and all of that. It's, uh, being in the big city, which you know tends to imitate uh, big cities everywhere, and, and often can be touristy. Also, if there's a, a tourist angle to it, that uh, that's not as interesting to me. So that's uh, th- that's something I would actually yeah. like to see if I went to Russia. Yeah, Moscow is very comfortable for Westerners to live in. You know, it's 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 cheap and it's pretty European. It's just, you, you wouldn't struggle here. Yeah. But I would want to see outside of Moscow. I want to see that too. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I would also want to see kind yeah. of the real Russia that that isn't Moscow. Yeah, but you, you, I don't think you do. You don't think I do? Why? Why not? <laughs> no, it's really shit. It's really what? Because the really shit. It's shit. Okay. The the yeah the the economy is uh, is awful. Um, it's you know those countries that you see where people are really poor but everyone's happy. Yeah. It's kind of like that, where they have nothing, but they're very hospitable, so they'll they'll treat you really well. But you you won't look around and think, wow, these people have such good lives, you'll think, how are they so happy living in such squalor? But but, but I find that interesting. I've I've been to other places like that. I I don't have a problem with it. I'd I'd have more of a problem if they they were poor and and, and angry and bitter. There I probably wouldn't want to be. Yeah, because you know, in um, you know, in the US or the UK, when you have a when you have a problem, you you blame your politicians. You think, okay, we'll vote them out in the next election cycle. Over here, they just say, eh, "There's nothing we can do, so let's just be happy." That that's what I've seen too. That's like like in, I saw that in Indonesia a lot. I was in Indonesia and I saw some really really poor areas where they they had nothing and they were living under you know, really lousy circumstances, and and everyone acted happy. Yeah, there's like a they resigned to the fact that they can't do anything to change their circumstances. Basically, corruption's rife. The elections are rigged. So, what are they going to do? They just and I think people just, people grew up there. If they grow grow up there, and this is all you know, even if you're an adult mm-hmm. and and you never knew any different, then it's it, you don't it doesn't bother you as much than if you knew something better, and then you're then you're stuck that way. Then it's very depressing. Actually, you know, if you know something better, like if you're from the West and you come here. It's quite easy because you feel you can't do anything. Nobody wants to hear your opinion about Russian politics. You can't vote. And you look at the mess that's happening. And so I look at the mess that's happening in the UK with Brexit and all the politicians that I despise. And I think, I can't do anything about either of them. And it's quite liberating, actually. Now, by the way, I I was contacted. Now, Mr. Tickley, you're you're 21, right? Or 22? What are you? you? 23. 23. Okay, so you're not the youngest listener anymore. There was a, a guy contacted me in California who's 20, who uh-huh. listens to this show. So there's actually a younger listener than you. Well, I, I joined when I was 20, so I'm happy to pass on the uh, baton. Yeah. And there's Crypt, who I think is 21, who's who's banned from the free roll, too. Did you ever unban him, or is, or is he banned still? Uh, Belly Buster. Um, he, uh, he hasn't got in contact with me to, uh, to discuss his, um, his, his, his banning situation. So uh, <laughs> that, that ball is in his court. I see. No. Now, Belly Buster, what are you doing? What time is it over there now? It's morning time. It's 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 nine. It's just gone uh, nine. Yeah, just gone nine a.m. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm making my way into the office. Now, where are you driving? Oh, okay, that's what I was going to ask. You're going to the office. I, I am. Yes, I, I. Unlike a lot of people on this side, do work a job. So uh, yeah, that's so, amazing. Unfor- unfor- unfortunate for me, but um, but uh, on the other side, I. Um, I do own the company, so that means I oh, wow. can kind of do do whatever I want. Now, say you've had a bad day on Poker Fraud Alert, you know, because of all the bannings and the 
the collusion and chip dumping in your free poker room. Will you ever go into the office and start taking out employees over there? No, no. I, I, I think that would be a bit unfair. I, um, I, I don't think that anything particularly on uh, PFA troubles me so much to start uh, um, troubling point. even the cat. So uh, Now, <laughs> the cat. How many employees do you have over there uh, across the pond? Well, um, you know when you have the sort of um, kind of drop downs and it's like 1 to 50, 51 to 100. Yeah. Um, it's definitely in the 1 to 50 category. Um, but um, it's, it's, it, it's, a, it's a smallish venture. But, um, and and how, many uh, but I, how many of your employees know anything about or even know the name Poker Fraud Alert? No. <laughs> one, right? Not one of no. knows about it. Okay, I just, I don't know. Maybe you shared. Yeah. Maybe there's a trusted guy in there that said, hey, you ever see that hold him on TV? And you're like, I got better than that. I run the no-fraud poker room. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, there's people yeah. who are so uh, ashamed of their association with a the site, they won't even tell family members. Like uh, Sanomar, he has a daughter. Yeah, he, he has a daughter who lives in Las <laughs> Vegas. Too. Listen, Sanomar has a daughter who's 23, lives in Las Vegas, works at Zappos. He makes all this public, so I'm not giving out info. Uh, and, and he... She was friendly with someone or dating a guy who was friendly with Jason Somerville. And so she's going to say, oh, have you ever heard of a poker player named Jason Somerville? He wouldn't even tell his daughter that he that he knows anything about the poker community. He, he pretended like he knew nothing. And she has no idea yeah. that he's made thousands of posts on a poker forum and listens to a poker show. He just pretended like he knew nothing. When she, when she, this is his own daughter. I think sometimes it, it's easier to... Is to um, kind of have uh, have that sort of degree of separation for some people as well, because um, you know it's it, it, it's it's bad enough when you've got the site open and uh, you sort of scroll down and um, you get the HOF guy there and stuff like, like that. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's it, it, it's probably one to uh, um, you know maybe maybe only share with your uh, closest nobody- associates. Yeah, I have. I, also, the, the amount of right wing uh, Stormfront S posts that are on the website, I don't want to be associated with that, you know? Well, listen, listen. I, see, I hear this all the time, but the truth is, I can tell you that, that most of the political posts on the site are from people who are on the left. There's a, it's, it's actually much more of, a, of left-leaning uh, political posts on the site than right-leaning ones. So I, I think that's a, an unfair rap the site gets. If, if anything, Maybe you have a different idea of left-wing than I do. Well, at least by the U.S. standards, there is, uh, there's more left-wingers posting or, or center-left people posting than, than right-wingers. And, and yes, it's, it's run by someone who's right-wing, that's true, but, uh, but I, don't, I don't ever uh, you know, assert control over that type of content. I let people post the opinions they want and don't ever censor it. So, anyway, uh, that, well, it's interesting here having we have two Brits on here, and uh, yeah, thank you both for for calling. And uh, uh, Mr. Tickle, I know you you listen to the show every week, and uh, I appreciate yes, that. I do. And, uh, always in the archives. I, I'm always glad to have younger listeners too, just so I don't feel as old. Because I, I, I when it's like every listener, when every listener is 35 or older, uh, and a lot of them are older than me, it makes me feel old because it makes me feel like that uh, the young people just can't understand me. That I have no appeal at all to anyone who's young. And that uh, I make no sense to anyone who's young, and that uh, it makes me feel like this old guy that only other old people can appreciate. So at least uh, I, I have young listeners like you and this uh, 
uh, individual here in, in, in California that uh, I know I think I think if you're into gambling and you understand the, the lingo and everything then it's it's fine and also if you're happy to listen to other people's viewpoints you're open-minded then I think you're a good great person to listen to now Okay, well, well, thank you. I'm not saying you have to agree to everything. I just, uh, I'm just. Uh, I definitely don't agree with anything. To be <laughs> I, I have to say that uh, you know, I, I do wonder. Like, you know, it's not surprising to me that the vast majority of the listeners are ones that uh, are in my own demographics. You know, male who are middle-aged males, really. But uh, but then I wonder, well, why, why doesn't it appeal to that many younger people? And I, I think, well, maybe they just can't relate to me because I'm older. So you also yeah. have to think about poker and how uh, Black Friday affected young people in the U.S. So people are just not looking for you, I think. Yeah, that's true. That's with a tiny percentage of people under twenty-five who played the main event. That was very apparent. So yeah, but if you go to a UK card room, for example, there's lots of young people, university students. It's it's no different in, in Britain. Yeah, it is true in the U.S. that there's it's uh, poker's aging very quickly. And there's 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 not yeah. many young people in the game anymore. So that's that's a good point. I hadn't really thought of. That makes me feel a little bit better and less uh, less like the old guy who can't relate to young people. Especially because you know, my son is almost forty years younger than me, and and I, I think you know right now it's, it's too young to really matter. But I'm thinking like when he's a teenager, he's going to think his dad is so old. He's going to just think like that. Yeah, how, how can he relate to a generation that is forty years old uh, past him? But. Uh, well, my father's like almost forty years older than me, and it's fine. So don't worry about it. Okay, that's good. He's considerably more conservative than me, so we just like bond over things like football and things we actually get along. My with. My, uh, my adopted boy is only twenty five years younger than me, mm. so it's not that bad. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm trying to, you know, get, uh, slowly get uh, influence Benjamin. So you know, this way, by the time he gets old enough, that he'll he'll be a conservative and he'll like the 1980s and all these things. So then, then I'll, I won't seem so old to him. You know, conservatives in his generation will be like liberals in yours. I don't, I don't know. It depends. It's uh, mm. there, there's always there's always backlashes too. Like it, it goes in cycles. So you, you have you have the cycles where uh, the, the younger generation is is more liberal than the previous one, but then you have it where the, the young generation gets more conservative than the previous one, and, and, it, and it goes back and forth. So it, it, I don't know what yeah. it's going to be like when when Ben is is older. Guys, um, I'm going to shoot off. All right, Belly Buster. Thank right, you. Yeah. Listen, right, you're doing a great easy. job. You're doing a hell of a job. We appreciate it very we, much. We, we do. Very much. Cheers, guys. You're doing a great job on the show as well. Okay, thank, thank you. you. You're playing great. And, okay. Thank you. He's a good and, guy. And guys, and guys, before I sign off, um, since I'm newly single in Moscow, I was thinking of like starting a thread about um, Tinder in Moscow. Do you think that would generate any interest? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it would. <laughs> for sure. Yes. I, I, okay. I, I think for two reasons. Maybe I'm uh, about it. Yeah, I think for two reasons. Because uh, first of all, uh, you know, you're young. The, the girls there that will be on Tinder will probably be very attractive, and I, you know, I think the guys on the site will enjoy the antics you have with that. And, and second, it's in a different country, which that makes it even more interesting. All now, right. Mr. Tickle, not to you know bust your balls. I realize you just got out of a relationship. You probably have a little depression. And, you know, listen, you're not supposed to start liking these girls. I told you that. You're not supposed to fall in love with them. But I do want to remind you, it's been, according to my OFC app, 26 days since you made your last move. Uh Uh-oh. I'll make one right now, okay? Now, we're only playing 10 cents a point. Uh, Druff, what are the odds that what are the odds that I'm playing two two Brits only on OFC and they both happen to be on the air at the same time? What would you set those odds at? (laughs) 
I, I thought maybe you play with everybody. I couldn't believe you mentioned that he hasn't made his move either. I thought like everybody no. in the site plays you. No, John. I mean, be honest, Mr. Tickle. Have we been playing for a while now? Yeah, but very, very sporadically. Yeah, I know. It's a, and I'm only kidding. It's don't my even. Fault. It's my fault. No, don't even make a move. I don't care. It's just as long as you make a move once a month to keep the game going. That's all I ask, buddy. Uh, but, once a month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think it's. Well, you know, it's, it's five. It's five rubles a point. You know. I know. <laughs> I, know buddy. I have to give you some more advice too. Uh, since since you're single again, I have to say that uh, you're probably better off not just being in Moscow but being anywhere to try to avoid any kind of serious relationship at this age. Well, wait till you're older to do that. Just just a 20, uh-huh. 20, 23 to say forget it. I'm just gonna. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you get to like someone, it just kind of builds up very quickly, and then it's hard to just say, oh no no, I'm not supposed to like them that much. But uh, I understand that. But I can tell I, you. From, I, I didn't want to. I can assure you. Yeah, I, I can tell you that from my own experience. That's one thing I do wish I could change is just uh, just not to get involved in in serious relationships when I was young. That that's what I. If I could go back, that would be one thing I would change. So. Sounds good. Okay. Well, thank you, Mr. Tickle. Good to hear from you. And uh, absolutely enjoy Russia. Thank you very much. Love the show. Russia. Keep it up. Thank you. All right. Bye. This is. Mrs. Mr. Tiku, who actually uh, says he, he disagrees with everything I say on the show, but he, but he still enjoys it and listens to every episode. So that's good. Mm. Sort of. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so continuing with the ESPN thing, I, I had to interrupt it to answer the... the, the I, I, I got to ask you real fast. How many more segments do we have? Because I am starting to fade a little bit, buddy. We, a lot. It's early. Don't, don't even ask. A, a lot. But uh, you, you, oh, when, when, whenever you're done, you can drop off. It's fine. What's a lot? Like five, six, seven? Uh, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my God. I mean, they're not going to okay. be super long segments. I mean, I'm not expecting no, you to stay, though. You can, you can stay I'm what you doing want. Doing the best I can. I'm like, you know, it, doing this show is almost like uh, playing a sport or something. My stamina isn't what it used to be because i haven't been doing it you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like I've, I've you know like it's like anything where i'm, I'm not conditioned now um it's one o'clock and you know i took a break earlier i had a salami sandwich and i'm, I'm fading the old brandon he'd be ready to go and then so all right go ahead buddy we're okay. talking about uh, the, the, the main event so, so anyway the, the 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 espn tele- televising yeah. so they're 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 jumping all over with the times of day that they're showing it which is so this is days one through seven. They're jumping all over the place. I can't see how the average viewer is going to keep track of that. But uh, for days one through seven, they do show it every day for at least a few hours. Uh, then day eight is when the final table starts. And there they're going to show the entire final table over the next uh, three days. And then two days later, they're going to be starting the big one-for-one one drop, which is the, the million-dollar tournament. And they are going to be uh, doing that for uh, yeah. They're going to be showing that in its entirety, and both that and a tape replay. But that's that's all that's going to be shown on ESPN is the big one drop event and the main event, and they're showing them live. And it's all in July. No no poker on TV in June. Period. In, uh, at least as far as ESPN goes. However, as you guys know, Poker Go. They which was a subscription service, $10 a month, but Poker Go is showing other events, and they have not announced their schedule yet, nor have they given a date that they will, but it's got to be coming fairly soon because the World Series is starting in about three months. So, you know, the cold weather that we're experiencing in L.A. right now, and it's going to stay for a while, it's going to stay for about two weeks, 
that is actually making the World Series seem farther away than it is. Because I'm used to this type of weather being associated with December, not late February or early March. So when it's very cold outside, it feels very far from the World Series. And when I just said it's three months away, it was kind of surprising to myself to say it, because I've just conditioned myself to think when it's cold, the World Series is far away. Usually by this time of year in L.A., it's already starting to warm up a little bit. It's not, you usually don't get days where the lows in the 30s or where it can get to, down to freezing and where the, the highs are in the 50s, but that's, that's what we have right now. And there's actually a chance that there will be snow in L.A. on the first two days of March because there's going to be a storm that comes into L.A. looking, you know, not a huge storm, but it looks like a real storm is coming to L.A. those two days, and it is going to have precipitation very late at night, very early morning, when the temperature is in its 30s. So we could actually get snow uh, for the first time. The last time I saw snow falling in the L.A. area, and I didn't actually see it in person, I wasn't where it was, but it was in the San Fernando Valley in 1989. I remember seeing the, the newspaper the next day with a picture of that. But that was the last time uh, snow has fallen on the L.A. area, to my knowledge. But it it could happen on March 1st, March 2nd. Still greater chance not than it will, but it's uh, that's the biggest chance I've seen of snow in the L.A. area in, in a long time. So we will see. It will be exciting to see snow. I know in Vegas it snows uh, occasionally. You know, usually don't get much measurable, but... Uh, it snows every year to some degree yeah, like, somewhere. Like, 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 flur- it's, it's, like flurries, I know, every year at least. Yeah, it's been five, six years since it's been enough to... to Stay on the ground and not melt in the air. Yeah, and and then there was you know I know in '08 there was that one day I was there for it too where the six inches fell, but uh, that was very unusual. So uh, next topic here, and where did the agenda go? Here we are. Billy Billy Graham is dead, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. That's all <laughs> we had to say. Are we going in order on these topics? Yeah, yeah, we're going in order. So there's like six left. Uh, Which one are we on right now? The Parker Talbot topic about Jason Somerville. So Parker Talbot, Wait, hold on, hold on. Have, you, have you heard of Tar- Parker Talbot before? Oh, you know what really sucks? I, I just clicked on it because I'm trying to follow with you, but I'm looking at last week's, and I got really excited over a topic, which I wasn't <laughs> here for. Uh, okay, but real fast, just literally. No, literally, no, we're, in, we're, in we're redoing last week. We're you la- the cliffs uh, on oh, no. Kim Shannon's. The cliffs on Kim Shannon's nasty child custody battle. Because I know nothing about this. Uh, like she, 60 seconds she tweeted out that um, she's going. To, she, she had. She tweeted out a copy of a Facebook message exchange she had with one of her friends, describing what she's going to expect at the mediation her, hist, mediation hearing with her ex boyfriend, who she had the kid with. And, Travis something is yeah name. Travis whatever and, and she and she was tweeting she tweeted out this message and she was talking about the over under and the number of seconds it'll take for him, her him to call her a cunt oh my god so it's got obviously gotten very bad between them in in uh, not just they aren't together anymore but that they're right. having these very nasty mediations she that's should it. just be fucking thrilled she had a healthy kid at oh. like forty four I know She's, whatever she, she was she is 43? the forty four she was the oldest person I've no, known personally not ever I think the oldest person I know personally who had a healthy child uh, at that age like I, I I'm not sure between her and uh, who's who the Asian woman who had it with uh, Dan Highmiller who was who uh what's her name crap forgetting her name now i don't remember in poker okay I, I, she, she was quite old too when she had her kid 
Uh, it was close though between who's older yeah. of those two, but uh, yeah, right. at forty four, at, at forty four, if you have a healthy kid, yeah, you should be thrilled. Unless you don't want the kid in the first place, but uh, she she went through with it. She didn't get an abortion, so she must have wanted the kid. So, uh, but yeah, that's they're having major child custody battles. And I, I mentioned also that at the time all that controversy happened with her four years ago, that. I got this long rambling PM on Poker Fraud Alert from her then boyfriend, like telling me to take the thread. Was down. this the Amanda Musumini thing? Yes, yes, and oh. and this long thing from uh, from the boyfriend uh, in private that he wanted me to take the thread down, and this whole I just ignored it. It was this long, super rambling thing, and obviously all this the defense that he was providing it for. I doubt he feels the same way at this point. But the funny thing is, knowing both of them, I don't even know who. Like, if having to guess who's at fault. In that whole situation between the two of them, I couldn't even guess with, with Kim Shannon and that Travis guy. Yeah, unbelievable. So, all right. Well, thank you for the cliff notes. Yeah. At least now I know. Yep. So Parker Talbot did what? Now he revealed how much that Somerville is making a year. Well, close. So, do you know who Parker Talbot is? Not gonna lie, I never heard of him. I had not either, so don't feel bad. I had never heard of him either. But uh, yeah, it was revealed. Let me go to the article about this. Uh, where is it here? I have so many. Th- oh, here we go. So he appeared on uh, Chicago Joey's show. And I, I guess he plays online in, in high stakes tournaments as Tonka P. T. O. N. K. A. 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 P. His name's Parker Talbot. So uh, he wouldn't personally name any pros that, uh, as far as. Uh, how much they were making. And I don't know how he was expected to know this, but uh, there was a discussion that he was having on uh, Chicago Joey's show. But he said that uh, he knew a range of salaries that were earned by sponsored pros of these online poker sites, mainly poker stars, that make between 40000 and 300000 a year. That was the range he gave as far as what people are making, maybe just from knowing people in poker that he knows this. Maybe they told him personally. So Joey Ingram was very surprised at the 300K upper figure. He, he couldn't believe these days that aside from maybe Negranu, that anyone is making $300,000 a year. It's not like the old days when you, you could make a whole lot by, by representing these sites during the poker boom. Now, I mean, how old is this guy? If you had a guess. Who? who uh, Parker Talbot. Uh, he's pretty young. Because I'm, I'm reading this bio, he learned to play poker by playing five cent, ten cent limit hold'em while him and his dad were watching reruns of the old poker tour. He looks young in the picture. I see a picture. No, but of I'm saying you get what I'm. Yeah, he was he was a baby when the WPT was on. Yeah, like <laughs> well, you, know, you get what I'm saying. Like I remember watching that live as an adult. Well, like, yes, well, yeah. This is what's crazy. In 2003, when the, the W well, listen, when 2003 when the WPT was on. I was over 30 at that time. I was in my 30s in 2003. But in 2003, a 6-year-old can now now play some events. If they were born early in the year, if they have an early birthday in the year, they're 21 now and can play. A 6-year-old in 2003. And I was in my 30s then. <laughs> anyway, he does look young. I don't know how old he is, but he does look young. He looks like. Have you seen him? He looks like a better in shape Jimmy Fricky. Yeah, he does kind of look. He does, I, I thought that too. I thought he does kind of look like Gabo Boy. But yeah, he's not. He, he's thinner than Gabo Boy. But yeah, he, he yeah. does. He does. He does have a similar look. So, 
Crazy. Anyway, he said so. So Joey Ingram was very surprised someone's still making three hundred thousand. So he he asked. Uh, so he threw out uh, some names that he thought could be making a lot of money. He threw out Jeff Gross, and then immediately uh, Talbot said, "No, not him." So then Joey's like, "Hmm." Let me think. Ah, Jason Somerville. What about him? He says, uh, uh, "Could Jason Somerville be getting three hundred k a year? I could see him getting a lot of money." And then Parker sat silent. Instead, he gave the quick no to Jeff Gross, but he kind of sat silent. And he's, um, could be. And then he was trying not to smile. This is on video. This isn't like on this show where you can't see anybody. Uh, You could see him that he was trying to hold back a smile. And then he says, "Uh, I'm not answering anything. So he didn't quite say it was Somerville, but it seemed a lot like it, especially because he quickly said no to Jeff Gross, and then he, he didn't quite know what to say when Somerville was immediately guessed. And, and if you think about it, Somerville, uh, and I know, Brandon, you met him in Reno and said he was very nice, and, uh, and, and he seemed to have a, a big yeah. following, of, uh, especially of, of uh, young gay male poker players who saw him. It was insane. Yeah. So I thought I was at a Ricky Martin concert. <laughs> so, so, that, so that poker stars may have you know, been so impressed with his popularity – that they they may have given him a lot of money. So, and you said he even had like a handler too, right? Uh, you know, I don't even care. I'll be honest. You know who his handler was? Who? Take a guess. It's a big name in poker stars. Uh, Rich Corbin? No, bigger than that. Lee Jones? Bigger than that, yes. <laughs> and I don't know now. I haven't asked. I can find out. But during that time period, Lee Jones was the one that traveled around with him uh, and took care of his needs and his, you know, media appearances and, you know, anything that needed to be done, you know, Lee Jones handled it. Yep. Thousand percent. You know, I Lee, witnessed it. Lee Jones, um, I always have a soft spot for him because it, it was his book. I read about limit Hold'em. That was, that was what got me to limit Hold'em was reading Lee Jones's book. But, uh, we, I still haven't met Lee Jones in person. I, I've seen him, like I've seen him in person, but I've never actually had a conversation with him. I mean, I, I know he knows who I am, and I know who he is, but uh, I've never had a conversation with Lee Jones. Uh, but anyway, he uh, when I heard from you that he had a handler, that, right then I thought that he was getting a lot of money. And I want to preface that also by saying I'm not saying that in a disparaging way about anyone. I mean, he, in fact, really needed one. I mean, uh, the whole time that I was there, he was constantly being approached by people. And, you know, and when I say people, I just mean everyday, you know, folk that – Arrived in Reno, many of them, seriously, many of them coming just to meet him. Like, and you know, to be honest, and, and, you know, part of it is just me that I don't really keep up to date with with these names in poker. You know, I didn't really know much about him. I'd heard the name, but I had no idea he really was as big a name and you know, basically a hero to a lot of people until I saw the way people reacted and you know, acted around him. Um, but even more so than my appearance or you know how I thought I viewed him. I've heard from a lot of people that know him in person that the way he acts publicly, the way he acts in poker, the way he acts meeting fans is the same way he acts when the cameras aren't on him. When you know he's whether it's a meeting or out with friends or family, like he's not he's not a phony. Like he's just generally a nice guy. Like you know he's just the same and he's not showing off or trying too hard. Um, so you know that's great for poker. And you know what? If he's making that much money, then great. He deserves it. Oh yeah. I mean, he's successful. He, he draw. I mean, the amount of people he drew to Reno. Fuck, poker stars should be paying him double. I mean, you know, the, the whole event for like four days was there because of him. Yeah. Like it really was. The whole thing was based on him. His, his Twitch was very popular. And, and the, the thing that was so funny that when the, 
the uh, when Global Poker Index when they tried to have their stupid uh, that that stupid team poker with the, what was that even called that uh, the Global Poker League that was it that it was such a China fit. Maniac loves that he woke yeah. up early in the morning he, for the he, draft. Was, he, he was the only one who watched it he was the only he was the only he person loved it. he would text me the updates he loved it <laughs> I know and he was Favorite the only the he, he was the only person said. in the world who watched it so uh, they were laughing at this was getting such horrible ratings and yet. Uh, Jason Somerville's Twitch was just getting huge ratings that people loved it. He just got like tens of thousands of people watching him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how stupid were they to not get him associated with this? Here, here there's such a natural transition. And they, they didn't get him. They got all these other people that weren't drawing. Uh, and so that, that thing was an epic failure. But yeah, I know he had such a, a large Twitch following. And he was really one of the pioneers of the playing poker on Twitch thing and uh, really that, that he was one of the people who really got that going and people just loved watching him play and loved his commentary and he really did develop a big following the one, the one thing I didn't know that you had told me at uh, Reno you witnessed was that there really is this large contingent of, of young gay male poker players that Ton. look up to I had to no him. idea either yeah I didn't when, when I'm in poker rooms I'll tell you, you know, yes some gay people are not obvious when you meet them that, that they're gay but uh, I, I hardly ever see any obvious gay male poker players at the table. I just don't see many. Now, th- there are some that, uh, like PLOL, I've met him in person. He's not someone that I would say you know, comes off as gay. Like, if you, you hear he's gay, you can, you can, I guess you can see it. But it, it's not, if you just met him and you didn't know him, you wouldn't think he was gay. Uh, the, even someone like uh, Ryan LaPlante, uh, with him it's a little more obvious, but it, he's not like, like depending on what he's wearing or something, like with him, he's another one that's it's not super obvious if you don't know him. Though though with him, you could yeah, tell a little bit more, but but it's not uh, super obvious. But even ones like to that degree, like Ryan Laplante's been out from the beginning. Jason Somerville came out a little, uh, you know, kind of into his poker career. He was the, he was actually the first openly gay known poker player that's male. Vanessa Self's obviously female, but but uh, no, but there were no well-known or semi-well-known out gay poker players until Jason Somerville. And, uh, and obviously this has helped him. If, the, if, if some of his following are, are gay males will look up to him, then this obviously hurt, helped him a lot more than hurt him. But, uh, uh, I, but I, I'm just saying I don't see that many gay males in poker, at least ones that, that are obviously gay. So I, I, that's why it surprises me that there's that many that uh, that are out there and that look up to him, but I, I, I guess I can believe it. I mean, I guess there's the, maybe a lot of them you just wouldn't have known they were gay. Now, these gays that you saw were, that were looking up to him were these gays that if, if you had met them in person outside of that event, you'd know they were gay or or, uh, or ones that I don't remember. Okay. I, I it, it's I just remember no, but what I do remember is asking people. You know, and there were males. It was mostly a male crowd. Like, hey, you know, because everyone was so friendly. Everybody wanted to talk at the tables, and you know, there were social events, which I'm fine with. It was it was a nice setting. But I remember asking, like, oh, so where do you live? Are you are you out here? You know, just for the poker or something? And the answer was the same. I came out here to meet Jason Somerville. Uh-huh. I'm a big fan of Jason Somerville. You know, I I, I watched Jason Somerville's t- uh, Twitch. You know, all the that's the other thing. Like, I couldn't believe because. You know, this was two years ago, and I've still never watched a Twitch, I don't think. But back then, two years ago, it wasn't nearly as big as it is now. And all these people were, were uh, you know, such big fans of his Twitch, you know, his yeah, Twitch that, account. Yeah, that part like I knew. The, the, that I knew. I the knew video. He, yeah, I knew that and had a huge this song. girl there named Melanie, you know, and she was very nice, a sweet Asian girl. And, I, you know, I got to know her, and she's, like, the, his Twitch manager. Like, she, like, handles, 
Like, oh, I'm sorry. She's the, the administrator for like the the I guess the chat portion of it. Is that do they have chat in Twitch? Yeah. Like where you can like oh yeah. So like she just uh, that's what she does. Like, I guess banning people, unbanning, you know, placing the rules. So she came out. She lives in California. You know what? You know what's perfect oh. to, to have that job as, as as a female. There is a uh, Melanie has no worry that uh, her boss is going to sexually harass her. <laughs> Nope. I just I, I just remember being floored. Uh, this one kid particularly that you know now I, I remember him because he literally was playing like in a hundred dollar or very small limit mix game, and then he made two final tables this year at the World Series. <laughs> like you know, it was just kind of fun, like watching him progress. Like you know, I remember teaching him. Like he's like, "What are the rules of Deuce to Seven again? What you know, <laughs> this uh, straight is bad." And this year he made like a, a final table and like the eight game mix and then something else. And I just remember him like being honest and, you know, he lived in Michigan. He came by himself and, you know, and he was like, this is the first time I've traveled for poker. You know, I just had to meet Jason Somerville. Like, and he was like, like the guy was a hero to him. Yeah. Well, obviously, like, obviously stars, they, they picked the up on this. Was gay, I don't remember, but you know, like now thinking back a little bit, yeah, he was, you know, that, that was what drew him. Yeah. Like they gave courage to like, I don't know, you know, just have uh, confidence, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, people, they, when they, in these marketing Whenever they mar- there's any marketing in anything, they try to find people that the viewer, the audience can relate to. That's the whole point of marketing is to see someone that uh, you either like or that you can relate to and see similar to yourself. And uh, it, it, I'll, I'll even give an example. This isn't so much about people, but it, I was watching a Minnesota Timberwolves game that I had a bet on, and I was seeing I was watching the Minnesota station. And all the commercials that were coming on, the car commercials, they were demonstrating the cars driving in the snow. And I, I never see that in California. They never show snow. Or if they show it, it's like a quick thing, like when a 4x4 four four is on vacation or something. But they, here, it was like a, a, a soccer mom driving around in the snow there. And that they were showing the car in the snow and had handles in the snow. And they were even showing a family that kind of looked like uh, a Minnesota family. And I was thinking, wow, they're, they're, they really are taking care to show a car commercial that matches the market, both the population there and, and the weather, and rather than showing the same car commercial that they would be showing in L.A. I thought that was interesting. So so obviously PokerStar saw something that he had a big following and that a lot of people could relate to him and a lot of people loved him, and they thought that they probably did think that he can really bring people into PokerStars. So they... Uh, that's interesting. And the funny thing, though, he's getting this much money despite not – they don't serve U.S. players other than New Jersey and that one little fail site they have. So that's especially impressive that he gets that much money. So, Well, I always thought he had to because what would make it worth it? Like he's getting 100000 to do all the traveling, all the promotional appearances. That's like a real job. Well, and like, also, also hundred thousand a year isn't even that much anymore. Right. I don't say that to be you know elitist, but it really isn't. Well, I, and, you yeah, know, hundred thousand isn't what it used to be. Yeah, and I was thinking also that uh, if they're going to assign Lee Jones to uh, to handle him, that that costs money too, and that costs one of you know even if it isn't Lee Jones, they're they're putting someone. Oh uh, yeah, Lee Jones isn't doing anything for less than like. Low six figures, right. like you know what I'm saying. He's right. not so, doing all that, you know, right. so, for so, fifty, seventy thousand a year. So, no, so there's a big name too. Yeah. So if they're putting that into it, then obviously he has to be paid well too. So yeah, well that's it's interesting. So I, I think that uh, Parker Tablet's probably right, and I, I think he knows these things probably just from being friendly with these players. So uh, 
Interesting that that. Well, you know what? It doesn't surprise me if, if no, somebody asked me that would be the the range I would guess. That's what I was kind of thinking too. That's what I was kind of picturing yeah. that he, he. I think I would have guessed like two fifty if someone asked me what I thought he was getting. So and I'm sure there's uh, you know probably other back end things like tournaments and you know hotel rooms and a per diem. You know yeah. he's not up there paying for his room and his food and all the things when he travels. So all that's nice too. Yeah. Because you know I'll tell you, there's one thing about poker stars and i can't i can't attest to to the fact that that's done now this way because it's changed hands and there's been you know a lot of changes since back in the day but one thing that was always great and i was always envious about was that poker stars really truly shot off when it came to their employees and you know people that promoted their brand and when i say that i mean when they flew, whether it was even from Vegas to L.A. or when you know somebody would come to the Isle of Man or from the East Coast to West Coast or vice versa, they they flew all their employees first class, which wow. is just amazing that they shot off. I mean, trust me. I mean, they shot off hotels. Always the best hotel that you could you know find. I mean, just first class operation. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, know they even shot. Their, even their behind the scenes employees, they're not taking you know the Delta coach flight with a stop in Atlanta. I mean, they're flying nonstop to Heathrow and you know just first class when it came to taking care of their employees. Now that's years ago. I don't know, you know, to that extent if it's still the same way, but you know, during the the Eshine days and then directly thereafter, I mean, it, they ran it to the point where you'd almost want to say, listen, shouldn't they maybe save a little money? Like, is yeah. it really enough to be doing this? I, I heard that too. This? But they did. They I heard did. that too. And in addition, the 2 plus 2 poker cast, they were getting a very, very generous uh, sponsorship for that uh, show. That show got a lot of money from poker stars. And when that show lost poker stars, you know, because they changed things around once it became the uh, new ownership. And also because 2 plus 2 mainly has a... Uh, an American audience, so they knew they weren't getting much value out of advertising there anymore, which is no fault of the poker cast. It's just the way the market is now. Uh, th- when poker stars left, that really left a huge hole there. And uh, yeah, th- that I'm sure Adam Schwartz was very, very unhappy to get that news. And But poker stars was very, very generous with them, too. And when I kind of got word of what they were paying, I was like, <laughs> I was like, ah, why, why couldn't they have sponsored this show? So... Yeah, they, that's what I've heard. I've heard that there's been they were very generous with their employees, and and even with uh, sponsorships like that. That they tell yourself this though, if if they did offer to sponsor this show, you'd either basically have to become a sellout, or you wouldn't be able to do it anyhow because they they would not allow certain things. Oh, I know. Strong opinions that you have. I know. And don't think after all these years, the audience wouldn't know that. Even if you never said it, even if you never told people that you had to tone certain things down or you, you had to be, you couldn't be so opinionated over certain things, people would notice it based on how they've noticed and viewed your personality all these years. So the point I'm making is either way, it would never work. It's well, not I, know. I, that, I, right? I know. I know. You couldn't be who you want to be, you know, and that would just, to you, that's not enough money to sell out. Well, yeah. Just, you know. Well, they, they, yeah, that, that would be a problem. And that's. And there was never any discussions about this, but yes, that, that would no, be a problem. No, I know, but I'm saying in a hypothetical yeah, way, you're, 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 you're correct that, because in all likelihood, it would, it would never, ever, 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 ever work. It you're never correct would. that the show could not uh, be what it is had Poker Stars been sponsoring no, it. Of course not, and, and that's their right too. I'm not bashing Poker Stars because that's what they're paying that kind of money. They should be able, if they want, to dictate 
you know, what goes out and tell you, you know, talk well, with us here, about us with kid gloves. I mean, that's their right. That's here, why here, they're paying that kind of money. Here, here's a funny story about today when I was uh, posting on uh, various poker-related Facebook groups about today's show. Um, what Facebook does when you post an outside link to a different site is it goes and sees if it can grab a picture from whatever that link is and then uses that to make it look more professional, make it look like you're really like linking to some major article, which is kind of cool for poker fraud. Like, a, you know, it'll just it'll show an article and it lo- really looks like people are linking, uh, you know, a major news story when it's really off, off the site. So the problem is it will it will always try to search for a picture to grab. So if there is no picture or if there's a few pictures, it'll just pick one randomly. And if it's so when I post the radio thread on these groups, it picks someone's avatar as the picture to go along with the story. And there, there's some funny ones that pop up there, but today was the worst one. It picked Mulva's avatar, which is the full contact poker avatar, which someone drew this picture a long time ago in crayon and then uh, posted it on Neverwin Poker. And it's making fun of Daniel Negreanu's full contact poker site. So it says full contact poker in a circle, and it has a picture of pocket queens referring to two queens. It has a rainbow in the background, and it has uh, like a, a a picture of one stick figure doing the other one up the ass over a poker table. And that that was what it had as the as the picture associated with the show today. It just picked that one. That was that's his avatar. It just picked that one. So when that came up there. And I saw that, like, oh, no, of all things to pick. And then I thought, well, for the tone of this show, that's not even bad. Like, I, I, if this was a more serious show, then I'd have to worry, like, how can I have a picture like that representing the show? But I'm thinking, well, you know, given the way this show is, that's not even that bad. And I don't have to worry. There's no sponsors who are going to see this. So I, that was the moment where I was happy to just that there's no one would object to that sort of thing happening. But it is valuable to me to just be able to say what I want and not even just to not have to badmouth a certain company, but not even have to worry about my behavior. Is the sponsor going to go, oh, do I want to be associated with this guy? Look what this guy's doing. Like, you know, look what he's saying. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I don't have to ever worry, like, like what is. And, like, when, when Eric Benson was sponsoring the show, uh, you know, he knew exactly what it was. He, he, he really enjoys this show, and I didn't have to be any different than. I normally am here, or, or change the content at all, and that's a that's a requirement for any sponsor we have that they, they can't force us to change who we are or what we say or what we do. So uh, that that is important to me. Okay, and so it's good to have an attorney. Yeah, basically that gives us a free retainer on the show. You never know when, you know. I'm well. I'm I needed one once. I'm just you saying. You did. So there's uh, Atlantic City Casino had an interesting incident recently that uh, is kind of a sign of the times in Atlantic City. Uh, there, you know, Atlantic City's been going downhill. It used to be the only place to gamble on the East Coast. It was kind of the East Coast Vegas. And over time, it's been losing market share because there's been Indian casinos opening on the East Coast, and there's more and more, and there's just a uh, few yeah, people that want the, the devil's advocate can say that the same thing happened to Vegas. I remember, just hear me out, I remember about five years into my residency living out here, 2006, 2007, that 
UNLV gaming expert and this gaming expert and that gaming expert were predicting the exact same thing that you said because of the, the you know, prolific of number of Indian casinos specifically in California and then in Arizona and, and you know, just in the surrounding areas. Why are people going to come to Vegas, you know, when they could just stay within, you know, an hour's drive or, you know, two hours drive and go to their local casinos. And, you know, if anything, Vegas is, is now really it's booming more than it ever has. I mean, it really is. But they changed I mean, it. Really it's is. not the same thing, though. They're, they're, they've gotten away from depending on gaming. And, and the, the right, different- but right, right. But I'm saying that Atlantic City never adjusted in that. Oh, I mean, OK, here, here's a good I'm just hear me out. You know, I guess what I'm basically saying is in a lot of ways, the way Atlantic City has been promoted, the way that the city has handled itself as a destination resort, it's been mismanaged. OK, for example, any of these dumps. And when I say dumps, I mean, yeah, Bally's or Caesars or Harrah's or, you know, you go there on a Friday or Saturday night. You know, you're just a simple tourist. You can't get a comp, which, you know, most people can't. You know what the fucking prices you're paying in Atlantic City on a weekend? I mean, I know you know. For a, for a dump hotel, what do you think Bally's is on a Friday or Saturday night in Atlantic City? Uh, for, for just regular, like, two-queen room or whatever? Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Regular room. Uh, $200? Yeah, it's $300, $350 oh, wow. a night. <laughs> Check it out. With tax and, you know, that. They never, ever really concentrated on a... Uh, what do they call it? Like when when what's the term when you tear downtown apart like they did in Vegas and they you know refurbish it you know with restaurants and and you know what is the term? There's a the, the, you know there's a term for that. renovations. Yeah, well, no, there's another, but whatever. Yes, that that they did that in Vegas with downtown. I mean, people don't remember you know twenty years ago downtown was like Atlantic City. You don't go downtown at night ever. Well, you're also you talking about, yeah, it can be gentrif- huh? gentrification is another term for that. Yeah, 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 right, exactly. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Of. But they never did that. You know, they never really did it so they could get away from just it only being a gaming town. I'm just saying, you know, maybe it wouldn't have mattered, but it definitely didn't help. I yeah, mean, it really I agree. Didn't help. I, I agree. However, they they didn't. They never quite made it to Vegas' status in the first place, so it was easier for uh, Vegas to survive uh, the, the California Indian casinos and the Arizona Indian casinos. It was easier for Vegas to survive that than it was for uh, Atlantic City, which never quite got there. The allure of Atlantic City really was just, well, you can gamble here. Where, where Vegas always had more, even when it was less, it was more gaming and less entertainment, there was always more yeah, of an entertainment you know, element. You did have to some degree it being a destination, you know, whether it was for conferences or the fact that it had a beach and, you know, fresh air and a boardwalk. I mean, it wasn't just like, hey, I'm driving to Pechanga or whatever that one is called, you know, near San Diego, where there's nothing around you for 60 miles and you're literally only going to gamble. You, you know, you don't have anything else around you. You know, it, it, that's not a destination. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like at least, you know, Atlantic City had the buildup. They had, okay, look. You know, you don't remember this, maybe, or maybe you do, but in the 80s and, and early 90s, if a championship boxing match wasn't in Vegas, guess where it was? Yeah, I know. It was, it was Atlantic City. Atlantic I, City. I know they had that, too. Yeah. Okay. You know, so they had – I'm just saying they kind of got complacent and didn't keep reinventing itself like Vegas did. You know, Vegas went from this, you know, late, mid-80s, even 70s, like sleazy – place where you kind of didn't tell people you were going and if you did people would judge you but you know then they had the real cheap cheap food everything was so cheap and you know then it was all based on gaming and they reinvented themselves to be like a family-friendly destination with the mirage opening and treasure island and excalibur in new york new york and then they kind of moved away in fact i even think or i know 
that the uh, the travel bureau here in Vegas had like that theme you know, about like Vegas being a family friendly place and encouraging it. Then they reinvented themselves again and moved away from that and made it like okay, you can bring your children here if you want, but it's really not you know the family friendly place. Like hence all the things that attract children are all decades and decades old. Like, you know, there's nothing new that's been built in 15 years that's supposed to be kid-friendly. Like, you go to the Aria, there's not even a daycare. There's not even an arcade. Right. I've noticed noticed, It's funny you mention that because uh, you don't think about that much if you don't have kids. But uh, now that I have a kid uh, and and my kid's seven years old, I I think about this. Now, fortunately, and and I actually noticed this. I'm like, you know what? Uh, Aside from what was already there from a while back, uh, there really isn't anything made for kids. Fortunately, Benjamin likes things that are not just stuff that's necessarily only for kids. He also likes stuff out of nature and stuff. So, you know, he likes going to Mount Charleston. He likes going to, to Red Rock and other, you know, kind of nature-type destinations within Vegas, which we, we tend to do when he's there because uh, because there, there's not that much for kids there. And it, you, you kind of think there's stuff for kids, and then you go, wait a minute, there really isn't that much. <laughs> like That's what I've been noticing. So it's funny you mentioned that. I, I go through that every time I go, I, I, like I, I, I'm still kind of tricked, like thinking back to when they were making it a, a family-friendly destination. I go, wait a minute, right. why, is, why is there so little for kids? I thought there was more. Well, you know, think like 20 years ago. You know, you had the Sahara. What did they do to get families and kids in there? They had that big arcade, and they had that the uh, roller coaster, and then they had that that NASCAR, you know, yeah, virtual NASCAR you thing, know, racing. Yeah. yeah. And then if you went up and down the strip, you know, New York, New York. They had not only an arcade, they had a, a roller coaster. Uh, or not a roller. You know, the, with a roller yeah, coaster, yeah, yeah. they had the, the carnival games, you know, the, the midway, like in Coney Island, where yes. you, know, you throw a basket and a hoop, you know, you do those kind of things. Excalibur, you know, still now they have that in the Luxor. They have massive, you know, decent sized arcades, but they're all worn out. They're worn down. They haven't invested any money in that. Um, I don't know about the Mirage. That was like the first one, and that was probably just marketed. But, you know, they had the Dolphins, and they had, you know, the Tigers, and they had uh, the White Tigers, Lions. They had, um, you know, the shows. Uh, You know, those were things you could do. But like I said, now, think about it. You know, everything is just, you know, gone away from that. So that's what I kind of mean. They just haven't reinvented themselves and done what they had to to kind of evolve with the times, or Atlantic City has just stayed still. It hasn't changed. I mean, you think just putting the Borgata there, putting a luxury property is enough? No. But you know what? I mean, year after year, the Borgata is still the most profitable casino there, and it's still making a killing. It's still making a ton of money because that's really all you got. Um, you know, And to be honest with you, even with the Revel opening now and, and now uh, the Hard Rock, I, I, don't think both, I, there's, I don't think there's a good chance both of them will be profitable. Maybe one will, you know, if they fight it out. Maybe one, you know, one can afford to be. Yeah, a, yeah, I'm very skeptical of those two. Yeah, the market share, but both of them, no. Yeah, it, I mean, it seems like too much. It seems like uh, it's saturated. Well, you know, especially the Hard Rock. I mean, if they're really going to go in there, thinking that they're going to cater to a young crowd, you know, in that area, and that kids are going to fly or drive, you know, all those miles to stay somewhere where it's three, four hundred dollars a night on a weekend. They're drinking beers that are eighteen bucks, mixed drinks that are in their twenties. You know, they've, they've really missed the boat. And to be honest with you, and I think we've talked about this on radio, the Hard Rock, in my opinion, is a very, very, very stale brand itself. It is. Like, yes. I think they're really miscalculating how much uh, pull, you know, the Hard Rock is going to have with, with that market, that key demographic. No, that see, yeah, it goes back to the 80s. That was a big 80s thing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, what are they going to get? The f- guys like you and me and people older than us that remember, oh, my God, the Hard Rock was so cool. It's not <laughs> cool anymore. I mean, I'm just being honest. It's not cool. You know, their food is overpriced. Their brand is stale. There's nothing exciting about it. 
you know, in today's politically correct world, a restaurant named Pink Taco, and I, I kid you not, that's what you know the, their restaurant's name is. Is it going to be the attraction that it was in in you know a decade, two decades ago? I mean, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I do. So, so, so listen to what happened in Atlantic City. Uh, this this is what's going on nowadays. There was a fire at the Tropicana Hotel in Atlantic City, and okay, fires happen in hotels. This is a tall hotel. Uh, but uh, there was a fire there, one of the upper floors. It was on the 44th floor, actually, the West Tower. And it was in one room. So fortunately, the fire department got there fast enough to where the fire never got out of that room. So it was quickly extinguished and did not cause mass damage. That was the, the good news, was that they got the fire out quickly. Uh, nobody was hurt. The building was not damaged very much. It was really just one room. Uh, the bad news is that the reason for the fire was that the room was being used as a meth lab. Yes, a meth fire occurred on the 44th floor of the Tropicana in Atlantic City. And uh, the <laughs> what happened was uh, the people who were in the room were, I, I, I guess they just panicked and ran out when the fire went out because they weren't found in the room when, uh, when, when the fire department got up there. The room was empty. And uh, when the fire department figured out it was a meth lab, they quickly called the police over there. And the New Jersey State Police Hazardous Material Response Unit came and uh, dismantled the meth lab. So they had to use uh, surveillance to, uh, to get footage of what happened to the people who were there and, and figure out who was there. So there were two males and one female that were there. And uh, they actually found them at uh, later that same day, actually, uh, about 12. This, this fire happened in the morning at 10 a.m. At 9.30 p.m. that same day, uh, somewhere on the street not that far away, all three suspects were there. The one whose name the hotel room was in is uh, Michael Pilar. He's 49 years old. And uh, they were all taken into custody. Uh, he was also injured. So it was probably some kind of explosion or something. It was, he was injured. They actually took him to the hospital. Uh, the other two were not injured. But uh, they ended up releasing the other two without charging them, which is surprising. Maybe they were just with him. But they, uh, uh, Pilar, who he had the room in his name, and he was injured from the explosion for the meth lab. They, they charged him with uh, maintaining a, contr a controlled dangerous substance production facility, possession of, of meth, and criminal mischief. And the police did not say how long the hotel room was a meth lab, but I have to imagine he didn't just check in the night before. So that, that's what's going on in Atlantic City these days. That uh, a meth lab caused a fire there. So I'm not even all that surprised. Kind of a weird story, but I'm not even like that shocked that a meth lab was operating on the 44th floor of a of Atlantic City hotel. How how much time, I mean, I, I can guess it's going to be relatively small, but I don't even know if you've ever even spent time in there. Uh, in the Tropicana, have you spent? Zero. Okay, have you ever been inside, walked through it? I, if I did, I forgot. I never stayed there, but three years ago, uh, at large, which is the New Jersey or Atlantic City version of Barge, 
convenes there. Now, I haven't been there uh, since 2000, was it 2016, I think, or 15, 16. Uh, but one of the years, the last year I went, it was at the Tropicana. And I was actually pleasantly surprised how nice it was. I thought it would be a dump. It was much nicer than the Tropicana that was in Vegas and obviously by far nicer than the Tropicana that it, that it was in Laughlin. I definitely would rate it, you know, obviously, you know, a step and a half, two steps below like the Borgata or Revel because, you know, it's a property built, you know, 30 years ago. But in terms of how clean it was, you know, how they tried to do as much as they could in terms of redecorating the rooms and the restaurant choices, you know, they had like tons of food courts and it was, you know, a nice little walkway with like, you know, flowers. I mean, it was nice. It wasn't like a dump. You know, when I was in there, I was actually, I said to myself, I'm like, shit, this is actually nicer than I thought. Like, I wouldn't mind staying here. Like, it was fine. You know, the, the lighting was good, carpeting. I mean, everything was new. It, you know, it was clean. So I'm kind of surprised to hear that because, it, I mean, it, you know, it could have gone downhill fast, but it definitely wasn't that dumpy place that listeners hearing you talk about it probably would think it was. Um, you know, I don't even know if they have poker anymore, but that's, you know, that's why I was there. They had the poker tournament and stayed at the Revel that year, uh, I believe. Um, so, you know, I didn't stay in the rooms, but I was up in the rooms. They had like a hospitality suite where, you know, we'd be able to go and have a drink or a snack. Uh, but I, I, like I said, I remember literally saying to myself, wow, this is nice. Yeah. If I ever came out here and I got a really good deal or a comp even, you know, I would stay there, you know, without a problem. Like it was, I had everything I needed. You know, I had like a nice steakhouse, nice, you know, and then it had like a Chipotle and, you know, Subway and, you know, you know, a pizza place. I had all that too, which I liked sometimes, you know, I mean, you know, it's funny. C-Money and I were talking about this. C-Money came out here. Uh, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and he stayed the first four nights at the Aria and then the next three nights uh, at the Encore, the win. And, you know, of course, he had, you know, a room he didn't need. I mean, he had a sick, gorgeous, you know, room that you could suite. It's not even a room that you could fit six, seven people in. You know, that retail on a Saturday night goes for 1500 or so a night. But, you know, they comp it, so he's not going to say no to it. But anyhow, we were talking about the fact that after like day four, he was tired of all the heavy food and all this, you know, and that's, that's part of, you know, you stay in a place like the Wynn, the Encore, the Ari, it's kind of hard just to say, Hey, I want to, you know, just a plain burger or I want, you know, just a, a, you know, something light, you know? So after day four, all the sauces and all the, you know, the heavy, you know, steaks and sushi and meats and, you know, all that. And I'm not saying this again, to sound elitist, but it kind of, you know, gets too much. So, some places it's actually nice to be able to just say, hey, we can go to Subway for lunch or Chipotle or, you know what I mean? Just have something basic and simple and yeah. not make it like a two-hour ordeal having to sit in a nice restaurant. I mean, I don't know if you ever get like that. You travel a lot. After so many days, you just want something oh, simple Oh, yeah, yes, eat. yes. I, I've, been like you, that. I've been like that too where I just think uh, I don't feel like going through the production of, of a yeah, sit-down exactly. meal. That's a, I just, just want to get something fast and eat and, and be done. Yep, that's the perfect word, the production of it, like knowing you have two hours ahead of you. and Yep, exactly. So, you know, in my opinion, it's always nice when you stay at a property that at least has that option to, or, you know, a couple of options to at least eat that way, you know, without, you know, like, for instance, in Laughlin, even, you know, there's an In-N-Out burger right there. You can always go across the street to, you know, so, but places like the Wynn and the Aria, they really, they don't, they don't have that. They have no food court or anything even close to it. Even their, you know, like low end things are still a production to some degree. So, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, it, it, I guess people or listening that could possibly say, oh, wow, you know, I'd, I'd hate to have that problem. But, you know, I'm just, well, you know what I mean. It's yeah, just- yeah, I, I do know what you mean with that. And 
Uh, you know, and I, I feel like I want to do both. I feel you like just want some you, Chinese food or something, yeah, you know, like, something like, simple, like some soup, yeah. and, you know, some rice or something. Like when I'm traveling, uh, I, I I kind of like to mix it with going to nice places that are expensive and that that do take a long time, and and uh, and also just eating somewhere quick that that's cheap and easy, and uh, and I like to have both. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't want to have to go to a high end restaurant uh, every night and take a long time, and sometimes. You don't even have the time for it. Sometimes you, you don't start dinner till late, and especially if we got Benjamin with us. And, you know, like a, there's sometimes where it's it's nice to get everything done quickly. If someone's tired, whatever. So yeah, by the what you were saying about Atlantic City and, and, and the way they they handle things, and and the I know you've been through this too. I I find I don't like the flippant the flippant attitude there regarding comps. They 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 are very difficult with them, and they're not even honest with you. And I I got uh, I know you yeah, had. Yeah, I agree. Little, that was another thing I was going to say. Their marketing approach is terrible too. Yeah, yeah you, you should have. You would think that with all the competition, they would start. You know, even if they have to use some of their budget to just say, okay, well, let's start. You know, giving back and, and making giving customers an incentive to come. You know, and then the, but they didn't. That's what I mean when I just said they did everything wrong. Yeah, well, like you know? like when I was there last, which was a, a year ago, I I, w- I came and it was on my seven stars trip, and and basically what they do on these seven stars trips, this is you can take one a year, and they your, your airfare is paid, and you uh, you get five hundred dollars food credit. Uh, basically, the policy of these hotels on the seven stars trip are, and I'm saying most of them, not not they don't have to do it this way, but the way they typically do it, that if you are such a high player that uh, you always get a suite anyway, they give you a suite. However, if, if you're more of a marginal player or even one that's uh, kind of overcomp like I am, if you're on the Seven Stars trip, they will give you a suite if it's available. If they won't, if, if they, they don't have one available, uh, they're not going to give it to you and you'll have a regular room. So I've come to understand that. I, I've come to not expect a suite anywhere. But uh, in every place that I've gone, if there truly was one available, then they would give it to me. And uh, sometimes they wouldn't offer it. I'd have to ask for it and uh, uh, and remind them that I was told that's what they do. And but then they they it would ultimately get done and without too much fighting. So Atlantic City, when I got there, it was on a Wednesday night. It was a ghost town there. I came and, and I came in and I called beforehand. They said, "Oh no, no, we can't give you a suite. You know, a, a suite committee decides who gets the suite." Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, "Okay, fine. I I've heard this story before. I'll just wait till I get there and ask." So I I, I get there. And I say, okay, I'm on my Seven Stars trip. Uh, other properties have, in, not in that market, but other properties around the U.S. on well, my Seven Stars trip will give me a suite if one's available. Since, since it's Wednesday night and it doesn't look very busy here, uh, can you see if one's available? So I'm told, um, no, we can't. I go, well, are there any available right now? Well, yes, but we can't give it to you. Well, why not? Uh, because we never know. Someone may come in and need the suite, and we can't give it to you because you don't qualify for it. I go, okay, understandable. Uh, how about if I come down at, at uh, midnight? Will that be late enough to determine that nobody's going to come in needing it? They said, uh, no. I said, okay, what about 1 a.m.? No. What about 2 a.m.? No. I go, what about 3 a.m.? No. What, what about 4 a.m.? No. I go, well, so then it's not about that. You'd just rather let it sit empty. Then give it to me is what you're saying that that I can't have it under any circumstances. So they so she says no no it's just this week is very busy. I said how can it be busy if you have suites available right now? She says well but they could come. I go well that could be said about any day in the year. How can you say it's busy when there's several of them available right now? How 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 do what would I mean, not be last, busy? The last few years that I went to Caesars in Atlantic City, 
half the damn casino was closed. It was like roped off or not even being used. <laughs> and, and, you know, the hotel was at 40, 50 percent vacancy and they still wouldn't do anything to yeah, accommodate people. And, you're right. You're and, right. And, and, this woman, and this woman there, and this woman there, she's just trying to defend the lie over and over. I said, look, just be honest with me. If the truth is that you will not give it to me no matter what. Because you don't know me and you don't really see I have a play history here and you just don't want to give it to me. Be honest that you won't give it to me under any circumstances. Oh, no. If it just wasn't so busy, I go, but it's not busy. You just told me you have the several available and I see there's hardly anyone around here. I mean, you, and, I, and I said I'm willing to wait till the middle of the night just to make sure no one shows up unexpectedly. I said, what more can I do? What, what, tell me a circumstance which could be different than this, what I would get it. I, 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 you're, just please be honest with me. And she just would not budge, and she was getting pissed. I could tell she was getting very frustrated because she wanted me to just buy her story, and, and the fact that I was taking it apart was bothering her. She wanted me to buy the lie and walk off. So then I said... It's almost like the Bovada with Neverheap. Yeah. It's not a secret, but I can't tell you. Right. Like, okay, so, just so, tell me. So, so, I can't tell you, so it's a secret. No, it's not a secret. Right. I mean, it was exactly <laughs> that type of discussion. So finally, I got tired. I go, look, I'm tired of this debate. Uh, who can I speak to? Can I, let me speak to a manager here that, I, that can you know, clearly make me understand this. I go, look, I'm not trying to force you to do something you never do, but I want to honestly know the policy. And this this is making no sense. If if the policy is what you're saying that I would get it if it was not busy, then that makes no sense because you're not busy and you just proved it to me you're not busy. So so that doesn't yeah. make sense. If you if the uh, the policy is I won't get it no matter what, then tell me that and I will know for the future. So you know, I, so so anyways, you know, not that not that, not that it's exactly the same thing, but just when we talk about just trying to evolve and please the customer and be good with comps and so forth. I'm going to tell you something. I'll, I'll tell everybody here. And this is. To my knowledge, and it's a little bit off subject, but I don't want to forget it. This is something comp-wise that I've never seen in all my years. Uh, starting, I guess, you know, I just found out about it about three or four months ago, but I think it's been a policy since maybe late last summer. When you're at the Venetian and or the Palazzo, and you're you're playing there, and not not if you're staying there, because if you're staying there in terms of comps, it still works the same way. You charge back to your room, and they look at your play later. But if you're not staying there and you're playing. The Grazi desk, which is the rewards, you know, it's like Total Rewards or you know, M Life or you know whatever it may be. They are now able to look at your play, okay, your daily play, and or what you've done over like a course of like a two week period, and they can make a determination on a case by case basis as to what you're entitled to be comped for a meal. Meaning, I walk up and I say, "Hey, you know, can you look at my play? I just want to go get something to eat." You know, me and my dad or me and my buddy, and they'll look and say, "Oh, you put in four hours today. You played twenty hours this week. You know, how does a hundred, hundred fifty dollars sound?" That you know, and then you tell them where you want to go, and it's almost like a little bit of a negotiation. You'll be like, "Well, can we get one twenty-five? And they'll look a little bit, but they've literally put that power in the hands because they know they only have a limited amount of hosts and people are so demanding trying to get a hold of hosts and they get frustrated they're on hold it's a back and forth game that to accommodate customers and not leave people frustrated they've empowered their their support staff at their players club to literally be able to send comps over to restaurants interesting i mean isn't that kind of amazing yeah that, 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 that's the right decision uh, but but yeah then, of course it is. And, and getting back to this thing that happened at atlantic city so <clears throat> i got tired of this woman there who just lying to me so i she said i said well, who can i talk to she well you can talk to a host here a host on duty maybe they can do it so i said okay so she's i said well call one she, she was very frustrated she finally called one up uh um and uh or no, she gave me the number to call one. I called one on my cell phone. Not one I'd been dealing with, just the host on duty. And so he says to me, let me look it up. And he goes, okay, well, 
Um, I see the problem here. Oh, it's really too bad. You know, too bad you, you picked Caesars to go to because Caesars is the hardest one to get the sweets. We don't have many sweets at Caesars, period. So we're very tough about giving sweets away because we hardly have any. Too bad you didn't book at Bally's or Harrah's because we could have totally given you a sweet there. I go, okay, I call. Uh, I haven't checked in here yet. Let's change it to Bally's or Harrah's. And I, I mean, I, I could have sworn I heard his chin drop and hit the floor because they was not what he was expecting the answer. Uh, he didn't know I hadn't checked in yet. So I go, so, okay, let's do it. He's, oh, um, um, well, uh, uh, let me look this up. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what I'm telling you. Let me look. Oh, look, you know, Bally's and Harris, you can't get it after all. What, you know, and, uh, so, so he thought he was giving me an excuse, like, oh, if only you had just done this differently, you would have gotten it. But then once I told him I hadn't checked in yet, then now it's ruined again. And, yeah, it, it, so I, I said, look, just be honest with me then. We're on a Wednesday night. There's hardly anyone at any of these properties. There's sweets available everywhere. You won't give it to me. So when would I ever get a sweet? So I kept hammering, just be honest. Would I ever qualify? So finally I beat out of him. No, they wouldn't have never given it to me. I said, so why weren't you just honest with me at the beginning? Why, why put me through a half an hour of arguing about this when the answer is I just don't qualify? Why, and I begged everybody to be honest. I, I kept saying, I'm not going to be offended. Just tell me the truth. So I thought, what a crappy experience. And this experience is so crappy. That I swore, I said, I'm not going to give them a dime of action in any way. I'm going to use the $500 food comp, and I'm just going to bounce and go somewhere else. And that's exactly what we ate up the $500 food. I left a day early and went, and went to uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania instead to see the Amish. I'm not even kidding. That, that's, that's really what we did with the final day instead. Uh, by the way, I got a text from the 513. And uh, this person is relatively sure they know who owns that private plane. That Micon was on. Really? This person says the plane Micon is on is either owned or chartered by Roger Ver. That's V E R, the guy directly behind the main guy in the picture. So he was on there. He's a well known scam artist and convicted felon and the main promoter behind the scam coin known as Bitcoin Cash. Uh, he, he is very big on Bitcoin Cash. That's why I've heard of his name before. I don't, I don't follow all the Bitcoin drama as much as other people do, including Micon. But uh, I, I know that, that uh, Roger Ver is very much behind Bitcoin Cash, and yeah, that's where I've heard his name. Uh, he renounced his U.S. citizenship and now lives in St. Kitts. He was denied entry last time he tried to enter the U.S. So I asked this guy in 513, whoever this is, I, I asked him, uh, what makes you so sure that Roger Ver owns it? I've heard of him, but uh, what makes you sure that he's the owner? He said back, he's extremely wealthy and supposed to be worth hundreds of millions and is in the picture behind the guy playing poker, but I don't know if he owns the plane or chartered it. Him and one other guy own the majority of Bitcoin cash mining operation, and he has these, quote, anarchy conventions all the time. By the way, I wouldn't be surprised if Micon sold all of his Bitcoin into Bitcoin cash based upon his Twitter and support for Rogers. So very interesting. It is true that Micon, you never have pictured the day, but Micon has been somewhat bashing Bitcoin in recent times. And um, and I, I haven't watched his Twitter that carefully, but uh, this person claims that Micon is uh, very supportive of Bitcoin Cash and, and Roger Ver in general. And he thinks that maybe Micon sold his Bitcoin in, for Bitcoin Cash, which you can easily do. In fact, that's much easier than selling it for U.S. cash. And... Um, Roger Ver, so he's claiming Roger Ver is you know, the main one behind Bitcoin Cash and that he's worth you know, a whole lot of money. And so, so it is, it, it looks like it is what we were assuming that Roger Ver likes Mike on because Mike on was supportive of him. 
and is running these anarchy. He's the one running these anarchy conventions. I mean, and kits and that. No matter how much money Micon has, you know, relative, I couldn't see him spending that much for a plane. Right. That's what I, mean, I it thought. Just doesn't. It just doesn't. That's exactly what I thought. I just, that just doesn't sound. Even even. No, I can like, even see his wife. Like, are you out of your mind? Yeah. Seriously. Like, it just. It, no. I was thinking that too. No, was, no, no. Yeah, to take a quick flight from from Antigua to St. Kitts, like he's going to justify to his wife, he's buying a private, you know, chartering a pri- private plane. I could. But LOL well of that guy thinking like he beat Phil Ivey. Yeah, you know? I know, I know. So funny. <laughs> that is pretty funny. He's a two World Series of Poker final tableist. So yeah. Anyway. Uh, he, so that's I think that probably is the answer. It's, he sees Roger Ver in the picture. Roger Ver super rich. He he's the one who holds these conventions. Mike on supportive of him. So and that's what I thought. I, uh, I really, what's that guy's name again that tweeted it? The the, the guy he played poker with. Oh crap! I'm forgetting now. I'm going to tweet at him and see if he wants to play you heads up on a private plane and limit hold him from <laughs> L.A. from L.A. to the to Cherokee, North Carolina Caesars. See what he says. <laughs> I thought, uh, Andreas Brecken. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, Andreas Brecken. What the hell's wrong with you, Brecken? Two World Series tables, that's nothing to even brag about in today's day and age. Yeah. How many you got, Wittellis? You got, what, six, five, eight? Not that many. I have more than two, though. I had two the first year, so that was pretty easy to beat. Uh, pretty easy to eclipse that. And, and, okay, then you got the one that I watched with with your family. Actually, the sad thing, the sad thing, the sad thing is I only have four. But I, I to be tr- honest, I should have more. There have been a few times that I got screwed where I was like one, literally one card away from making a final table. I've had that mm-hmm. more than once. One card. What was away. a rebuy one with one bullet? Was that a final table or that no, was right that outside? No, that was one where I was one card away I, on the river, knocked out on the final. Which it, me and an equivalent stack all in with ten left, with ten left to make a TV table. And uh, he hit an ace on the river, ace king against queens to, uh, yeah, to, to knock me out. And we we had equivalent stacks. He had like a a hair more than me. Where if he lost it, he would have been super 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 crippled, and I would have doubled up. I mean I, see, I mean super crippled. Like we were virtually even. So uh, so he would have been the the buster in in tenth if if that had happened instead of me. Uh, and then another one against Rep Porter in '06 in the uh, in the limit hold'em shootout where he. Rivered hmm. me in a, in a very bad spot where I would have had uh, ninety like ninety five percent of the chips had I won that hand. So uh, those are the- LOL. I saw I saw that he's been playing like almost every limit game variant at the LAPC, even like the five hundred dollar tournaments. That man just must love poker. Oh, he it's does. Amazing. You know what I saw? He must though? just love it. You know what I saw, which I can't get out of my head. Would you like to see Rep Porter with his shirt off? No, buddy. I, on, I, no. I got I got to see it. I got to he see. He must got titties. He has titties. No, right? okay. I didn't see the front. I saw the back. He has a very hairy yeah. back. Of course he does. <laughs> and so I saw. I, I'm looking. I, I I'm just looking over at the next table, and I was at Commerce, and I see this big hairy back in front of me, and I go, "What the hell?" And I look, and it's Rep Porter getting a massage, and he wanted the massage girl to lift up his shirt and massage his back. So she was massaging his bare back. He didn't take off his shirt; it was just lifted up, and he had so much hair in his back. I go, "Oh, I don't want to see this again." Jesus. Bareback. <laughs> that, that's that's just one of the poker players I didn't want to see with his shirt off, even from the back. That'd be a great PFA screen name, Rep Porter's Bareback. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that would be a great name, Rep Porter's Bareback. Uh, Jesus. So, so uh, moving on here, Hawaii is one of the few states that detests gambling. 
them and Utah just will not have any kind of gambling within its borders. Uh, Utah, probably for religious reasons. Hawaii, probably for uh, tourism-related reasons. They just don't want anything taking away money from uh, the tourism industry. That's my guess of why they don't, uh, the, why they hate gambling so much. There, so they, they really try to keep it off the island. They don't have any form of gambling. No lotteries. No, uh, no casinos. No card rooms. No. Not even any kind of pseudo-gambling. The most gambling you're going to really find there is maybe like a legalized charity bingo night or something like that. That's about it. Yeah, so there's uh, there's this thing in the video gaming world called loot boxes, and there's been increasing controversy about these because uh, you end up buying – you're playing a video game, and you can buy a box which basically gives you some kind of random uh, addition – to something your character in the game has. Sometimes it's just cosmetic, like uh, it changes your character's color, or you get uh, um, your, your gun looks a different way, something like that. Sometimes it's a cosmetic change. Sometimes it's something that will actually give you an advantage in the game. But it's not that you you don't just buy it. You don't so I want to buy it to make my character a different color for you know, twenty dollars. You you buy a random box, which will give you anything. It, from something kind of trivial and lame to something that everyone wants and is very coveted and very hard to get and is you know, perceived to have a high value. And in fact, it's not, not just perceived, you actually can, in many cases, buy and sell these uh, on like a trading market where if you get one of these great ones, you can, you can actually sell it to somebody else at whatever price they'll pay. So you can see where this can start to look like gambling because you buy one of these loot boxes for a certain amount of money. I'm talking about real money, not game money, but real money. And then if you get something that is very, very rare and coveted by other gamers, you can sell it for more money. But you also may get some crap that's, that's worth far less than what you paid. So, because, especially because of the trading market that's out there, th- buying these boxes really can be a form of gambling. And some people have started doing it. Not, not, I'm not talking about like positive expectation gamblers. It really is just a crapshoot. But... A lot of people started bu- in the gaming world, including miners, have started buying these loot boxes uh, as a way to gamble because they they realize they can sell something really good. So they go, oh, I, I'm buying this loot box for $20. What, what if I get something that's really rare that I could sell for 200 Wouldn't that be cool? I could make $180 profit. Okay, let me give it a try. So there's kids doing this. I, I wonder if your, your buddy, your uh, Matt, or Matthew, I wonder if he would... Uh, like to do something like that shouldn't even put the idea in his head yeah but uh, no. but the so this has become a problem and there's been many who have thought that this is perhaps gambling because it has all the elements of it and and even if there was no trading market of them there's still a belief that this is kind of like gambling because you are getting something variable each time it's one of the few things where you buy something and you don't know what you're getting ranging from something that's crap to something that's great uh so people don't like that. Uh, like for example, it, it wouldn't be legal to, to go to the grocery store and pay them $10, and then they're going to give you a certificate for groceries within their worth anywhere between $1 and $1,000. You, that would be considered gambling, even if you're not getting money for it. Even if you couldn't trade these groceries back for money, it would still be considered gambling. They couldn't do this legally. So they're saying these loot boxes should really be the same way. So there's been a lot of talk about how these are gambling. There's been a lot of controversy over them, especially as minors are involved. And, and uh, Hawaii is actually the first state that has decided they're going to do something about it. 
because Hawaii is so anti-loot boxes. So Hawaii has introduced bills that they're going to stop this. It says, uh, the bill says this, in recent years, video game publishers have begun to employ predatory mechanisms designed to exploit human psychology to compel players to keep spending money in the same way that casino games are so designed. The, me- the mechanisms allow players to purchase chances at winning rewards within games similar to a slot machine. These predatory mechanisms, a common variety of which is known as loot boxes, can present the same psychological, addictive, and financial risks as gambling. There are even online marketplaces where players can buy and sell digital items won from loot boxes and other gambling-like mechanisms in many games, enabling players to effectually, effectively cash out their winnings. And, and they're mentioning here, too, that it, it gives the same pleasure to the brain, they're claiming, that winning and gambling does, which it actually is. There actually, your brain releases something called dopamine when you win at gambling, and that's part of what makes it so addictive. It's like a reward that uh, uh, that you get for winning in your mind, and that's why you know. So you keep craving that. That's why gambling becomes so addictive. So they're saying that this is the same mechanism. Even if you couldn't sell it, this is the. It's so similar to gambling of your 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 taking a chance at something and spending real money and, and you may get something worth even more valuable than what you spent, that it, it's basically the same mechanism and it's just as addictive the same way. Uh, so they've introduced the bill to say the following. Video games restrictions. It shall be unlawful for any retailer to sell any person under 21 years of age a video game that contains system a system of further purchasing, one, a randomized reward or rewards, or two, a virtual item which can be redeemed directly or indirectly to receive a randomized reward or rewards. So they, they're basically saying if you're under 21, if for minors, you just can't do it. You cannot buy anything that's going to give you uh, some kind of randomized uh, prize that you have to basically know what you're buying and, and spend direct money for it, not maybe get something good, maybe get something bad. So then there's a second bill that says, that's, that's related that says... Video games probability rates of disclosure. A, video game publishers that distribute video games that contain a system of further purchasing. One, a randomized reward or, reward or rewards. Or two, a consumable virtual item that can be redeemed directly or indirectly co- converted to a randomized reward or reward shall prominently disclose and publish to the consumer the probability rates of receiving each type of randomized reward or rewards at the time of purchase and that any and, and, and at the time, any mechanism to receive a randomized reward or rewards is activated so as to meaningfully, meaningfully inform the consumer's decision prior to the purchase or activation of any mechanism to receive a randomized reward or rewards. Basically, it's saying each person has to know their odds of what they're getting. They can't just be blind. You have to, you have to very clearly understand when you're paying a flat amount of money for something that you don't know what you're getting, that you see the odds. You know, uh, 90% are going to get this. 5% are going to get this. 1% are going to get this. So they can see if there's a tiny chance of winning something really valuable, they may not want to bother. Uh, and this is for people who are, who are over 21. It's, it's illegal to even do this for under 21. If you're over 21, you've got to fully understand the odds. Uh, the Department of Commerce and Consumer Affairs, in consultation with the Office of Enterprise Technology Services, is authorized to audit the code of video games sold in the state and is subject to the section to ensure the probability rates for receiving each type of randomized reward or rewards are calculated correctly and working properly. Uh, the department may contact with a third party to provide, or contract with a third party to provide additional assistance. So, so they're basically saying we're, we're going to check up on you. That the odds you're providing are really true. And then it says each video game shall, one, bear a prominent, easily legible, and bright red label on its packaging, which warning 
contains in-game purchases and gambling-like mechanisms, which may be harmful or addictive. So they have to, if they're going to have this stuff, they're saying you have to make it very prominent and obvious. So this way, like maybe parents buying kids here, buying it for kids, won't get it, or people who may know they have a gambling problem won't get it. Uh, two. If purchased digitally and downloaded through the internet or an online application, prominently disclosed to the consumer at the time of the purchase, a bright red label that is easily legible, uh, which basically reads the same thing. Uh, B, no video game publisher shall at any time modify a game to contain or otherwise permit the inclusion of additional content for which the game was not appropriately labeled for the time of sale. So they're saying you can't, uh, they can't start it one way and change it around after people have already bought it. That... Uh, uh, You've got to either say it, if you're going to have this type of thing, it has to be disclosed from the start. If it hasn't been disclosed to everybody from the start, you cannot change it. So uh, that is, is, is what they're trying to do. So they're not completely trying to outlaw these, but they are making sure that everybody who does this is over 21. And furthermore, that uh, everybody fully understands the probability of what they will win of each possible item they can get, and they reserve to write the right to check on this independently, and uh, any manufacturer will get in trouble for disclosing it the wrong way. I'm actually surprised they're not just banning this entirely. Yeah, I'm surprised that they're 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 going through this complicated list of what they have to do. Uh, since they're so anti-gambling, there, why not just say no gambling in Hawaii? This is gambling. Stop it. That's. I have mixed feelings about this stuff. I, I think for sure this shouldn't be going on with kids, and I, I do support that they disclose everything properly. That I, like all this stuff, I support. But I'm, I'm surprised that they're so concerned about the gambling in general. Why not just put a stop to this? Because uh, um, you know these these in-app purchases and games. Uh, it, I get to see how they affect kids because I have a kid who plays games on on, on the iPad. What, oh, and I can tell you that. He loves those iPad yes, games. Yes, that's right. I sat there for about 30, 40 minutes and listened to Benjamin tell me every game he loved and why he loved it and how he played it. He knew all of them. Yes. So Benjamin, uh, he's told me you know, all these different games, and, and they he even would come to me and say, Oh, oh, Daddy, there's a, a game as special as 70% off to buy such and such as part of the... Yeah, he was actually believing at first that these were really 70% off and that it wasn't just a trick. And I had to explain to him that this is a scam. And now he knows it. Now he's... he's it says 70% off, but that's not a real 70% off. You know, so now he knows. He, this is his first lesson about scams. But he was really getting excited before. He really believed that stuff was 70% off and that it was some... Or sometimes they even put like 90% off. That he thought he was getting some wonderful deal. Now he can't just buy this on his own. He, uh, we, we've restricted the account to where either myself or his mom has to authorize the purchase. So, but but at one point, like we we let him get a few things around the holidays, but then he started feeling like he wanted to constantly buy things, which was interesting because before that he had a very uh, Jewish attitude toward money. He, he, he was saying he wants to save his money. He doesn't want to spend any. He wants to save up for a house when he's a grown-up. Like, that was his attitude with money. And then he started buying a few of these extras on the games, and boy, he just wanted to keep spending. And we, we told him he can't, and this is like a rare thing he can do. So he's got to use it wisely. And uh, Does Benjamin not know that he's loaded rich? He's not loaded rich. He's a kid. Well, it's, but does he not know his family's loaded rich? 
As you know the correlation. I mean, okay, you know what? That's an unfair question. I guess my question should be, and be honest now, does he know that he's better off than most of society, or he's not at that age yet where he can understand? No, no, he could understand. I don't, I don't, I don't tell him this stuff. Uh, you know what I'm asking though? Like, does yes. he know that? You know, like most people aren't as fortunate as him. That's the uh, okay. best way. To- Here's why I, I don't tell him this because I, I don't want him. I want to make it as long as possible where he has a real value for money. And I, the way you have a real value for money is if you believe that it's not just easy to come by. And uh, yeah, so I want him to really, really value every dollar he has and, and to think about every dollar he spends. And this is an important lesson. And this was a, a lesson my parents gave to me when, when I was young. And, and it stuck with me. And it has allowed me to be responsible with money uh, as an adult, even as a young adult. So I, I want that to be for Benjamin, and, and it's worked pretty well. Like he, he really does have a responsible attitude towards money. He's even commented before about how uh, hotel gift shops are a ripoff, and, and, and there's so much money. And like one time, his mom forgot something, and she knew she'd have to go to the gift shop to buy it. And and, and he's he said, "Oh, you, you are you upset because it's going to be like a million dollars down there?" So yeah, he he understood. He understood that. Uh, yeah, things are poor value down there. Like he, he understands all that stuff, and for that reason, I don't like to ever make him believe that uh, uh, yeah, the money's not going to be a problem or anything like that. I, I want him to believe that, uh, that you know to get a, a sense of value for money. And the only time I've really kind of given that lesson to him about being better off is at Dodger games when we sit in good seats, which admittedly I get a very good deal on. So I don't pay nearly the money that others sitting by us paid. And uh, often I paying the same as people in much worse seats pay, but and he knows that too. But I tell him, you know, I explain to him why there's people way up in the nosebleed seats and way out in the bleachers and why we're in the very good seats, you know, right behind the Dodger duckhead. And I explain to him that uh, these cost more money. Like in the regular season, some of these seats on the top are six dollars, and I explained to him that you know I'll tell him what I really paid for these, and I'll say yeah, this is why we're down here is what you know, we're choosing to pay more money, and that some people also just don't have very much money, so this is all uh, the only place they can sit. So he, I, I just wanted him to understand that, and the reason I wanted him to understand that is I, I didn't want him to think he was just entitled to always have the, you know the best seats. There. Yeah, he did ask me why do people why would people sit up there if it's not as good, so. Yeah, I didn't want him to think that you know, it's, it's, you know, something special about him that makes him better than everybody else. Sit at the buy. I, I told him you've got to pay more money, and you know, so I wanted him to understand that you you pay more, you get something better. And I thought that was a good lesson to learn as well. So he understood that, but uh, but I, I beyond that, I don't tell him. And yeah, you know, when when he gets. Older, he'll learn more. But I, I want him also to have his his own career and to to make his own money. And uh, I, I'm not someone who just wants to give kids just you know a lot of money. I, I don't want to give kids too much, and and just have them believe that just money comes easily to them. Because this is what creates very irresponsible attitudes towards money. And I've watched it with kids I've known growing up. I've I've watched kids who who handle money very badly, where their parents just 
always paid for, for you know for too much got got them too much uh just made the kids feel like whatever they wanted they would get and and money was no object and they that affected them into adulthood so i don't want that to happen with ben well said so uh let's see here uh, i i i don't you know he's not by any means someone who who do, you know doesn't get to have good things. No, but I guess what I'm saying is I wonder at what age a kid does a kid really start to understand what their parents or family's financial situation is. Like, is how old Ben is seven? Yeah. Like, you know, I guess like someone that's really well off. Like, think about like Paris Hilton when she was a kid or, you know, just somebody like that. At what age they know that they could have anything. Well, it depends. If it's a super rich person that just lives so differently than most other people, then I think it becomes more obvious. We're not like that. So, you know, it's it's not... uh, uh, No, I wasn't insinuating you are. I'm just trying to, you know, you know, just correlate between, like, what your son really realizes yet at that age. You know what? I mean, if he realizes, oh, daddy has a nicer car than most people, or we have nicer furniture than most people, or if he just realizes everyone's the same, you know, he doesn't really understand that there's levels in society yet. Yeah, uh, that he, was yeah, what he, I was he doesn't, he doesn't understand that much with that, but but he, I'll say something, he is a kid, he, he understands a lot more than I think often about these type of things and asks certain questions I wouldn't expect him to ask. And about everything, like a lot of times they'll ask questions that I wouldn't expect a seven-year-old to think of, just uh, about general stuff in life that I would expect uh, more of like a ten-year-old, eleven-year-old to wonder about. So I always, I'm sometimes surprised, and so I think, yeah, he'll get to understand more quicker than I think. But yeah, whenever it happens, it happens, and. but but still, a lot of a lot of it comes from, you know, we just live like a normal family, so it's not uh, there's nothing really abnormal. That uh, me, me being a cheap Jew helps too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like when we take trips, I, I really try to just get good value in everything I do. I don't like staying in in, in shithole hotels, but I, I also I always kind of just go for the the best value. That isn't a dump, is what I go for. Or the, 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 so, like, I'll value a nicer hotel over an average hotel, but if it's like a whole lot more money, I won't do it. If it's a, you know, if it's somewhat more money, but but still, like, if I judge the best value is actually the nicer hotel, even though it's more expensive than the average hotel, yes, I'll take the nicer hotel. So if they, if there's an average hotel for a hundred and a much nicer hotel for one eighty, I'm taking the one one eighty. If it's one hundred versus three hundred, I'm taking the one hundred. So that's that's kind of my decision process. It's like what what's yeah. the value? But then if like there's a even if it's a great value hotel that that's the thirty dollars and it's a, it, it but it's crappy, I'm not going to take it even if it's the best value because there's, there's like a, the Carter. Yeah. Or no, no, what was that one uh, in L.A. The dangerous one where the three different serial killers lived. <laughs> was what was the, that one called? Oh shit! We're like Richard Ramirez, the L.A. serial killer, and then there's another one. Uh, I, yeah, I forget. It was literally voted the worst hotel ever, the unsafest. <laughs> Oh, uh, what was it? I'm not even in the chat. The the Carter. The Carter you know, was in, that, that's in New York. The Carter. Or yeah, I know worst hotel ever, L.A. It's got to come up right away. Uh, nope, not the Mayfair. What was it called? It had like you, and they ended up changing the name because it was so bad. Uh, hold on. 
Skid Row. Let's see. Type in Skid Row should come up. I found it. The Cecil. 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 The Cecil. Yes, yes. I found it. Yeah. I, I just had to type in Skid Row. Literally, in this hotel, there was two. It was two different serial killers. Like literally, like serial killers that would pray during the day, and then they would go there to sleep at night. <laughs> like Jesus Christ! So they rebranded it. It's now called Stay on Main. They changed the name of it because it had <laughs> such a bad connotation. Stay on Main. Like, this place is so old, you have to spend extra money on your room to have your own private bathroom. <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, like, I believe Some it. of the rooms don't have – you have, like, a common bathroom for the whole floor or whatever it may be. Like, jeez. Uh, well, no, but see, apparently it, they're going to have $100 million, I don't know if they've done it already, but there's, I see there's an article that uh, from June 2016 it was going to have a $100 million renovation at some point. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing that too. Uh, in 1947, Elizabeth Short, dubbed by the media as the Black Dahlia, oh, was yeah, drinking I know about at that. Cecil's bars in the days before her notorious and to date unsolved murder. 64, a retired telephone operator named Pigeon Goldie, uh, who's a well known and well liked resident, was found murdered in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, and beaten. This is in the 60s, in her Room was ransacked. 1980s, the most famous resident of them all, serial killer Richard Ramirez, nicknamed the Night Stalker. Like, Jesus. Then another serial killer, Austrian Jack Underweger, stayed at the Cecil 91, possibly as an homage to Ramirez. <laughs> and then finally, the final straw was in 2013, the Cecil became the focus of renewed attention when surveillance footage of a young Canadian student named Elisa Lamb behaving erratically in the hotel's elevator went viral. She was later found dead somehow in the hot water heater of the hotel. Oh, I remember that. I remember the, the, the dead. The reason why she was found was there were complaints of, from residents of odd-tasting water and low water pressure. <laughs> I guess, I guess when, they found out, when, they got, when they found out why, they were probably happy there was low pressure. Yeah. The the coroner ruined her. Uh, the coroner ruled her death due to being due to an accidental drowning with bipolar disorder being a significant factor. But how can that? Dis- I mean, how can that explain her being in in, in the hot water heater? Yeah, it's really in weird. How do you even get yeah. a hot water heater? I guess a very I, don't la- know. I guess a very large one. You could probably maybe it's different. Like in a, in yeah. a house's hotel, how can you in, a, in your house's hot water heater? You couldn't get in there. There's no access to it. I mean, there's so many that Wikipedia has its own separate Wikipedia that's entitled The List of Deaths and Violence at the Cecil Hotel. <laughs> like, it has its own Wikipedia page just for that. Yeah. Like, you know, a filmography or something for, oh, Jesus. Anyhow, Druff, on another note, since uh, this still is a poker show and there are people that cares, as you've pointed out. Uh, I believe it's February 25th. I'm going to double check while I'm talking. For the first time in the history of uh, poker, specifically WSOP uh, circuit events, you will be able to on February – what is the date here? February. Hold on. I'm trying to find it. Uh, You can win a circuit event on WSOP.com, February 27th. It's the first online WSOP circuit event. It's February 27th. It is going to be at uh, what time? What time? What time? I don't. Doesn't even say it in the tournament info. Um, buy in. 
It's three hundred. Doesn't how can I not say? Oh, February twenty seventh at six thirty p.m. It's a three hundred fifty dollar ring event. Or I'm sorry, three sixty five. Uh, obviously, you can still only play in Nevada. This doesn't carry over into New Jersey even. Um, three sixty five. You start with five thousand dollar chips. Uh, I'm sorry, five thousand in chips. Blinds increase every twelve minutes. Five minute break. Fifty five past the hour. No rebuys. No add ons. Um, yeah. You can get a circuit ring on WSOP.com. I don't even know how to guess how many people are going to play in this thing. They had part of their uh, winter poker classic, a $10,000 high – I'm sorry, a $1,000 high roll. Yes, high roller. Jesus, I'm getting tired. Sorry, folks. They had a $1,000 high roller yesterday Let's leading up to this uh, ring event. So buy-in was 1000 you got 10,000 in chips. The blinds went up every 15 minutes. How many players do you think they got? This was yesterday. Uh, you repeat that? that? Yes. Huh? Re- repeat what you said there. Okay. Yesterday, $1,000 buy-in tournament. It's their high roller series. That's leading up to this circuit event or this circuit ring event. $1,000 buy-in, 15-minute increments for blinds. 10,000 chips to start. No add-ons, no rebuys. $1,000. It's called the Caesars High Roller. Okay? How many players did this High Roller get? Uh, only, guess. Only, only Nevada? Nevada. Uh, I, I'd say... Or maybe Delaware, maybe. Oh, I, Delaware, I don't know okay, yet. Okay. I know it's not New Jersey. Okay, not I, New Jersey. I, okay. I, I'd say uh, 48. Oh, that's close. 55. Yep. Fifty-five. That's what and they thought. promoted it like fifty thousand guarantee. You know, like oh, it's it's such a great thing, and <laughs> price pool ended up being seventy-one thousand. Like it's not even as a joke. No, it's a fail site. It is a fail it site. Is. So, so, okay, so we, I don't know. What do you think for a ring event they would get? Because there may be people that actually come here what? just to you know, like California or whoever that stop in Vegas for a day or two just to play this thing. To try to get a ring, those guys that actually chase those circuit events. Yeah, they may They're, get more. What is it? Three is it three sixty five to enter? Three sixty five. Yeah, they may get like five hundred or something. Yeah. Really? I wouldn't even think that much. I was thinking maybe one fifty, but five hundred. Well, there's a big difference between three sixty five and and over a thousand. That uh, huge difference online as far as what well, it's not the pay. money. I mean, there it is, but I'm just thinking that there's not even five hundred players that that play. That would even play three hundred or three sixty five unless or you know. But there's a trans- ring, so maybe that that's what it maybe yeah. it's not five hundred. I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I, right. thought, well, I thought maybe the well, ring. Well, listen, will- let's report back on that next week. Remind okay. me or you know what not to, to look at the numbers. Okay. So I don't think you look from uh, L A onto the site if you log into the client and just bird it, or does it prohibit you from doing that? I don't, I don't remember. I, can, I don't think I can. Never look. No, I don't think I can open the tables. All right. Well, anyhow, th- there's that. First time ever. Yeah. Oh, and there's a circuit event tomorrow at the Rio. Uh, it's a uh, $350 horse event at 4 o'clock tomorrow. So that's also leading up to this. So, Okay, so the Lucky Dragon Casino, more drama with that. Mm. Th- they have uh, – they're in bankruptcy. <clears throat> uh, they have entered into Chapter 11 protection – Less than a week before the foreclosure auction, uh, which is going to be in a few hours, Thursday. The so there it currently was, uh, employs ninety eight people, 
and they claim that they filed for bankruptcy to, quote, preserve jobs, pay its creditors, and, and, and provide certainty to the market. That was in court papers. Uh, the management is going to run a quick but thoughtful auction. And, thoughtful, Jeff? Yeah, I don't know what, what thoughtful means. but uh, mm-hmm. And I think back, the, the sale through a bankruptcy court, it's, it's the best opportunity to preserve and maximize its value. And... This was I didn't know about this, but apparently it's the first resort that they started building from the ground up in Las Vegas since that recession, since the 08 recession. Mm -hmm. There were others that were in the process of being built that opened after that, but as far as ones that actually started after that recession was over, this is the first one. And uh, the hotel has struggled the whole way, as we've said before. Uh, it was only aimed at a niche market at uh, out-of-town Asians. It got just about no foot traffic because of its location, which is you know doesn't get much foot traffic kind of uh, west of the Sahara. It uh, the Asians that gambled there complained about the poor gaming offerings and stingy comps, which is interesting because there were advantage players that thought they had very good comps that would uh, I, I guess they were just stupid in the way they were offering them because there were people who would show up there run money through machines at first, you know, make themselves appear as if they were going to be high rollers there, then they'd get big free play offers, relatively big, go there, run the free play offers, and then uh, never play again. So uh, the Lucky Dragon was known for banning You know what else that they did that was very unique with their free play? is they offered four free play periods in a given week. So in most months, 16 periods. There was a Monday, Tuesday, a Wednesday, Thursday, a Friday, Saturday, and then just one on Sunday. Yeah, I know, kind of nuts. I've never seen that before. I know, I know the Advantage players loved it, and in fact, I had heard about it just days – I had heard about their – how good it was as an Advantage player there just days before it closed. And in fact, I was I – was, advised to go down there and do this myself and thank goodness I didn't or otherwise I would have wasted my money but um, th- that's why it surprises me to hear that the comps weren't good but maybe what was going on is that maybe for the first time players who were looking to screw them it was great but maybe after that uh, people were getting crappy comps the, you know, the, the Asian gamblers that were really coming in to, uh, to play normally they were getting crappy comps for ongoing play Compared to other properties, and they said, "Screw this." So there was that was one of the, th- the other problems. Uh, the customer service there was just terrible. Um, there, there's just uh, obviously the traffic through the place was very little. So uh, they said that uh, a buyer here uh, of the Lucky Dragon, the only way it could survive is if they either changed the theme or broadened the target market beyond just uh, Asians from other countries, which was really the only target market they had. And uh, the Lucky Dragon's bankruptcy lawyer, whose name, whose name is a Sam- Samuel Schwartz. What do you think his religion is? Samuel he's Schwartz. A, he's a Jew. Yes. All right. I, I had to assume that, yeah. He's uh, he's he's working actively. You can tell me he's Mexican. I mean, no, no, all right? No, I just uh, – it's just funny. It's it's just it's always the Jewish lawyer. Uh, the He said in an email to the Las Vegas Review-Journal that the resort is working actively with its investment bankers and attorneys to refinance or restructure its debt. And uh, 
They said, uh, presently we do not anticipate the bankruptcy filing will affect operations as the hotel is still open and operating. I don't see the point when they have no casino, but they're, it's still running. And in the bankruptcy papers, the Lucky Dragon was appraised at uh, $143 million. And uh, there, were about, there were 179 people who invested 500000 each. That is almost $90 million through the federal EB-5 visa program. This is where they can obtain U.S. residency if they put in at least half a million dollars into a business venture that creates at least 10 full-time jobs. Of course, there's been complaints since then from these 89 people that they haven't gotten the U.S. residency they were promised. I'm not sure what has held that up or what the problem's been, but they've been very unhappy that not only is this place failing, but they didn't even get the U.S. citizenship that they thought they they were getting. They they actually thought there was going to be a win-win. That's got to be a real kick in the ass, huh? (laughs) They thought it was going to be a win-win. Not only is it failing, but but we're deporting you. I mean, really? So they thought they're going to invest in something lucrative and get citizenship. Instead, they lost their ass and didn't get the citizenship. That that did not work out well. (laughs) So... It's actually it's a nine story hotel and the casino, which is in a separate building, a twenty seven thousand five hundred square foot casino. It was only open a little more than a year before it, it had its issues. No, opened November two thousand sixteen, and uh, they already cut workers a few months after it opened. They closed a restaurant and, and kicked out about a hundred workers because they were already uh, losing money big time and. There were a lot of workers that were just extraneous. So, uh, also, I guess the the visitors there weren't happy with the food either. They didn't like the food. They didn't like the entertainment. They didn't like the the gaming and comps. I, what did they like? I guess the only thing not complained about was the hotel. the The foreclosure auction was supposed to take place on February sixth, but it was postponed until February twenty second, which is right now. It's uh. 3 a.m. February 22nd right now. Uh, you say it's a thoughtful foreclosure? <laughs> it's, a, it's a thoughtful bankruptcy auction. It's very thoughtful. What does that mean? <laughs> Going once. Let me think about that. Going twice. <laughs> does anyone want to give Take their your- final th- anyone want to give their final thoughts about this item and how they feel about it? Talk to me. No, Sold yeah. if you have truly appreciate it. They've really, I'll tell you though, they've really expedited this whole thing. Am I right? Yeah. Just seems like we talked about this a few weeks ago and now it's. Uh... I, I can tell you on January 1st, I was having this discussion with someone who told me that I should go down and play there. And here we are on February 22nd and they're already having their uh, their thoughtful auction and, and this. Uh, in the, you know, on, on February 22nd. Here, it's just less than two months. So, yes, it's moving very quickly. I went down there twice. I was in and out both times within 20 minutes. took me longer to drive in and park and get out of there than I spent in the casino. Yeah, and There's nothing there for me. And they had a big problem with... Very- There's nothing EV that you'd even play there. I yeah. mean, the video, the video poker games were, you know, just the best you're going to find is like a 9 to 5. Uh, you know, it was very small. It's a small casino. 9 to 5, you know, jacks are better. Uh there's no craps. There's no. I mean, the blackjack decks were all eight games or all eight decks. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there was decent penetration, but probably not because it was like three or four blackjack games. Yeah. No. What I heard. And, what I heard was it wasn't that. It was just that they. The trick there was that uh, they, for whatever reason, had uh, would give generous comps for a first-time player. I did. It gave me 
twenty dollars. Uh, what was it? Four times a week I got. Yeah, people got so, a lot better know, than that. For get eighty bucks. Yeah, they ran more, so they they. Uh, what What was the most you heard of? I, I, I got forgot. Uh, so I was getting three twenty plus like fifty a week in food or forty a week yeah, in no, food. People got what, like. What did you hear of? No, I've got, people ended up getting like thousands when you add it all together. Well, like how much per week? What were you I, I, I didn't, the, what I, was it maxing out at? Uh, like two fifty, five hundred a week. I, I, it was. I forgot what it was. People, okay. were t- it was worth thousands. It was definitely a, a, a smart thing to do to go there play. And once. what would you guess the coin in had to be to generate the max? Uh, prob- you had to guess. No, uh, oh, probably fifty thousand or something. Oh wow! Okay, that's yeah, that's worth it. Yeah, it was definitely worth it. I was urged to go do it, and then. Uh, then and the only reason I wouldn't be talking about this out here if this hadn't closed. Like if this had, I, I just want to be honest here. These things you, you can't publicize, or or everyone does it. And it ruins it. So so like if the thing with advantage play like this is uh, when you hear of an opportunity like this, uh, you you don't broadcast it because uh, it'll get ruined. So that's it'd be great if everybody could do it, but the uh, the second the masses run down there, it, it, everything changes. So, uh, the, truthfully, had I gone down there and had they not closed, and I, and I got this free play, I would I would not have broadcast it and ruined it for others. I would have you know kept it in the little uh, network of advantage players there. But only reason I'm discussing this openly is it's closed, and and if it ever opens again, it's going to be completely different. So it's it's a thing in the past now. The only way you can take advantage of it now is if you find a time machine. And, and go back prior to its closing. So uh, that's the only reason I'm mentioning this. But I was going to do it, and it definitely was worth it. But that's why now, this- if you could really find a time machine, wouldn't there be better things you can serve your needs with than going back in time to the Lucky Dragon? Yes, there would be a few things ahead of that. All right. So I'm just saying. Um, have you heard about this Sphere project in Las Vegas? What is it called? It's the the. Las Vegas Sphere. Sphere. S P H E R E. Sphere. Like a, no, like, I'm not like, going to lie to you. I mean, I'm tired right now, buddy, but I don't think I've I've heard of it. No. It's supposed to be a performance venue. That uh, um, it was a really weird. <laughs> a drawing was put out on February 8th. It's funny. It looks like the Earth. <laughs> it looks like the Earth. Is, sphere, like a sphere. Yes, it looks like the Earth is sitting uh, on in Las Vegas. Behind what looks like the the Palazzo and and uh, and Ti, uh, it's an eighteen thousand foot square foot or no eighteen thousand seat not square eighteen thousand seat uh, performance complex. And uh, oh yeah, I've heard that's where uh, does MGM own it? Who owns it? Um, that I don't know. I'm just seeing an article about this. I just saw it when I was reading something else. That's why I just. I don't know. I heard about this. Somebody big just signed to start playing here. I can't remember who it was. Well, it doesn't exist yet. It, it won't. No, exist. I know. But when it when it builds, they're going to be the headliner. Oh, well. Oh, okay. who the hell was it? It was somebody like real big and and you know a singer. So suppo- supposedly they're going to. Uh, oh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Well, let me see as I read this. If it's uh, if this, let me try to search for Lady Gaga on this. Uh, no, it's not in this article. It could be something else. This will be completed in 2020. It's going to begin around the construction to begin around July 2018. It's going to be built uh, east of the Sands Expo Center, which is associated with the Venetian Palazzo. Uh, you can actually connect to the Sands Expo Center through a pedestrian bridge, and this is going to be 400,000 square feet. And it's going to be between uh, Cobalt Lane and Manhattan Street. So it's going to have uh, 
uh, it's, it's, it's only going to have 304 on-site parking spaces, <laughs> even though there's 18,000 seats, but the Venetian and Palazzo are going to be the main places people park for it. So uh, I'm not sure of the association with the Venetian Palazzo other than being close to it. Uh, well, it says here it's owned by Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah, it's MSG. Yeah, you're right. And, and uh, That's weird. It says uh, the attorney Chris Kempfer, who represented Las Vegas Sands in the 40-minute hearing, also said the company is working with the Las Vegas monorail company to arrange a monorail stop. That's great. <laughs> That failed monorail there. I mean, how many more arenas can they build on the strip? I mean, until there's just too many arenas now. The weird thing is, it looks like the Earth. It, it, the, the picture of it looks like the Earth. I mean, you got the you got a twenty thousand seat T-Mobile Center right across the street from this. What the hell do you need? It's you know, leave it to James Dolan, the chairman of MSG, to do this. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, there's not that much demand that you need two arenas within an eighth of a mile of each other. Is there? Yeah, and, and by the way, this bridge that they're going to have would uh, is going to have climate control, so people won't complain that they're walking in the heat or the cold when they have to park at uh, uh, when when they have to park in the in the Venetian or whatever. It, this is very strange. So again, this won't exist for about two years. But it's gonna. Uh, it's been approved, and it's going to start construction in July. That's gonna be a weird. Th- if, if it really looks like this picture, wouldn't it be weird to be driving a little bit east of the Palazzo, and you just see the Earth there? Oh no, it's uh, it's owned jointly now. I'm reading another article. It's being developed equally by Madison Square Garden and Las Vegas Sands. Okay, well that makes sense. Yeah, but uh, wouldn't it be weird to just have like, the Earth sitting there? <laughs> This, this, this giant round wow. thing sitting that looks like the Earth. Yeah. Well, three hundred sixty feet tall. Yeah, I, I did, oh. I'm sorry for not uh, preparing this. I just happened to see it. This is an article that just came out uh, less than twenty four hours ago, and it just happens to be next to the article that I was just reading about uh, our other topic about the lucky dragons. Okay, so. I'm going to give you guys a little Jew tip to save money if you are going to book a Caesars property in Las Vegas and if you're spending money on it. This is not going to help people who get comps. This is not going to help you if you're on some kind of offer code, even if it's not a comp. So let's say you're uh, – usually when there's an offer, it, it's, it's associated with a comp. So that, that's why this is good is that usually this will work if you're paying. So if you go to Caesars.com and – Start a booking for a Las Vegas property. Let's say you log into your total rewards account so it knows who you are. And then you start a booking. And for whatever reason, you you abort it. You don't complete it. You don't actually make the booking. You get somewhat through the process and then quit. So it knows what hotel you're looking for, what date you're looking for, but or approximate date you're looking for, but you don't actually make the booking. A few hours later, they will cleverly send you an email saying, hey, we saw you didn't complete the booking. Click here right now. You'll get an extra 5% off. So like last year, I advised people to do this. I don't think I did on the show, but I think I posted on the Vegas Casino Talk that if you're going to book a Caesars property, just start the booking, log in your total rewards account, start the booking, wait a few hours, you'll get that email. Well, I have a better way now because I just got that email the other day and I looked at it more closely. 
and I dug through it. This wasn't made obvious, but this was I dug through it, and I figured out that I thought to myself, how does it know this 5%? How does it know you're going to get this 5% when you click through? Is it like a, a one-time thing, or is, is it uh, passing a special code through the server to give it to you? I, there's always some mechanism of how it knows that you're entitled to that 5%. But I found that, surprisingly, it's just through a code. So you don't need to wait for that email. So if you go book a Caesars property, and this is completely fine. They're not, you're not going to get in any trouble. It's not illegal. They're not going to cancel your reservation. You're not going to get screwed in any way. Okay. Now, I, I'm not guaranteeing this, but uh, uh, from everything I can see, this looks completely fine. So this isn't something shady. You're not, you're not screwing Caesars. They, in fact, you will be offered this anyway if you wait a few hours. But you don't need to wait a few hours now. If you're booking a Caesars property, as long as you don't have to enter some kind of promo code. If you have to enter a promo code there, this is not going to work because you can only do one. But as long as you're paying for it in some way, I don't think resort fees count, but if, like if it's comp, but you have to pay resort fees, I don't think it's getting money. This is like 5% off the base price. In fact, I'm sure of that. But provided you're paying something on the base price and provided you don't have to actually enter a promo code, then you can actually even stack it on other promotions. Like right now, they I think they have some like New Year, New Caesars promotion where... Uh, you know, they're giving you 25% off rooms on certain dates. You can stack it with that because you don't need a code for that. So as long as you don't have to enter a code, then you can use this code. This code is FLEX, F-L-E-X-L-V, like Las Vegas, one, number one. FLEX LV1. And you will get 5% extra off of whatever price you would have otherwise paid. Even again, if it's on one of these promos like uh, you know 25% off you book the next 48 hours if they don't need a code if you just get those prices you can get another another 5% with Flex LV1 only works for Las Vegas Flex LV1 for Caesars properties any of the Caesars properties so I just want to let you guys know that and you will save that money and you'll save the money off the tax too the only thing you won't save it off of is the resort fee which if you're a diamond or higher you will not be paying also, I want to let you guys know that um, Harris recently had a major renovation. So if you're looking for a cheaper property at Caesars, I haven't stayed there yet, but I'm actually going to try it out. Uh, if you're looking for a cheaper property at Caesars that isn't a complete dump, Harris was a complete dump, but uh, th- they have what they call the Valley Tower, and that was uh, a complete expensive renovation. So... At least the inside of the rooms there should be decent at the uh, the Valley Tower, yet it's still cheap. So that's something you may want to consider as well. So last uh, topic that is going to be covered on our agenda has to do with MGM and Donald Trump. Many people don't like Donald Trump, many people hate him, but those in the management of MGM must be pretty big fans of his. MGM ended up getting a $1.4 billion tax break thanks to Donald Trump. So in the quarter four earnings for 2017, 
they showed that uh, MGM showed in the report, their quarter four earnings report for 2017, that their revenue rose 5.7% to be $2.6 billion in October, November, December in 2017, which is pretty good because Las Vegas struggled somewhat in October thanks to the shooting. And in fact, that was one of their properties, the Mandalay Bay. Let me take this call here. I know who it is. Let me take the call. Gonna make a handicap me. I'm gonna guess. Yes, yes. Handicap me. I know what time it is. What's up, brother? <laughs> How's it going, boys? So you're on on the way hey, to work. Ready? On the way to work again, and we're still on. Yeah, no. I'm gonna walk out in a few minutes. I uh, just want to say good morning. Thank you for the long shows. I appreciate them. Wanted to really touch on uh, the Harris comment you made. Um, so when we were there in June, not sure if the uh, renovation was done, but even if it was done, I had a few friends stay there for one night um, prior to like the bachelor coming. And not gonna lie, uh, it's not it's not really a safe place. I don't think. Oh, why is it not so, safe? It wait, it was just really uh, sketchy. And like like Brandon's met me, you've met me. Like you know, I'm not one to just be scared of almost anything like, but like walking through there at like three, four in the morning, it's, it's pretty shady as fuck. Well, that's what person you are. I got no tone. Why does this keep happening? Why does this keep happening? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Jesus, this fucking phone. You know what? I got to get an Android. I just, I got to get an Android. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) My, uh, my girlfriend heard that on the radio, and she did not stop laughing for probably like thirty minutes. And she was like, "I don't understand what happened to this oh. <laughs> Okay, so I, I just I, well, I, that's bad news for me because I, I, I'm committed there. What what happened was uh, it's because of the seven star reduction of benefits that I can't just get a comp room. Uh, it, it's been very hard to come by comp rooms, especially as I've used up uh, my few offers on the World Series. So I. Uh, I'm coming there at other times, and uh, to even get a comp room anywhere at a Caesars property, even on an offer they gave me for that time period, everything, nope, nope, rejected, 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 and I had so to... So what is your logic when they tell you that we can't even give you a comp on an offer that we're offering you? Oh, that, that's, they say that, they can't? That, that's a chronic problem, not just for me. Caesars has a really stupid system where you get these offers in the mail and online, Saying, you know, book a room from uh, March first through May thirty first for f- comp nights, and then they list the properties you can get it. Well, you call up and try to redeem it, and just about every single time, even if you jump on it immediately as soon as you receive it, they say it's not available; it's sold out. You, you go, well, is the hotel still sold out? No, it can be at a totally open off night time, Wednesday night, no conventions in town, totally off time it's still quote sold out it's so weird this is not just me when you try to redeem these quote offers just like with that it is so frequent i've talked to other people who've told me the exact same thing that wait but that's that's kind of weird though because so i get those all the time like i think every other week i'm invited to like a 75 or 100k blackjack tournament and i've i've booked it and canceled it 
multiple times and I've never had that issue. That's a little different. No, that, that's different. No, no. The specific ones like come Wait, to this I'm tournament. sorry. I'm fading here. Why are they sending you offers and then saying you can't? I, I'm trying to explain here. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to explain. I know, I'm trying to explain here. The the ones that are like for a specific thing for this tournament for you know for this specific thing you're going to get those tend to be better. That those tend to they will give it to you more often. It's the ones that say book between this large group of dates between March 1st and May 31st. So a big wide area where you get four nights. No matter what night you try to book, it will fail. And this is a and what, big problem. What does the operator or the agent tell you? Why? Because, because they blo- all booked? No, because they block out a tiny number of rooms for each night that can be used for this offer for everybody combined. So let, 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 let's use an extreme here. This isn't the number. But let's say they say this offer is going out to a lot of people, you know, thousands of, of people, but we're going to allow only five rooms to be booked on this offer per night. So the second, as soon as five people are done booking at this hotel, you can't do it again. That's that's pretty much what's happening. It's not five, but it's another. It's a very low number. They won't tell me the number, but it's a very very low number to where even if you jump on it quickly, you're still too slow. So uh, I can tell you're all upset about this. You sound very worked up. I, I am worked up because I can tell. What, what used to happen is that I do this, I jump on it, then I'd say, well, okay. It sucks. I can't get the free play. I can't get the free food that was associated with it. But it was never all that much money. It was like seventy-five, a hundred each. So I say, okay, I'll give that up. I'll just, I'll just do the four free nights as a seven-star, you know, whatever. At least I get a room. No, can't do that anymore. Because that's gone too. So I, I was pissed. I was, I was, I was yelling at them. I was going, look, I can't even, I can't even use my my comp seven-star rooms anymore. So so I you send me an offer, I jump on it immediately, I can't stay for, for comp. This is crazy. So it took me a few phone calls, but I finally got someone to push it through, but they on, they told me I could only have Harris. So, Sons of bitches. So I took Harris. Like that was, I, I'm glad it wasn't the Rio, but uh, they said it was only Harris. Everything else... That even they couldn't do. And the, and the first few Listen, people buddy, I spoke I ain't going to lie to you. The Harris ain't no uh, palace either, buddy. It's pretty run down up there. Well, that, that's, no, that, that's why when I heard about the renovation and I, and I looked online and saw it was a very expensive renovation, I thought, okay, at the property may be kind of a dump, but at least the room will be decent. But now now I'm getting a... No, oh, no, 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 I don't know, maybe certain floors or wings are nicer than others, but I've been up there, and to be honest, I'd take, I'd take to Rio. No, but over. were you, hold on, hold on, were you in the Valley Tower? Uh, I was, well, right past the buffet on the left. I don't know what tower that is. I don't is. know which one, but That's let me tell one. you this. I'll, I'll be honest and tell you that there's no way you were in a renovated room that was just renovated a few months ago, and, and you think it's run down. There's no chance of that. So if you were in one that looks well, run down, you were in the other tower. I can tell you that it was right behind the buffet on, on that same side. Okay, I don't that know. That was a tower. I, 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 don't, know, I, I don't, don't know, know what it is. Yeah. I'm not that familiar, but I went to visit somebody, and it you know, it, it was comparable to that Cecil. I mean, it wasn't nice. It was a dumpy bed, oh, okay. small little room, old ass furniture, no, old ass carpet. Then, then it was pretty bolted. TV okay. bolted to the to the fucking. It, it was uh, pre-renovation. Then that was pre-renovation, yeah. or, or or the non-renovated tower. So now but, you go wait, in there with like, family, like, or you not even like the renovation. Hello. Yeah, I'm gonna have so one. Not even with like any types of uh, any types of renovations. It's like. Would you want Ben to walk around in like an area where like he could get Ebola? Like literally. Like, I don't think he could get Ebola. Not That's not going to happen. But let me—is this a family thing? What about the this, there, There's is this okay. a family thing. There, or is it just you going? There is going to be a one-night family stopover there, 
And then there's also going to be a separate thing about a week later where I'm going to be there for a few days myself. Now, would they only give you Harris? They wouldn't give you the link even? No. Or I'm not saying you want it, but only, the link only for Harris, Only Harris for some reason. That's really odd. And I had to fight for it. That was It wasn't just like, okay, I'll give you Harris. It was like, no, you can't have anything pay. And I, I was like, fight, 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 fight. No, 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 no. Second person, fight, 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 fight. No, 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 no. I, I called back a few days later. And, and, and just really pressed hard and just said, look, this is just insane. How did you convince them to give you, give you Harris but nowhere else? Uh, it wasn't that. I, I, I gave them the whole pitch. I told them, look, this is very crazy that every time I've gotten these type of offers in the last six years, it fails. Like, I never get these offers through, and I know a lot of others who complain the same thing. Why even make these offers and entice people to come book them and then always make them fail? And I'm, I'm, so I said, this is ridiculous. Just don't make these offers to me if they're never going to work. And it didn't matter as much before, but now that I can't get the free seven stars rooms, it's obnoxious to send this to your seven stars members who, who can't book them ever. So, so the guy said, I understand. He was very nice. He said, look, I, I understand. I, you know, I see your point. Let me see what I can do. And he worked, 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 left me on hold a while and came back and said, you're right. You know, for some reason it's failing everywhere. I can't get it. I was able to force it through. Of Harris because of this issue, he said he like made an exception. He had enough power there because he believed me that they're just constantly rejecting and that you know, he was able wow. to basically force Harris through and nothing else. So what was I going to say? No, go back I mean, and no do offense, Caesars. I can't even see you stooping so low to stay at a Harris. Well, I've just, just I've just honest. I've just stooped that low. It's embarrassing almost. I, I've it just really stooped is. that low. It's embarrassing. You know you know why is because I can't. Well, it, it it's because it's this new renovated tower. And, and and I and I said with with the, with the family it's going to be one night and so you know big deal and then the, the with me alone uh, I'm willing to take lower standards anyway just by myself and I, I thought okay I'll give it a try but it's still I'd rather that than have to pay for some fail I just don't want to pay for rooms there in, in I Vegas. mean that's what I was just going to ask are you just totally dead set that no matter what even if it's a great value you just won't pay a dollar for a room in Vegas no if it was a great point. value let, let's, let's say let's say and I could pay with reward credits which you know so I let, let's say I was let's say I found a very cheap Caesars room that I could pay with reward but why reward does it have cre- to be Caesars anymore why I mean I'm saying okay say there was a great room at the Mirage $80 no because I'll have to pay resort fees I'll have to pay resort fees I'll have to pay resort fees that's why it'll never be that good of a deal I'll have to pay resort fees so, but would you not pay a hundred? Say you got a room for a hundred bucks total, tax and resort fees, but you have to pay a hundred bucks. Would you not do it based on principle? That's what I'm asking. Um, it, it depends how nice of a room I was getting at the place I was paying the hundred versus what I would get for free with Caesars. Wait, but like, if you're going to lose your seven stars, right, uh, by not, the end of next year, yeah. why not get a stats at MGM that has nicer places? That yeah, you know what, you're going to have to pay because it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Room. Because he's not going to gamble, uh, handicap me. He's I'm not, not going to do what, no, what's required wait. to get a room. It's not going to be worth right. it overall. It no, will not be no, worth no, it. No, 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 It's not even in the room. It's once you get, I think it's like the third tier, which you have to put nobody, in. Nobody. Like, nobody. Coin in. Nothing's you don't have guaranteed. To pay nobody. No, 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 nobody. No, no, no. That's not true. I'm, I'm talking about the resort fee. No, right? but that's, not, that's a, not, not worth it. MGM, you're wrong. Yeah, it's not true. It's not true. You have to pay that's resort not fees. Not out, not out here. You're wrong. Oh. Yeah, and and, okay. and and the problem is it's, that uh, it's it's just I've looked into it. It's just not worth it to go to MGM to uh, for that reason to earn free rooms. It's it's just not unless, worth it. Unless you're an invited guest or an OR, you're still paying resort fees. Platinum, which is the highest 
plateau that anybody can reach without being invited because noir is an invitation thing and it's actually really an invitation thing it's not like caesars they don't even tell you what you need i mean you know there's not a threshold where you get it and you just wait to be invited you could be playing and playing forever uh but other than that though every other level uh unless you're you're fully comped you know you're walking and you're paying resort fees there's no waiver on that trust me yeah trust me and it's you know so it's a matter now if the thing is i'm not risking that much here a one night stay it's you know that's just it's just one night and then the second time i'm coming myself and if it's if it's really terrible then next time i'll i'll, I'll reconsider and and uh, maybe change things here but but here i'm i'm because of the all the circumstances together i've decided to take the shot with this but i will say that if definitely if a renovation just occurred it was expensive it was like a 143 million dollar renovation if that just occurred at the very least the room will appear new at the very least now it's possible it'll be so going to be tinier than a shoebox though i promise you that oh that's the other thing i can I, as a 7 star i do have the status to at least uh, press them to give me the best non suite rooms on the property so that I can still do, without a, a, an upcharge. So that I, I still have that power, which I wouldn't otherwise have. So, so that, that's why I like. I'm not going to get the worst room in the place, and that's that's why. And what do they do these days? If you're comp like you are, oh, I guess Seven Star is still free internet, then correct? Yes. If it wasn't, if you were just on there on a comp, not paying resort fees, say you were a diamond and you did the same thing, are, are you still having to pay now for internet there? Yes. Since you're not paying res- oh wow, that's such a fail. Yeah. Brutal, it's brutal, buddy. Yeah, well, now, that doesn't affect me now. Uh, so that's 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 the story there. It's, uh, anyway, back back to the the MGM uh, national uh, the MGM thing with Trump. Uh, oh, hey boys, um, I'm actually gonna head out. Are you so, gonna go? Okay, okay thank you for the show. Okay, well, thank you, thank uh, you, handicap me. Todd, yes, I have to give you a hundred bucks for uh, snow trucks being banned for <laughs> yep. at least a year, and uh, yeah. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Have a good morning. Handicap me. Thank you for the offer. I haven't talked about it yet on radio, but you know what I'm talking about. Right, right. Thank you for the the – he sent some Cohibas to me Mm. for me and my dad. they were Romeo and Juliet. Oh, by the way, there were uh, two other cigars in there that uh, I probably want to give to your dad. Like, they aren't bad, but they aren't my favorite. But um, there's two Romeo and Juliet in there that, you know, you guys will enjoy them immensely. Nice. Okay. Thank you, brother. Right, Thank you. the best. Nice. Todd. Appreciate it again. All right. Good night. Good night. Good day, actually. <laughs> Not good night. He's starting yeah. his day. We're ending I know. Ours. That's crazy. I, so I'm finishing the topic. There's one other topic that wasn't on the schedule that we definitely want to talk about, which I'll – when I bring it one up. One last here. question. Yeah. How much would you have to hypothetically uh, – I guess you're never going to play tables. Okay. How much would you have to coin in into, say, a bad slot machine? for you to even get a negative, if you had to guess. Like, say you wanted to start receiving offers that you could get. So say you're there for Oh, it's not even, see, it's not even about that. That's the problem. There's there's no way to answer it because it's not about getting a negative. It's about the computer believing that I've turned over a new leaf. Well, that's my, that's, okay. Then with that in mind, if you had to take a guess, again, it's a guess, an educated guess, which you're very good at, what would you, what would you say? It had to be, so it had to be at, at, uh, what it thinks are, are bad games too, and yes. and it would, I think it would have to be more than just coining. I think it would have to be a pattern of doing this several times. That's why it's very hard to answer because I I don't know exactly. So you're playing like seven five video poker, 
just an awful video poker game. But you know, but, I, but just one time showing up there and running a lot of coin in on that is no. Not throw I'm it away. saying like how many like how many hours would you need to put in? No, like, I don't think it's hours. In? I think it would have to be different trips. Like like we're we're, we're different trips. It, it starts to see that uh, that's what I'm doing. Okay, so there's not an easy fix. By no, there's not an easy fix. If no, if it's several trips, then you're really buried deep. It's unbelievable. No, I, I, now what could be done possibly is if I completely and I wouldn't do this, but if I could completely disappear from Caesar's properties for like 18 months. Never check in, never play the World Series. Just they, they just forget I exist. If I just uh, let's say I go in a coma for eighteen months, okay, and um, then I wake up out of the coma and show up and play games that they think uh, make me a fish. I think it would almost reset after about eighteen months and 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 start comping me again. Or, uh, so I don't think I'm branded for life here. But but the problem is I have to I would have to disappear for a long time to where they don't. Now even... that brings up another interesting point. You playing at the World Series and using your card, which you have to use, obviously. Does that in the World Series does that really affect your ADT? Yes. Does everyone yes. in that building every single? So you're telling me you know a hundred thousand people over a week, you know, because you're talking the the dailies and the sit and goes everything. Those people that don't play anything other than that, it's going to affect their aid. I read that thread on yes, the sister side. Yes, it, yes, it didn't will. Even know it, and and it will if if you even go to a restaurant and swipe your card to get tier points, it will. I saw that. Yeah, yeah I read that so, too. So yeah, anytime that it knows, is just fucking nuts. Anytime it knows you're there, so you really have to just disappear, like like you're just dead for for eighteen months or so. I don't know the magic number. It's around eighteen months. Uh, you disappear. So I can have tons and tons of offers that I don't even use, okay? Because of base, you know, based on past play, walk in there and play a couple tournaments and do nothing else, and then it's gonna everything will just be reset, basically. It, it will. Well, it'll see that as a, as a zero player, almost zero play trip, and and then start to hurt your offers. Yes, it's it'll much worse than not, much worse than not coming in at all. That that would be a crime. Well, that's the way it works. So it's it's really better for your own sake to not go. And pay them rake, and stay home and not pay them rake, and then recoup the offers. Yes, well, uh, yeah. Except you can just go there and not swipe the card, and make sure they don't swipe you in without your permission. No, but no, but for the WSOP, you have to. That's yeah, what yes, I'm yes. For the w- no choice. Yes, for the WSOP, there's no other way. You have to. You have to swipe your card. Unbelievable. Yes, that's that's, that's almost criminal. Yeah, like that should be somehow against the law. Well, they, but it that's, be an, a, they can FCC run. violation, or I mean, it, it's terrible. Unfortunately, they can run comp programs or whatever they want. They, it's up to them to decide how each player, and they can say, "Look, uh, the type of gambler we, we want is the one who plays the WSOP and goes and shoots up in the pits too." If all they're here to do is play poker, and they can they can say, "We don't want the pits," and that that's the reason they do it. By the way, is that they want the addicted gambler who can't resist playing the negative expectation games, even if they're there for other purposes. That, that's what they really want. They don't want the guy who can put aside the negative expectation games if they're interested in playing poker or just going to shows or just going to restaurants. They want someone, the second you f- set your foot in there, go, I can't help myself. I've got to sit down and play a lot of money in, in video poker or play blackjack or whatever it is. They, they want, that's what they want. They want you to not be able to resist gambling for a substantial amount of time on most visits. And... Uh, and that's what they're looking for, and so it, it sucks. It sucks that that going in there and, and dining at one of their restaurants and, and having them swipe your card uh, somehow affects your comps negatively, and yet not showing up at all does not affect your comp negatively. That that doesn't make any sense, but that's the way it is. But I, but that's the reason why. 
Anyway, going back to the MGM thing with Trump. Uh, it turned out that uh, thanks to the uh, tax reforms, the Trump tax reforms, that they're getting a large tax credit, which apparently even applies to 2017. So uh, this actually affected their earnings by a lot. And that's uh, because the tax cut they got was so large, it was... One hundred billion dollars. It was actually one point four billion dollars. One point four three billion dollars. They got what's known as a non-cash income tax benefit, so that boosted their earnings big time. And had they not had that, then uh, they would have uh, done much worse in that final quarter. The operating income actually declined uh, a lot. Uh, it declined over 20% versus the same period in 2016. But they didn't have this tax break. So this tax break is what changed it. This tax break is what made their revenue change from a decline of uh, over 20% to an increase of 5.7%. So... Uh, uh, now, they still would have made money either way, but we're talking about uh, compared to the previous year. They actually did worse, but then this actually made the MGM Corporation do better because of the tax cut when you would factor that in. And uh, also, the uh, the revenue from uh, what they call the, the, the handle of what, the, what they... Uh, the revenue from, from slots and... Uh, Table and uh, per available room, it was a, a total down over three percent, except in Macau. Hmm. And uh, also excluding uh, MGM National Harbor, that was uh, that did well also. Uh, now they did have the artificial losses in Mandalay Bay which really struggled in the fourth quarter for obvious reasons. So that that is true that they, you know, aren't likely to expect that much of a beatdown in future quarters, especially by the fourth quarter next year or this year, but uh this will be a year away by that point. But uh the occupancy rates at the properties f- fell from 89% to 85% from 2016 to 17 in the, in the final quarter. However, the CEO of MGM, Jim Murin, said that this was because of the, quote, clear challenges presented by the shooting. And, uh, of course, in Macau, they're doing well. Revenue went up 10%. They made uh, $549 million there in Macau. So, uh, but the, the, the biggest factor was that uh, Trump tax cut. And they said they're also very pleased about the sports betting ruling that would possibly make sports betting available elsewhere besides just Nevada. So uh, that, you know that hasn't happened yet, but that there's there's at least a possibility. And they said this would be a significant avenue of growth. So. 
that's what's going on with MGM, that it's, uh, they're very happy that Donald Trump was elected and that these uh, tax cuts took place. Otherwise, they would have had a down year. Not not a losing year, but a year that made a lot less, or, or at least somewhat less than the previous year. Instead, it looks like a better year. Kind of artificial, but whatever works. Uh, I do think that, yeah, the, the, obviously the shooting there, that's not going to happen again, uh, by most uh, most likely. So that's that's kind of a one-time thing that there there was a a dip in revenue because of that that you can't expect this year. But uh, that's uh, and, and by the way, speaking of, of, of Macau, how how frustrated does Caesars have to be that they don't have a property there? I mentioned that yeah. last week, but the, boy, that was a fail. They were doing expansion everywhere, and somehow they. Uh, they don't get a property there. The MGM gets it. Wynn gets it. Uh, Sands gets it. Caesars doesn't get it. Oops. That, my friends, is a Caesars fail. So I want to talk about one other thing not on the agenda. Brandon and I now have some voting power. Oh, yeah. The Hall of Fame voting power we do. We, we, we were now... A voting media members for a certain Poker Hall of Fame. Now, not the Poker Hall of Fame you're probably thinking of. But uh, to show you what feminists that we are, we actually now have voting power, both of us, and also Poker Fraud Alert as a whole, which we're going to explain shortly. We actually have voting power in the Women's Poker Hall of Fame. We really do. This is a recent development. And uh, what we're going to do, we haven't totally fleshed out the details yet. But uh, I have votes, and Brandon has votes, but we're also going to have some votes through Poker Fraud Alert, through the forum, where members can vote themselves, and then we will use that to place the other votes. So, uh, uh, we haven't quite worked out exactly how we're going to do that, but uh, Poker Fraud Alert gets 10 votes total. And some of those 10 votes will be through a user poll. And we will honor the poll now, we're going to be what the ones uh, posting. We're not going to have joke nominees or anything. We're not going to have any trolling involving this. We're, we're actually happy to have a say in this, and we appreciate being Absolutely. Given, given the opportunity. There's, there's no joke or comedy involved in this, but uh, uh, th- this is the first time Poker Fraud Alert has been given a vote in anything. So uh, prior to this, the only influence we have is, is, is when we report scams and complain about things. That, that's when we, may, we have influence. But uh, as far as voting for anything like this, we this is the first thing that we've been given and we appreciate that and we we even want the we don't want to just hog these for ourselves you know i could take half brandon could take half and we could just say screw the users our, our only our opinion matters but but we we don't think that's right we we want to show the users that for those of you that care and some people don't really care some people are only on the forum just to screw around and that's fine but uh uh we will post uh when it comes time polls as far as uh the nominees for the Women's Poker Hall of Fame, and for those who want to vote in it, they can, and we will respect 
the results of those polls and, and submit the votes that way. And then we have, we'll have our own votes personally for each of us that we'll submit the way we want. So, but we really Nikki Nikki twenty two is getting my vote this year. Yeah, <laughs> you try, try try to get her nominated. You can you can give a shot. You can give a shot. So, uh, yeah. So that might be surprising to some of you, but uh, we do have this. I'm and looking it, forward to it. I, I actually am too. And if anybody else who runs the Poker Hall of Fame or has a influence in the process uh, would like to give us votes uh, we'd like to have it and we will take it seriously even though we, we mess around in this show sometimes or a lot of the time uh, we will take any voting procedure seriously and and really try to elect the best candidates and yeah put some thought into it so appreciate the opportunity given to poker fraud alert here and yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about it. In some ways, Poker Fraud Alert is, is starting to blow up. I'll, I'll tell you the ways it's starting to blow up. Um, it's getting more coverage in poker media. Like, for example, this poker news article today about Jow Poker. It's, all, it's almost all about this site. Even though this site uh, didn't have anything directly to do with it, with the Jow Poker scandal, as far as reporting on it, they gave a lot of credit to Poker Fraud Alert for this and quoted me, quoted uh, posts on the site, linked the site. Uh, go take a look yourself. Uh, there's been a lot of retweets by well-known poker players about various articles that uh, have been up on the forum about things in poker. And uh, the traffic, I've looked on Alexa, which I know is not perfect as far as being able to tell traffic, but you'll see the traffic has increased in Alexa as far as uh, our ranking in the world and in the U.S. for number of visits. And, and what that tends to show, by the way, is it, it what Alexa really shows not so much – it doesn't show the, the traffic of regular users because those people don't have the toolbar installed that keeps track of that. But what this shows is kind of just for the average, everyday, casual viewer that that's going up. That's what that shows. Uh, it doesn't show that the, you know, the regulars are visiting more or less often, but uh, but there's more of a reach as far as a, a, a variance of number of unique people coming through is what that usually shows. And, and now we have a, a, a Hall of Fame vote in the, the Women's Poker Hall of Fame. And I'm also seeing on these groups like like Real Grinders and other ones like that, there's, I, a lot of people who I don't even know will talk about when there's some kind of scam in poker. Hey, go, you know, go to Poker Fraud Alert. Hey, you know, Poker Fraud Alert is a good place to take this. Like it's... It's actually getting more and more well known that uh, this is a place to go if you've got any kind of grievance or gripe about anything that's happening in poker, and that these topics are covered accurately and responsibly and without bias, which is important. And uh, and people appreciate that. People appreciate being able to go somewhere and read a bullshit-free synopsis of these issues and know that it's it's being put together by someone who knows what he's talking about and isn't doing it with a bias on either side, either for or against the uh, the subject. It's just someone who really is just observing it and, and reporting on it and, and, and basically an, an entity people feel they can trust. So I'm happy there's been, uh, I, I would say, kind of an increase of respect for the site. And uh, that, that's good to see, and I'm noticing it, and... Uh, I hope it continues in that fashion. And while this is a, you know, it's a unique site, it's a, this is a unique show. I, I, there, there's no other 
poker radio show or podcast like this one. This this one is unique. This one, there's reasons some people don't like it, but there's reasons that some people are very dedicated to it and, and, and look forward to it and listen and, and sometimes just listen only to this one and no, no other ones because it's different. And, uh, and same with the forum. And, uh, you know, the site is not for everyone, but it's uh, at least... One thing I think most people can agree on is that when it comes to stories about uh, scams or scandals in poker or gambling, that the coverage is very fair, it's very thorough, it, it cuts through the BS, it gets the details, it's not afraid to say anything that, that could be controversial. Uh, so, and that, that's what I want it to be. I, wa- I want everything to be real, and that's what this, the whole thing with this show is everybody is just themselves. And, and states the way they really feel about things and doesn't care who gets pissed off. So uh, I, I'm happy to see all of this. And, and I, I also appreciate groups like Real Grinders and, on, on Facebook. Any group that, and by the way, I got re-added to this, the Grind group. I don't know what happened there. But any group that allows me to promote this show or, or link articles that I, I've written on the site that I really think benefit poker that people should read anyway. Uh, I, I try to be respectful and not spam them. And I also try any group I type, I post that type of stuff. I also participate in give content also. So it's a two way street. You know, I help them too with uh, posting good messages up there, but I, I appreciate that they allow it. They don't, they don't get snippy about they go, Oh, you're spamming. Take this off that they allow this stuff to stand and allow people to find the show and the site because that a lot of it is just getting, known. A lot of times I'll hear from someone I love the show but I didn't know about it until two months ago when such and such happened and I found it. And that's always nice to hear because that means there's still a lot of people out there that just don't know exists that it exists and if they were to hear it then they would stay and they'd keep listening and, and the audience will keep growing. And the truth is people are not going to forums as much as they used to. This forum usage has gone way down everywhere, not just in poker, everywhere. Once really popular forums are ghost towns now because people are going to Reddit and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, and they don't go to forums anymore. Forums are like last decade. And here we are in the 2010s and we've still got a forum. But our forum hasn't, it hasn't shrunk. It's got about the same activity level it did before. And actually staying stagnant in this day and age in, in a forum just that, that by itself is, is a victory. And I'm being honest here. Like, look, look at all the forums you know of and, and tell me how active it is today compared to five years ago. Just about every forum you can think of has died somewhat, even very popular ones, compared to five years ago. And look at Poker Fraud Alert. It's got about the same activity level, to be honest. Uh, and, and, and same with even, even uh, you know, podcast radio shows, you know, starting videos starting to take more hold. This is starting to be kind of yesterday's news, this format. But uh, I like it still. This is what we're going to stick with. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to see that growing as well. So, and the main reason I like this is just I, I like having more reach and having more people hear it, having more people appreciate it. It's not about anything uh, commercial. Though, you know, if anybody wants to sponsor here that's not shady, I'll definitely take the money. You know, I don't want to keep running this site at a loss. Maybe, maybe one day I'll make money here. Maybe, maybe one day. So, thank you, Brandon, for being here 
for so long. I mean, you've you've been here forever. You you called up near the very beginning, and you've, you've stuck the whole way. Unless he fell asleep. No, I think he I think he got a sandwich or something. Oh, no, I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> uh, were you eating a sandwich again? Give <laughs> me one second. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on there, but I appreciate Brandon being here all these hours. And, you know, I, I bet I would lose weight if I did this show more often. Because I don't bring food in here. I bring water. I don't even bring high-calorie drinks. I bring water. I, I ingest zero calories during the show. And I burn calories. First of all, just being alive burns calories every second. But, um, <clears throat> you know, even just talking this much will burn more calories than just sitting there. It's not like, you know, exercising, but I'm, I'm literally taking in zero calories during the show for all these hours. And if I was not doing the show, I, I, I would be uh, I would be eating. So if I, I think if I did this show seven days a week, I'd probably, I'd probably lose weight, is the truth. I, I could go on. What, what are you doing here? What is I'm that? I'm sorry? I'm hearing that. Like, oh, somebody drew, dropped me off some breakfast. <laughs> I'm just bringing it in the house. Now, you know you've been on radio long when you're, you had two meals during radio. Well, I was just saying, I, I've had zero meals. I, I and, and, and the thing is, I usually eat a lot at this time. I usually, like, like in, late at yeah. night, I, I eat too. a lot. And, and that's that's been the, what I have battled with over the years as far as gaining weight has been yeah. the calories I've had late at night. But during radio, I have zero calories. So if I say... Now listen, in all fairness, I was feeding around three hours ago. It's almost four o'clock in the morning. I got that stamina back. Yeah, that's good. That we were talking about. But I listened to your whole little thing there, and it's very nice about the loss and side of, you know, very commendable. And PFA is, I, I, I also read that whole article. I didn't know about the Poker News article. I read it. Every word. Yeah. I've come a long way. Yeah, it, and it's true. Like it's, it's gotten respect from the and I see I see a lot of sites linking in too. A lot of sites that are linking in saying, according to Todd would tell us on Poker Fraud Alert, or according to Poker Fraud Alert, this like a, like not only do they quote us, but they actually acknowledge that we were the ones who brought the story out there, or that we were the ones who brought it out in most detail. Like that's uh, that's why it's being quoted and it's it's being seen as like a respectable source now. It's it's uh, so and that, that's that's what I like. I like to see that. So, but I you know I, it's weird. I just thought of this now, but if Really, if I did this show seven days a week, which which I wouldn't do, but if I did this show seven days a week for this length of a show, I really would lose weight. There's, there's no question. Because I, I would have many hours there, a period of many hours that I just take in no calories. And then I would also have, a, you know, of course, when I'm sleeping, take in no calories. And then when I first wake up, I don't take in many calories. I'm just, I'm just not hungry. So the time when I normally eat the most, I wouldn't be eating. It's like the... the Poker Fraud Alert Radio Diet I could engage in. In fact, I wonder if I quit this show, if I just didn't do it anymore, would this make me gain weight? Because there would be one night per week where I would be taking in calories when I usually don't. That would be... You know, one other way I would lose a lot of weight is if I was forced to live in an amusement park every day. Because I'd be so put off by the price of the food, I would barely eat. I'm not even kidding. I'm not. This is not even a joke. Really, if you if you force me to live every day in Disneyland, and I had to sleep there too, and I, I had to buy the food at their prices, I, I would really lose weight. What about living in the Bellagio? Eighteen dollars for six chicken wings. 
You know, I it's might like seven bucks for a slice of pizza pie. I, I might lose weight there, but I might be the problem is I'd be tempted to leave and go somewhere where the prices are more reasonable. No, but you can't leave. If you I can't leave, the, the same thing would happen. I would lose weight. Yeah, it, my cheapness would actually take over my desire to eat, and and I would eat much less. And uh, really, yes, and and the reverse happens when I find food that's free or very cheap. I have more of a desire to eat it. And especially if it's decent or good. If it's, like, terrible, I'm hmm. not going to want it. But, uh, like, I'm not talking about going to, like, super, some super cheap buffet that sucks. But uh, something which actually tastes good. And if I have, you know, if it's super cheap, then that's where I have the desire to just keep getting, getting, getting. Where if, if it's very expensive, I really would, it would really press me away from eating. And so I'm not even kidding. If I had to spend every day in Disneyland, I couldn't leave. I would lose weight. And if I had to spend every day, the Bellagio couldn't leave. I'd lose weight. And yet, if I was somewhere that, but like if I had to spend every day on a cruise ship where the food's already all paid for, then I would gain weight. So that's that's the. You know what I noticed? This was back in in uh, when I was much younger, but the I, I was very thin through high school and through. Um, most of college. Then I, I in, kind of in the middle, late college when I was twenty, the summer of ninety two, I gained some weight. I was I was still thin, but I gained weight from being like very skinny to just you know, moderately skinny. And I realized the reason I gained the weight it wasn't because my my metabolism changed. It really hadn't. What I noticed was because I had a job over the summer. And I was staying up very late at night, then just getting not that much sleep, and then going to the job in the morning. So I was just up more hours. I was just having less sleep because of the job. Because I I didn't want to just come home, stay up a few hours, and go to sleep. I wanted to stay up longer. So I noticed that being up those extra hours just left me awake more to eat, where otherwise I would have been sleeping and having zero calories during those hours. So that really made a difference. And that made my weight go up, which I was actually happy about at the time because I felt I was too skinny. Not not for health reasons, but just for looks reasons. I, I was happy to be a little, be a little heavier. Uh, now, obviously, I wouldn't want that. Now, I would anything that made me lose weight would be good. But that was my first discovery. I go, wow! So sleeping less is actually making me gain weight because I'm just, and it made more sense. I'm up more hours to eat calories. And I said, wow, if I could sleep more every day, then I'd probably lose weight. So sometimes it's just as simple as taking fewer calories and you'll lose weight, taking more calories, you'll gain weight. Sometimes it's just, it's just that simple. And sometimes just things that will put you in a position to not eat as much. Like I sometimes lose weight on vacations, which sometimes I don't think I would because I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm going to restaurants more. I'm going, you know, eating bigger. It seems like bigger meals. But the truth is, there's much less of an opportunity to snack there on these vacations. So that actually uh, will sometimes make me lose weight. I'll come home actually think I have the perception I ate a lot, but then come back and I'll find I lost weight. So I don't know what got me into this. Okay. We, this is a long show here. I didn't expect it to be, but somehow it ended up be a long show. So, what time do we start at? I started. I came on about. I came on about ten minutes. Of, I, I, uh, I'll tell you. I, I came on in the intro. I've been on since the intro. 
I started uh, almost. I started over seven hours ago. Jesus, Christ. yeah, this is a long show. Last week I actually cut it shorter on purpose because uh, I I was on a Thursday. It's only been six days since the last show, but it was on a Thursday, and I was I had to do something the next day. It was actually because Benjamin was home from school. That was the problem. He was he had a holiday on Friday. So I couldn't uh, nap at all during the day. I had to be with him. So uh, there was no napping while he was at school. So I, I had to get up when he got up. So I had to cut the show short. We did everything we needed to do, but it was uh, I made sure to get through it quickly. This time, there, there's no such restriction. So uh, we did a long show. Thank you, Brandon, for... Joining. No problem. Can you hear the sound this time? Well, anyway, we are going to be back next week. Probably on Wednesday again. Final day of February. February 28th. Perhaps the day before Los Angeles gets snow. I'll know better when we're at February 28th. Thank you for listening, whether you're a new listener or an old listener. Thank you to Eric Benzamokin. Eric at eblawfirm.us. If you need arbitration or mediation for anything, including poker or gambling-related issues, Eric at eblawfirm.us. He's, even though he's not officially sponsoring the show, he is very generous with the free roll, so I want to still give him a plug. Thank you to Calwatt. Mm. Very generous of the free roll. 200 from him, 250 from Eric Benzmokin for our $450. I can't hear nothing. Okay. Well, that's the- Not a word. I can't know nothing <laughs> if you're giving me acknowledgments, praise. Yeah. You know what happens? Contempt. I th- can't th- hear th- nothing. This is Skype being crappy. Whenever I play a song like this, you just can't hear me over it. I, 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 I paused it for a second. Then it started again. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, we... Let me stop for a second. Can you hear the song at least, or you can't hear anything? It's all, it's like, yeah, kind of, but it's not right. It's like it's off frequency or something. I I actually tried about a week and a half ago to work on this problem, and and, and I tried various ways to defeat these issues from kind of workarounds, and everything was a fail. Everything was a fail. I had to just give up. Anyway, I appreciate all the listeners. I made sure this show was recording this time. Sorry for the fail at the beginning with the internet connection, but that's the way it goes. And here, I'm going to pause this. I'm going to pause this just so Brandon can hear. Brandon, thank you for being here all seven hours, pretty much. Oh, much obliged. It, it, yeah, I did take a break to have a salami sandwich. That's though. okay. You can have your salami. That's uh, that's just fine. I, 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 I'm just happy to have you here the whole time. And, uh, you know, bef- I, to be honest, I was happy recently that you've been showing up in the second half and that we've had, uh, you know, basically Cal Watt in the first half and then he goes to sleep and then you uh, show up in the second half and Trader Ruski kind of disappears sometime in between when he drinks the tea. And uh, but, but I, 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 I was happy with the situation, at least. I said, okay, we, we have all three of you at some point and, uh, uh, and, and you know, I'm good. I'm, I'm happy to have that. But to have you for the whole show is even better. So... 
Thank you. Thank Very you. nice. And we had good ratings, I assume. Yeah, yeah, we had, we had good ratings. Uh, especially they they held on pretty well considering how late it went. Uh, now it's fallen, but okay, it's 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 four a.m. Pacific time. So that's like a dead time for everybody, except for those in England. In England, it's like noon right now. So that's that's for them. It's not that bad. Belly Buster is just having his bangers and mash. Yeah, <laughs> Belly Buster <laughs> saying, uh, "All right, all right, all right, lunchtime. Off you go. Off you go." See you at one o'clock. You can go have your fish and chips. So yeah. So okay. I'm gonna finish the little end song here. All right. So I'm gonna say shalom now because I just know I can't hear that. So thank you very much. I'll hopefully be on some point next week for part of, but not all the show. And Godspeed, my sweet prince. Okay. Thank you, Brandon. I'm just gonna quietly listen here. As I send you guys off over seven hours of content. I mean, how can you complain about that? Seven hours of content on a site that runs at a loss. Think about that. Who else would do that for you? We'll be back in one week. Shalom.